the What Are You Doing movie archives. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Down in Front. Let's bring this baby home. Watch him Return of the King. You're the movie today is Return of the King. When the new line logo fades to black, press pause. And when I say count to three, you'll unpause, we'll unpause. Wait, what? This may have been a mistake. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. All right. You guys <laughs> gave me the wheels. <laughs> oh, my God. You guys have done. Okay. You guys He's have done new. this before by now. You figured it out. Yeah. All right. We're going to say unpause. Two, you yeah, figure yeah, it yeah, out. Ready. What happens? He's going to say point. three, two, one, unpause, and then unpause oh, there we thing. Count down. Oh, count down. Count down. We're going to feed in the line now. Go. Uh, tres, dos, uno. Unpause. I uh, step away for one minute. <laughs> you know, Middle Earth is American. I just want to get that out there. Everyone's all talking Spanish. We're over 100 All episodes right. in. I'm guessing they know how it works. So right let's now. Uh, yeah, exactly. Uh, let's start off with the food that we had uh, over yeah. the. Uh, what if they started here, Ryan? <laughs> uh, it was a dual dinner meal. Uh, one, yes. one by uh, Mike and one by myself. Mine uh, to commemorate the start of uh, Return of the King here with our little prologue. It is the one that Deagle let get away. Had Deagle reeled in that giant fish, I'm sure it would have been absolutely lovely, and indeed it was, with a uh, crispy skin salmon, with a, uh, a reduction of uh, sesame seed oil and some, um, some soy sauce, some lemon juice, some dill, salt and pepper to taste, and some cherry tomatoes on top. Mike, what did you make? Uh, I made Denethor's Dinner. Which is, I didn't really make it, I just bought it. Um, <laughs> you, you much had, the same way he did, too. Exactly. You had your there servants it bring it I for you. I had my servants bring it for me. Oh, man, my roommates brought it. I hope they don't listen to this. Um, but, <laughs> they should uh, know better. So it was roast chicken, uh, loaves bread, some cheese, and cherry tomatoes as well. I gotta and, say, and when I the ate bread. it, blood came out of my mouth. And by the yeah. way, I, I'm not going to offend Mike because it was a purchased food. Eddie's salmon was the best fish I've ever eaten in my life. Oh, salmon was it was amazing. Way too kind. Way too kind. So, uh, getting into the movie, as we referenced before, the shot we're about to see, this dry for wet shot, probably the least successful shot. Yeah. Close to in the whole thing. Like, the perspective wrong. <laughs> yeah. yeah this, is, wrong. this is just silly. This yeah. is just silly. Honestly. It's, it's really the perspective that blows it. Yeah. I think visually it would b- work okay. Yeah. But uh, there's something about the, the, the size The perspective of it. and scaling and stuff like that. At, at, as yeah, v- at as this point, it's fine. At that <laughs> point, it's fine. It's just the move into it. As, just, as a VFX non-expert, it just looks like we're, we're, we need the print by next week. How much do we have left for the yeah. budget? Seven dollars. Yeah. Well, we have seven dollars left. Right, I'll show right. you what. We'll just film them and we'll just scale them up in After exactly. Effects during yeah. the shot. Can your cousin click a mouse? Yeah. We'll sort of. Get him in <laughs> here. Get him in here. Show it, him how to do it. It reminds me. It's probably one of those things like uh, when the Matrix trilogy was being made, there was people talking about how they were basically calling up every single visual effects house in Hollywood going, we need this done oh, yeah. by next week. Yeah. Can, how about 20 bucks? What? Come on. Let's do it. And like every everyone in Hollywood worked on that. Everyone yeah. in Hollywood said, "Yeah, I worked on the Matrix." Yeah, and yeah. Tippett, we were kind of like, "We're doing Troopers. We're doomed. No, we can't. Sorry." Yeah. <laughs> they're like, "Really? Please, no. We're doing Troopers. We're already swamped. We're gonna farm it out to you tomorrow. Come on." <laughs> <laughs> yeah. like, no, don't call us. Okay, well, don't call us either because we're screwed over so here with, th- tro- with Troopers. This was always an interesting choice to me. The fact that Smeagol has his Gollum voice as Smeagol. That's exactly what I thought when I first saw it. I was like, I. I get why, because it would be difficult to kind of communicate in this really quick thing, but it's weird because he's the only hobbit that talks like it, they're that. River folk, yeah. He, the river he's, folk, he's, yeah. But he's still, and they already said, now if, if the other river, if Deagle spoke that way, then would be like, all right, the yeah. river folk are kind of messed up. But he also but, goes through such a physical transformation. Yeah. It wouldn't be a stretch for him yeah. to have a different voice. No, I, Especially I get since he gets the Gollum thing, and it's like they, they 
uh, he talks about it in the, you know, Andy Serkis wrote a little book about, about the process of becoming Gollum, and he talked about how the coughing, the Gollum sound, and the way he does the voice is, keep, he's like choking on his guilt right, about, about right. what he's done. So it would make sense if his voice I have a change on the fact. Yeah. I always envision the rating board, the ratings board watching this movie, having given PG-13 to the previous two, them watching this, and it's like their pen is in the, in the R yeah. column at this point, going, almost there, almost yeah. there, because this is just damn disturbing. Like, oh, it's, yeah. It's a, it's a really brutal way to start what is a, what people identify as a fantasy or family yeah. movie. It's you an, know, for kids. And especially because, it's especially disturbing because the way it's shot up till this point and the way the color grading mm-hmm. goes, it looks exactly like the Hobbiton scenes. And it's like, mm-hmm. that is not okay that that could you know it makes you imagine that kind of thing happening in the shire and you're like hobbits like you say these aren't hobbits these are these are precursors to hobbits yeah they're they're like cousins yeah but um they're hillbillies yeah it's like it's like you don't want to imagine hobbits doing that to each other you don't want to imagine that that ever happened there's a photo set that i just saw on the internet when you saw again one of those you know god bless the internet and it's 10 this Ten things that will make you not go to sleep tonight, you know, whatever. And right. It was like ten beautiful pastoral landscapes where people were murdered. Right. And it's like, did you see it's that like thing? It's like that, yeah. It's like, it's like this, oh, look at that beautiful field. Yeah, this, this, remember, you know that story about that person who got murdered? That's where this happens. You know, <laughs> like uh, these beautiful landscapes where someone was murdered. Well, it's, and, what a great photo and, and what's interesting about it is that there was a choice very clearly editorially to extend the murder because yeah. he well, on the, on the wide the extended shot edition well, I was going to say on the wide shot when Deagle finally does his last kick it's like okay he's dead and then it punches in for more and he's still just strangling the, the hell out of him can't be too careful yeah. I know just, just in case it actually and this is a little bit morbid but the actual amount of time it takes to strangle someone to death <laughs> is roughly 45 seconds like you gotta be able to cut off both so is that about right it's about right yeah, yeah. it's pretty good it's in real time it's pretty good this this shot they talk about they actually had to shrink his legs to make him look emaciated because yeah. he's got kind of beefy legs because yeah, he's been crawling around on all fours <laughs> yeah, exactly. for six months playing Gollum. I gotta say, you know, biting a fish hole, I'm I, I get it. I, I you know, <laughs> fish, it's it's just it's raw fish. It's not so bad. His mouth isn't so attractive. But, yeah. yeah, it's sushi. Yeah, yeah. more or less. We've done it before. I, I get props to the uh, makeup house because this is uh, the the transition. This, this, from, this is the uh, one that is successful. This one here with the extended uh, uh, eye rims. The eyes. Is, uh, it's, it's one. It's one makeup for one little setup, and then the next one is good again. But then it starts to become digital. They yeah. start to you know, they expand they digitally his eyes. enlarge his eyes, but this 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 one is the least successful. The the monkey face, right? But well, then now, they, now it's like now okay, now it's working. Yeah, okay. it's because they didn't enlarge his eyes to fit those yeah. those uh, sockets. Now they weren't originally planning to have Andy Circus play Smeagol Smeagol as Smeagol for this for that scene, but then they kind of said, well, I guess it makes a kind of sense. But then having shot that, that's what prompted them to go back to the. Gollum model yeah. and make it look all the more like Andy Serkis. Yeah. So they're like, well, mm-hmm. let's make it even more like Andy Serkis now. So that's why you, the, the, as the movies go on, even Smeagol becomes more and more circus-like. Pardon yeah. me, pardon the semi-expression. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, there's sometimes where you just go, my God, it just, it just you can totally see that that's Andy Serkis there. And yeah. yet, of course, it's totally digital. Yeah, there's the there's the scene. Um, in case we're talking about something else at the time, there's the scene where they're right outside of Shelob's lair, and when he's he's saying, oh, it's the only way, go in or go back. Those like two shots. It's like that's Andy Serkis's face right, right. there. <laughs> that is his face on Gollum. He knocked out his digital model and took his place that day. Yeah, yeah exactly. I like the chipper Smeagol here. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Good morning. He almost you almost do kind of hang with him when he's in his manic up phase. Yeah. <laughs> he's kind of he's kind of wacky fun. You know. <laughs> hey, hey man. Help. 
Manic depressives are fun half the they time. Are, they yeah. are. I, I dated one, and boy, on the on the upper side of the curve, awesome. Yeah. <laughs> it's just the downside that you got to deal as, with. As, as Carrie Fisher said, the mania is the, is the, <laughs> was it, the mania is the meal, but the depression is the check. <laughs> well, he's, he's all happy and focused because he knows he's going to get his. Exactly. Yeah. Right. He has a reason to be happy. He's going to murder them. Yeah. yeah. You th- it's, it's actually uh, kind of interesting. You'd think it'd be interesting if maybe Sam was like, I don't like that he's so happy. Yeah. <laughs> Something's yeah. going on here. This is <laughs> this I'm going to kick him in the nuts a couple times. Yeah. So bring uh, him back that'll learn him. Well, you think he'd, he'd know not to do that after watching the one time that Frodo was trying to be a little chipper and, come on, time to go. It's like, yeah, yeah we're about to be kidnapped. Come on, it'll be yeah. fine. Trust me. Yeah, come I, on. I, I love this ancient elven sewer system that yeah. we're just kind of sleeping out in right now. I don't. It's like this odd structure that's just—it's very clearly mortal made, but you don't know quite what it is. That's this one of the touches of the movie that I like. Anyway, is 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 everywhere they go, there are kind of these overgrown ruins of something, right? Yeah. Which is you know again that great sense of this is a, a very old world that has you know thousands and thousands of years of history to it, which is just a great a great thing, yeah. and very obviously what Tolkien was going for too. My, it's funny you mention that too, especially with the World War II stuff, because um, my favorite thing—not my favorite thing—but like. What I, when I lived in Hawaii, one of the things I loved doing was going on the North Shore where all of these World War II era pillboxes are oh, wow. still in the middle of like the, these lush gardens and these lush forests. They were there because after Pearl Harbor, they basically took the entire North Shore of Hawaii and made it into just constant vigil, you know, and, and, and they had people there prepared not, for not ground getting warfare. Not a second time, guys. Yeah, no, hell no. And, and, uh, and they're still there to this day, and they're overgrown by weeds. But, like, you can go hang out in them, by and large. A lot of them are blocked off for historical reasons, but they're still, like, people still find stuff over there. Yeah. So. It's like those Pacific Islands where it's like, oh, look, there's all the stuff that they left. You know, that's right. nice. Look at that. If you actually, and on a really interesting, like, if you really want to see how, like, the course of the United States was changed with including Hawaii into the Union. Uh, Sarah Val's new book, Unfamiliar Fishes. Uh, it's really good. It's pretty much about I the Princess of Hawaii. Out, it's yeah. really, really good. Where does the title come from? Uh, it, it's Well, the same thing with like the Wordy Shipmates, which was about the Pilgrims. Oh. It's just her little oh, okay. take on it. You know, It's just it's her, her sort of... She called them the Wordy Shipmates because they were all big readers. Like the, mm-hmm. the, 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 the Quakers and the Pilgrims were really big readers, and they spoke a lot, and they were shipmates. We just got out of a really interesting scene with... Uh, the scene with Sam talking about rationing the Lambus bread and, yep. and kind of talking about, well, we're going home and that, that shot of Frodo kind of going, <laughs> oh, oh, I hadn't really thought about that. <laughs> well, that's that's I, interesting. I, see, I read that shot of Frodo as like, how am I going to explain this to you? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> how am I going to break this to yeah. you? But it's really, yeah, if you compare it on later when, when, uh, when Gollum's going to frame Sam for the one thing that it's quite clear he would never, ever right. do... And that Frodo is just so far gone that yeah. he uh, believes it. Now, I, it, for me, it's like I I love the special editions. Uh, I, there's I love I love having more of it. You know, as we've said earlier, it's <laughs> like it's it may not have been wha- how you would have wanted to see the movies in the theater even at the time. It's yeah. like this would have been like a bit of a slog in the theater. But if you like the movies, you go, oh, good, more movie. Yeah. yeah. You know, and it's not just arbitrary stuff. It's you know they they fun. rescored it. They've yeah. done the visual effects. They've done a whole bunch of stuff. Um, I'm going to just uh, put it out there that of everything in every special edition, this scene is the one that goes on a little bit too long for <laughs> it's, my It's taste. a tad indulgent. Yeah. It, just, this, it takes about 10 minutes to get Saruman off that goddamn tower, and I think yeah. it should be more about maybe my maybe a six, maybe yeah. six <laughs> minutes. A um, little too much Hobbit antic going on. We yeah. didn't get a lot of Hobbit antic last time. That was nice. Now it's like, yes, we get it. You're high. We yeah, get it. Yeah, you're high and you're cute, and that's fine, you know. 
You you go be on Lost. You go be in Master and Commander. It's great. You've got the job. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> and you go back and you go back to B movies, Jonathan Rhys Davies. <laughs> That's right, Jonathan Rhys Davies. You go wherever it is you go. I don't know to Sliders conventions. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> go live off your Raiders residuals. And make far too much money talking to fanboys. Yeah. I always I always did love uh, Gandalf. You know. Like you say, there's the Hobbit antics, and it's like, oh, that's cute, and that's great. But Gandalf gets the best laugh in that scene, just going, oh, Hobbits. <laughs> <laughs> like, freaking freaking Hobbits. They freak me out, man. <laughs> now, of course, in the, it's in the theatrical version, though, and this uh, came up in the forums recently when we were talking about this, is it's almost too abrupt because they get this over with so quick. All they go is, yeah, sorry, man, he's screwed. Let's move on. And yeah. all they have is a shot of Saruman looking out going, oh, my wonderful creation. They don't even kill him in the theatrical. Yeah, they, yeah. He doesn't appear in the theatrical. He just... Uh, uh, Do they, have, they don't even have that one shot. I remember no. there being one shot, but they just go, they look at the tower and go, yeah, he's yeah. in there, he's fucked. Treebeard just says, yeah, he's trapped in his tower there. And, and then it cuts to the others being like, huh. And he, and, anyway, and then, it, and then Well, I'm glad we solved that. And then yes. it directly cuts to Treebeard's line, which is at the after Saruman dies here, where he says the... the Filth of Saruman, or whatever he calls it, the filth of Saruman is washing away. It, right. He immediately says that, so it skips over this entire scene here. Yeah. I, I do like the try. He's trying to reason with Grima here. Mm-hmm. Like he's trying to like, no, go on back, buddy. So yeah, you're still a <laughs> dude, right? You're still yeah. a guy. Or or is he? Or is he just trying to do what get Grima to do what he does? He's like Grima. Standing there, right behind the bad guy, on the edge of a tall tower. Yeah, my friend. Isn't that funny? <laughs> we'd we'd love to have you come home if you want to. Um, <laughs> I'm going to say again, you're behind the bad guy on, on top very, of a very tall tower right very now. Very large thing. <laughs> I've just, you're it's smart a, It's man. a thing we kings like to say for some reason. It's a smart We point it out. It's an idiom. Yeah, it's <laughs> a, what I've meant by it. Let me explain where that comes from. Right, right. That comes from the ancient legend of uh, Baron and the tall tower. Yeah. <laughs> In which so, a guy threw a guy off a fucking tower. Meanwhile, Saruman's like, what are you guys talking about? I don't get <laughs> it. I don't know this and story. Oh, it is, no, it's a cool story. You'll love it. Cool story, you know, bro. It's yeah. not all about heroes. Sometimes the smallest person yeah. yes. can make a huge difference. <laughs> Just with the right push. <laughs> and the and right direction. Like, I'm not familiar with... Oh, God damn it. <laughs> Just shoot an arrow at him, Legolas. Just let's... <laughs> oh, you have, you, have an, you have a knife on you. Weird. Yeah. Okay. Weird. Let me tell you another story. <laughs> there was this one time, this guy with a knife yeah. stabbed another dude in the back. It's called the, um, st- the story of Stabian ba- Bakian. And his name was Wormblong. Yeah. <laughs> Is this getting through to you? Oh, God damn it. Jesus Christ, Legolas. <laughs> anyway. Let's really just take the guy out. But, yeah. the, fact, but the, the duration of this sketch that we've just done, yeah. the scene is still going on. Yeah, still, yeah. <laughs> you, know exactly. how, you know how you're sitting at home being like, okay, guys, we get it. Yeah, yeah. us, no. Yeah. The no. scene is we, only halfway through. We've got wiggle room in yeah. this we scene. We were making a point there, in a sense. Yeah. You can actually tell the movie itself got bored there for a minute and just decided to do a giant dolly shot around the top of the tower. <laughs> Aragorn looks pissed he's in this thing. <laughs> yeah. He just looks pissed he has to stand around. I just gotta sit and do a reaction Which is, shot that goes on for eight minutes. Yeah. All right, you know. Which is, I, I mean, it's honestly too bad because this scene in the books... In the book is like a, a real game of wits, and it's yeah. Saruman trying to, you know, he basically turns to each of them in turn and, and is like, hey, Theoden, tempt, 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 and Theoden's like, fuck your face. And he's like, all right, well, Aragorn, hey, you know, and kind of passes to each of them, and he's like, all right, fine, well, I'm, 
hey, Gandalf, fire, you know. <laughs> and he's one like, the, oh, that didn't work. Damn. One of the weirder stories, I forget where this, uh, yeah, he's like, can I just shoot him? No. Please, for the love of one God. One of the weirder stories, though, is uh, Christopher Lee, before he became an actor, that was his, like, second career. Oh, yeah. <laughs> before he was, like, in the OSS during the war or whatever he was, where he did all kinds of gnarly stuff that he still doesn't even talk about yeah. during, during World War II. And someone told the story about, I think it was Brad Dorf or whatever, was talking about when they're shooting the scene. Um, and Or Peter Jackson, Jackson, or Peter yeah. Jackson was saying, okay, and when he stabs you, you know, maybe you go, uh, and, and the rest of really goes, when you stab the man, that's not the sound he makes. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> okay, that's, well then, whatever you think then. Okay. Whatever you think is best. <laughs> you, you just tell me, I'll do it. <laughs> you just, we'll, yeah, just no, shoot, we'll shoot it your way. I, 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 I don't know if it's been discussed previously, but uh, 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 Chris Really. Actual goddamn spy, like yeah. like a legit, yeah. yeah OSS, That's what yeah. they said. It's like you know, I'd I'd love to tell you what my stories, but I can't. You know, like and, and the, crazy shit that he was and involved the, and in. And not only that, but he is of all the cast the most legit hardcore Tolkien nerd himself. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah, he reads the book once a year because why not? And I mean, and he's he's pushing past eighty, and he still does it because yeah. Yeah, his he was time pushing is past limited. eighty at this time, right? Yeah, exactly. So I was, I was so pleased to see him in Hugo. I'm like, oh, he's still working. That's so great because he's he was, still breathing. I remember yeah. him yeah. talking about. I remember him talking about at the time because because he was in both you know the the Star Wars prequels and and in this, and he was saying at the time he's like, I fully expect to die before those movies finish coming out. <laughs> oh, and he d- but just it's, totally like it's totally all a fine. big lie, the big conspiracy. Christopher Lee is actually 147 yeah, years old. No, he will never die. He's, he's a numenarian. It's not that I. It's not that I want him to die, but every year he doesn't, I get a little more freaked out. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. actually, the, the news that freaked me out here goes, "Hey, oh by the way, the scene's almost over." Yeah, there here we comes go. Screaming, okay, oh, Yay. see, finally you get yeah. it, Greenman. And that That's good. And and I love Gandalf. Gandalf. Gandalf look is just more like, ah, dang. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know, it's not like... It's, it's, and then Legolas... Not, like, yay, people who died. Not, I'm not clear on Legolas' whole thing. Hey, stop killing the most evil person in the world. Yeah. Hey, oh, wait. I'm sorry. What do I want to do here? Do By I the way, my, I just got, I got overstimulated. Yeah, I'm sorry. sorry. In case there's any doubt... Dead, oh, like just yeah. dead. I mean, it's and that's and, and then underwater. Yeah, <laughs> bloop. And then, okay, and then the horses come and pee on us. I just yeah. looked it up. Christopher Lee is ninety this year. Wow, hell yeah. The the greatest uh, uh, symbol of faith that I read about recently because I was really like pleasantly surprised to read this. There's two things actually happened this week. One was Martin Landau was was cast in a pilot. Was <laughs> like okay, someone's thinking positive. That's right. right. <laughs> on many levels, and the other is Dick Van Dyke just got married, and he's like 84. What? So like a 40 year old lady. 40 year old girl. Yeah. Like, All right, Dick. Lucky girl. 86. Dude, 86. He's 86. Man, he just indulged the hell out of himself. By the way, Ras- underwater. By the way, Rasputin's watching this and going pussy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think the thing to realize he'll, he'll be so back. He was both a contemporary of Tolkien uh, and oh god my brain no uh, uh, Ian Fleming thank you Oh, yeah, uh, he yeah. actually, you know, it's like, okay, you knew the creators of some of the biggest franchise, you know. Dude, what, if, what if some James Bond pieces. stories are his stories? He's been oh, in a James God. Bond movie, too, uh, so seriously. he's got the whole thing seriously. covered. So no. He is the man with the golden gun. It's worth saying the uh, the end here doesn't have the weird cheekbone stuff he had at the end of the last movie. Oh, yeah. That was, well, that was, I don't know, that might have been uh, some Just late him. effects or something. Yeah. Did you guys already have a, con- I mean, I missed the, the last uh, one, but you Go guys ahead. have a Repeat conversation yourself. about how, if you haven't read the books, how completely out of the blue the... The anthropomorphic trees that come to life and turn the tide of battle are. Well, well, no. what do you mean? I mean, I mean, he. How do you mean that? There's fucking magic. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, there's magic. Yeah, in I, the mean, I mean, I mean, how does it work? Uh, I, I mean, 
there's what do you mean out of the blue there's lots of things like that i mean there's there's a scene right before moria where there's a big squid monster it's like what it's that's just the world that they live in fucking yeah, no. okay squid monsters and trees talk why the fuck not sure. Defi- define your level bring, of bring all the crazy and he's no care. tree yeah he's an ant but di- so are you talking are you talking about when treebeard is first introduced or no, what I'm, you- just, I'm just in, in, again you know who hasn't read it so you don't have any real context like this is this is this is explaining itself to you as it goes sure. as far as what's part of the universe and what's not sure. and it's like yes you know this is this is a sort of like like you said well no you didn't that was a different conversation sorry um it's like uh you know there's there's some magic but it's it's strongly rooted in kind of like just a whole different like universe and a world here so like creatures and stuff and animals and giant elephants and squid creatures and stuff and like that's 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 totally like all right, cool, no problem there. And then just the trees, specifically plants, giant plants that just come to life and then are suddenly an army. Well, was number one I found odd, and and obviously now it's part of Lord of the Rings, and just, I'm totally fine with it. But the first time I was just like, wait, what? Well, <laughs> and then number two, it was interesting because there was no, there was nothing like that at all before that in right. in, in the movies. That kind of cues you that something like that could be possible. I guess so. I mean, I, he's more, he's he's like a big stick bug. Yeah, you know he's like yeah, he's exactly. a dude who looks so. like I a tree. I disagree on that, but I do have. A, there was a moment that was like for me. It comes up in this movie later, oh, yeah? but you know, but Treebeard, yeah, Treebeard is like he's not a tree. He says he's not a tree. He's he's a, he's an ant, which is a race. Uh, and, a and tree like herder, a, yeah. He, he looks like a tree, but he's he's actually some kind of living being. But I had exactly the reaction you're talking about when suddenly I went, "Wait, ghosts now?" Oh yeah, later <laughs> yeah, on, yeah, like oh, yeah. whole, now there's a city of ghosts. When when did ghosts become a thing? Yeah, that I, that that does feel something as mundane as a ghost was the one that t- <laughs> t- t- took me out of it. Like, no, oh, ghosts. That's it felt like a frightening. It's like Tolkien it's like Tolkien got tired. Like I don't know, fucking ghosts. I guess. Yeah. Uh, so it didn't. So it didn't. I'm trying really... to make up goddamn words for it. You know, ghosts. Dude, ghosts. There are there are definite moments in the story where you can feel <laughs> Tolkien's like I don't. They shoot each other in the head for no reason. The you know the the orcs fighting in in. Uh, um, Kirithungal, and and so they all kill themselves before oh, Sam even gets there. Right. You you feel that Tolkien was like, how in the fuck they just start killing each other? Yeah. Well, that's fuck the it. only way. Because fuck it, they're orcs, right? Yeah. So it did it help at all though? Because one one aspect of it is that the characters also seem surprised when that happens. You know, they're like the tree is talking. <laughs> what yeah. what is this? So. Yeah, but that's kind of the Hobbit's reaction to all kinds of stuff. I guess that's, that's just true. Not the Shire. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, look a yeah. bird. <laughs> yeah. Uh, one thing I was just gonna say, we just passed up, is that you know, uh, she shares a cup with Aragorn. He walks away. Theoden comes over and he's like, "I'm happy for you." He's an honorable man. It's like, wait, did they what? Like, it, it's he's wait, assuming is, a relationship. Is that a Rohirrim marriage? Thing? Yeah. yeah that, I just did. Oh, did we just do our Miss Reynolds? Like, is that yeah. is, is that what happened here? In yeah. reality, she's like, you know, she's really close to starting to boil a bunny and go a fatal attraction on him or something like that. It's yeah. like, just leave the elf for me, please. She keeps giving these long they. Her acting job in this whole entire trilogy is to look longingly at Viggo Mortensen. I know, and that's and that's my big. The only complaint I have with her character in, in the movie versus the book. In the book, and now that we're in um, Return of the King, we can finally talk about it. But the relationship with her and Faramir that springs up in the text is much more organic and makes sense. It's much more like she chooses him, he chooses her. In the movie, it's just like at the end when he gets coronated, it's like, well, I guess we've got nothing to do. Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, totally, need a roommate? They, they're yes. in the, yeah, they're in well, the houses of healing, and they they both wake up, and it's like, well, I guess you got a yeah, penis, hey, don't hey, you? Hey, so sure, just yeah. gonna, I got yeah. a thing. You're a too. good plan so B. You've got all your parts still, right? Right. Yeah, I, well, I'm pretty sure. Well, yeah. it's in in the movie or in the book, it's Faramir, and in the movie, it's far from the book. Basically, is uh, that's what they call them on the forums constantly, and annoyed me. And now I get to use it, so fuck you all, okay? What forums are these? I will cut their faces. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what sad little forum is that? 
getting, what's getting anonymous to, doing this weekend they've got work to do yeah. Yeah. getting back to the book and actually the force. The, probably the biggest change that was made in all these was the whole thing that Sarah Man, of course died here just uh, scouring the shire we, yeah so. we were talking about earlier Saruman, before yeah. you got here we we're talking about the scouring of the shire and how that's right. a whole other thing that the movies don't have did you want to talk about that no I did. you covered it he's like, like no not really <laughs> You had the reaction. Always, I mean, when it came down to it, for me, everything was okay. The, these changes, those changes, and here it's not the big thing. For me, the big thing was the scouring. You know, well, the, see, raising I, the shire. So, did you did, did would you have preferred that the scouring had remained in? Absolutely. Really, it's interesting. All, it's all part of the story. Mm. That's the whole because that's the whole thing. The Tolkien, his whole point was that yes, while they may win the war, there will be collateral damage, and part of it will be your culture will suffer. Uh, and, yeah, and, but they save the culture are, in the end. Yeah, what's they, that? At the, at the end of the day, it's a zero sum game because they they get Sharky out of there, and then the Shire heals, and then the Shire pretty much ends much the same way we began I, it. I think one of the true, pre- but they did go through the trauma of of getting. Of we we, we covered this earlier, right. and there is a split. You're not alone in that in that thing. It's like I think me and Mike are on the side of yeah, but it's a movie that's and, good. Well, and, cut that and, out. As, as a, and me as someone who has read the book several times, I was totally fine with the Carolyn Shire being on. Like I was, I was okay with it. That was a cut that I was willing to make because structurally, it's it, you talk about multiple endings. My God, yeah. like had had they in done terms, that in terms of know. becoming a movie, absolutely. Because in terms yeah. of the whole arc right. to make it simpler. I mean, in a way, it's own, its own yeah. little movie. The arc, the yeah, exactly. It's a mini movie. The arc, uh, the arc of the the trilogy is about stopping Sauron and saving the Shire. So if you go through that whole thing and then the Shire still got fucked, it's like, what did I just watch nine hours of movie for <laughs> yeah. if I have another hour to watch? It's a matter It's a matter of deciding between the arc of the world or the arc of the Hobbits. Right. Well, sure. yeah, and that's one thing that I don't think got brought up yeah. that much is that it's the, the, the idea of the Hobbits have come back from this huge journey. And now we get, now we get to see, and now the Shire gets to see how much they've changed and how much they've become heroes right. in right. the context the, of the Shire. Right. Which yeah. is the point I was making earlier. Like I could go either way on the scouring of the Shire being in there or not. But I, yeah, I think the ultimate point is like, if the, if the Hobbits are the, if the, the point of it is to show the arc of the Hobbits, then the point of the scouring of the Shire is to show these Hobbits, the Hobbits can take care of themselves. Now they're no yeah. longer children and they can defend their own home. Yeah, and, well, and they get that one shot of them riding when they're wearing yeah. uniforms. Yeah, I, I, but I think, I think it's a, they they still have a complete arc, but it's a slightly different arc. Is it, it's the you know the kind of bittersweet one where they're like, like we talked about before, they saved the Shire, but it's not they didn't really save it for them. They saved it for everyone else. And, yeah, and they, the and it's it's every, actually going back to the intermission that we did a couple. It's the hero it, without journey. the scouring of the Shire. Yeah. It's the heroine's journey versus right. the hero's it's journey. It's really not though. It's 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 totally hero's journey. The entire world bows down to them at the end of the movie. Right. But the, 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 the Shire, but the Shire doesn't. The rest of the well, Shire no, doesn't. No, but the, that's because the Shire is just an epilogue. The Shire is, and then they went home. That's all that scene is. Right. It's right. more in the book, but in the movie, as the story's over. When they throw but the ring, with and they throw the ring in the fire, and everyone goes, "You are the hero." But if you had the scouring of the Shire, then it would be much more the hero's yeah. journey of them, and it would the, just the be rest. a longer hero's journey. It, just, yes. it already is the hero's journey. Well, you'd have well, they, they if, do the if, hero if, thing from start to you'd, finish. You'd have a clearer meeting with the gods if you left Tom Bombadil in. Does that mean you should yeah. necessarily do that? You know, yeah. I mean, it's uh, you, you can plug in the various points uh, as needed. But again, it's I think in. There is something to be said, especially with cinema, of streamlining and, and, and combining characters. I mean, what's the first thing you do when you do a revision on a script? Is like, do I really need this character? Can I combine him yeah. with something do else? Do I need the scene? Do uh, yeah, I, do I, I need, need the, the first act? Do I agree in, with in this stream- case, they cut the last act. I agree with the streamlining of the endings. However, I think there are other endings at the end of this that would have that could have gone well before the scouring <laughs> well, of the shot. Let's talk about that in four hours. Yeah, yeah, right. Right. We'll get there. Right. We'll get there. Yeah, I was just about to bring up this awesome shot I love at the end. Guess what? We're going to talk about that at the end. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know that shot in the two movies ago? I yeah, meant right. to bring up. I love Goldeneye. You know what? Yeah. Oh, well, who doesn't? 
this is by this point, as we, we pointed out earlier, it's like Ben Howard just uh, you know, it's uh, it's Smeagol. Yeah. just you know, he's he's in the movie. He's there, a character in the movie. There's a great moment, and I only noticed it recently. We were watching it, but when he has his little talk with himself, and then he does his little golem thing, he like drools a little bit. He mm. just gets so excited. He just a little bit of drool comes out, and I'm like, man, that's awesome. Just can, the, can you the imagine? Detail. Can you imagine the effects artist like waiting to hear back from the supervisor in dailies? So. Did he mention it? Did he see it? Did he see, did he, the did he see that I put in the drill? Did he, did he like the drill? <coughs> yes, he mentioned the drill and he wants to keep it. Yes! I worked My 10 life. extra hours to That's get that right. in there. Since weekend. the camera was moving, that means it was probably six people that had to decide <laughs> and yeah, to really. figure out. By the way, can I say I love that we have that many people on the fifth mic now? I, I genuinely yeah. do. I really do. Yeah, are just like fifth all mic's getting nuts. I'm you so sorry. I love it. I you guys love are it. like a Greek chorus of a commentary yeah, track. So, so no, sorry. No, I'm serious. I love it. None of us are safe. None of us. Fist, there's actual fist fights breaking out over the over the fifth no. mic. Now here's extended a, here's, scene. This is the extended scene where um, you know it's like, oh dude, come on. So I guess you Forget sleep the in the dining chick. room. You're, you're I on, mean, you're, you're on vacation, dude. It's yeah. the elf chick is a thousand miles away, right? Probably, but although she <laughs> might pop in. You know how they are. <laughs> that's the trick. And if she gets pissed, she'll live forever. She'll forgive you. Yeah, that's right. You'll have time to make it up to time her. Heals no, all I don't wounds. think that he's worried about her forgiving at some point because she's, I think he's worried about the grudge that she'd hold forever, <laughs> literally forever. <laughs> Who sleeps in the middle of a giant empty room? A dining room. A it's chick a I dining would like room. to date. A chick that's trying to run into this guy. <laughs> I, just, I think she's looking to meet. Oh, my goodness. I'll I must have fallen the, asleep I'm in these furs. Go, I'll just go in the next room Oh, here's a down. fainting couch. I think I'll oh, take a nap. Oh, I fell over. Oh. The fainting couch would My clothes out. rotted <laughs> off. <laughs> they do talk about, though, how um, because, because of the, the, the schedule and how it was so nuts, one of the things that kind of fell through the cracks, they, like, Peter Jackson says on his commentary, he feels is kind of her performance because it's kind of too weepy and too desperate and yeah. very much. And that's why they cut a lot of these kind of scenes from yeah. the movie because it's like, this is really undermining her character. And it's antithetical. She, and really, she she's freaking never on screen without tears coming out of her eyes and stuff like that. It's or like, adoring Aragorn. That seems yeah. to be and mostly what she does. She this right is here, Evangeline Lilly in the first season of Lost here. She's yeah. just on a beach looking out over the sea. But yeah. they're just, you know, and waiting for soulful. a dude. And, yeah. and that whole thing, not the best pickup line. I can I can assure you right now. What, what tried it? In what scene is she the strongest out of well, any she's scene? Gonna, she's going to jam a sword in a witch king's head. Later. Oh yeah, no, yeah, totally. Yeah, yeah. She totally is a badass. That's that's not, but it's it's a proportion, the ratio of badass to yeah. to uh, every girl I dated in high school. Uh, <laughs> so you know. <laughs> Well, yeah, later on, the Witch King's going to be like, come at me, bro. And she's going to be like, I am no bro. And that's going <laughs> to Can we get a dub of that, please, in the film? Oh, my God. It, it's worth thinking about, though, come that the only me, strength that a strong woman in any of these three films can show is, like, shoving a sword in some asshole's yeah. face. Like, lot, I call that pretty strong. You want, more, you want stronger <laughs> yeah. than that? But that's like, that's no, like but saying I mean, it, there's, that's there's like, a lot more to strength than, like, swords and faces. No, I agree. I, it's like she bombing does. a photo mat. Okay. It's like, Everyone, we're a little loud right now. And I can't reach the thing so to well, that's, where down, they, that's they, they they beefed up arwen and a lot of people yeah. were even uh, you know uh, not happy with that well they but, gave arwen so much more which you know was but, more weeping but part of it exactly part of it to your point is that they beefed up arwen more but they didn't make her stronger if anything they made right. her weaker because like in the in the book she doesn't show up at helm's deep but what's you know what's coming next elrond shows up in the tent and he's like hey i brought a sword in case you need a sword um but, they gave her a false physical strength instead of an emotional strength. Yeah, because because she totally her her faith in Aragorn in the books never wavers. She sends uh, Elrond sends his sons to to the battle because they just be throwing characters in there. Um, Elrond <laughs> sends his sons to the battle to give him to give Aragorn a banner 
Arwen like knit him a victory banner basically (laughs) and sent it to him to be like this is how much I believe in you I want you to fly this banner and be thinking of me and yada yada so I mean it's you know it's very feminine, so it's, there's that. But but at the same time, it's like she never gives up on him. Where it's in the movie, she's like, "Yeah, Daddy, you're right. I should get the fuck out He's of here. He's dead. He's dead. Yeah. I'm leaving." And no, th- but then she changes her mind. It's, coming it's up because emotional way. strength is much more difficult to define in the, yeah. in also, the in a a, film narrative. This is right. a book written by an Edwardian dude. Right. So you know, <laughs> chicks in chicks in a war, they don't go to war. So no. what the fuck are you talking about? Um, you know, so that's chicks, chicks stay home and knit banners. That's what chicks do. I gotta say so. that shot of Pippin doing that, he looked a lot like Ingve Malmsteen just ripping a note. <laughs> like he's just yeah, baby, down to the very nice city where the grass is green. Um, <laughs> that's not Ingve. <laughs> I, I, I don't know what that is, but I think it was something like a singer screaming. <laughs> this is like one of those bad things where like someone's getting electrocuted, so someone grabs the guy, and then right. he's getting electrocuted. Yeah. So oh. No, they're holding that light-up football from the infomercial. I'm all tingly. That method right there of throwing his hoodie on it, that's exactly how I prevented my son from running outside yesterday. <laughs> I just want to say that. He was starting to crawl directly outside where there were like nails and band saws. I'm like, no! And I threw my hoodie and blocked the door. And, and he, he, and, sat. And he was like, oh, the Aww. outside ceased to exist. Yeah. I'm just have to the, the theory of permanence. That, that works until they're about 14. <laughs> <laughs> then you're going to have to come up with something else. Here's hoping, man. Here's so here, uh, here we're still getting little scale tricks. They got a friggin' giant guy putting his yeah. hands on tall the side Paul of... Tall Paul did most of this. Yes, a guy named Tall Paul. Because he was just a big guy. Yeah, look at the size of that cat. That's a real person's wow. hand. Wow. Jesus. Hey, Paul. Yeah. I have a hand. Yeah, that's a person's hand, and, and the dude's face, that's the size of your face. Yeah. So imagine that hand. Man, yeah. you don't want to piss off Paul. His you do not want to bunion? Piss. Bunion? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Could it be? Do they have a blue ox? It's a little, a is, it, is it explained anymore in the book? Because I always thought that, okay, Pippin, enough with the... Pippin's, what's the deal with you and the and the Otabacron, man? I mean, why are you so freaked <laughs> this out? This doesn't it? happen quite the, as... I want to see the shiny thing. Yeah. You know, and it's like, dude, you're... We told you it was bad. Haven't yeah. you seen enough bad shit go down when Gandalf says, don't touch that thing? <laughs> I'm trying to remember. No, this, this, he's, it, it, he's didn't go down, it didn't go down exactly like that in the book, did it? Like It the, pretty much did, really actually. Did? Okay. Friggin' right. Pippin just picked up the Palantir, and Sauron was like, hey... You? Is that, is What's that, going on? You scamp? And he, and he, yeah. And, but, and You're a hobbit. The, one of the things is that he, he I, I, I'm not sure if it's made clear in the movie, but he assumes that Pippin oh, is yeah. the one with the ring. No, so he's yeah. like, hey, how about you give me that ring now? And just totally starts just mentally torturing him because he's got all that power. Um, right. and, and, you know, Pippin barely survives. Is there a relationship there between that and the Voldemort Harry kind of link up between the series of... Uh, I don't, no. I don't, I don't think it's, it's it's different. Slightly. I, no. I, w- I would say that the relationship between Gandalf and uh, Pip is much like um, uh, Dumbledore Harry, and Harry. No, Harry and no between because the the relationship with Pip and Gandalf is kind of slightly antagonistic. Like Sorry, he's I was always not not Dumbledore. I was thinking uh, like Saruman and. Uh, no, I know. I, no, I, Sauron, I, sorry. Yeah, no, I. Oh, Sauron and Sauron. Um, no, Sauron I, I, and no. Sauron, Sauron just Voldemort, uses people. He just he just uses people to an end, and like he promises them power, and mm. it never really like it's corruption. It's it's the lure, and I mean and that's why Saruman is saying like it's the fall of man that he was after, and all this other stuff. He just wanted to rule at at Sauron's side essentially. But right. the relationship with Gandalf and Pip, I always thought was like antagonistic but loving, and sort of in a you know he he loves Pip, but he's just infuriated by how much of a doofus he uh-huh. is. And it, it's, it struck me as, um, gosh dang it, um, Alan Rickman. Um, oh, Snape. Snape. Snape, yeah, and Snape, and, Snape and Harry. It, it kind of reminded me in, in some ways of that relationship. It's almo- well, it's almost, the rev- it's almost the reverse of that because Snape 
legitimately hates does, Harry. Yeah, he does not like Harry. So it's not it's not like a loving thing that he's just frustrated with him. If anything, he's he hates him and he's frustrated with the fact that he can't just kill him himself. <laughs> well, I mean, I was I was gotten the books that I mean that's a whole other thing, but I, I was gotten the books that like it it's it's just you know frustrated. It was more he saw James and Harry as yes much, yes you know, exactly so just, yeah. Now, one, I, there's one thing I don't understand about the character of Theoden here. You are the worst, Pip. Yeah. I just, it's like, you suck so hard. God! <laughs> I don't know why I'm other than that. Theoden, we watch him be like, I, I, you know, he's trying to be a good guy, and then all of a sudden he just turns into Lord Douchebag here for just like 10 seconds, and it's like, where did that come from? And then we're going to see him later on completely reverse course yeah. with no real development between the two points. He does. I, I understand why he's being a douchebag here. Yeah, I, they, I understand it. They but just fought the Battle of Helm's Deep, and hey, where were you, John Noble? And you know, yeah. oh, I see, screw us. You know, but then oh, but oh then, you need help? Fuck, oh, sure, I, yeah, fuck fine. You. But the, I mean, they do. They even bring it up. The fact that you know they're a little busy over at uh, you know Osgiliath already. They're, yeah, they, they've right. got like you know they're holding a city against a siege, and you know Osgiliath's whole argument is we're the closest to Morgor, you douchebags. You know, it's like we're fighting Mordor <laughs> every fucking day. Right. It's like oh, they attacked you now. Oh, poor baby, that's crazy. You know, that's really a shame. But uh, but yeah, I'm, I'm trying to think, you know, and we'll see if there's a moment. I I never felt it was that bizarre. It's it's it is bizarre, but it's that he answers the the beacons later. But it's it's a little more. It's a noble thing where he's like, yeah yeah yeah, sounding off, man. man this, oh, they lit the fucking beacons. All right, fine. God damn it. We'll all right. And, and if anything, to be like, all right, we're going to show them that we're better than them, yeah. and right. we're going to come to their aid when we, they wouldn't come to ours. Ha 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 ha. Yeah. I always thought, and again, I I got it even more strongly. And again, it's, it's maybe I'm reading reading uh, reading in instead of reading out. But I always get the uh, the sense that you know no one thinks they'll win. You know, it's all yeah. about look, uh, you're overrun. Yeah, we'll be overrun in six weeks. It's all fucking. You know, it's like every, everyone's like playing out on the beach right now. It's kind of like we're all doomed. I mean, right. you know, what's the, the big yeah, deal? Totally. Wow. Yeah. You know, so it's like, yeah, yeah, we'll come to your aid. We'll die six weeks sooner, and our women and children will, you know, die later. I, mean, I guess what is that? What you want? Come on, because no one thinks that they can really do it. They, the more they hear about it, they're like, yeah, we're we're fucked. It's the, over. But Wait, interesting, but the interesting part is that the hobbits, in a way, they're the ones who still can't grasp that really everyone is doomed. They're talking like, what do you mean? I'm not going to see you again. Yeah. Or Samwise thinks everything's fine, and like Frodo knows what's going on. He knows that this is war, and that you could never see the next person again. It reminds. Yeah. It reminds. Remember the ABC show Dinosaurs. Yes. Yes, it reminds me exactly of dinosaurs. I was was just going to say that. The son, the son, the son is the one that is is worried about extinction, and he's trying to explain extinction to everyone else. And he's like, "Here, these are the last two grapes on Earth. Now eat them." Okay. And then they're like, "Okay, do you want some more grapes?" Well, yeah. We don't. That was the last two. Well, I'll just find more. No. Okay. Let's see. (laughs) And, And he's trying to explain it to everybody, and everyone is ignorant of the idea. Right. And he writes a huge paper on it and gets an F. And then the other dinosaur, who's an idiot, uh, writes, uh, why dinosaurs are awesome? We're big. And he gets an A. And he's all pissed off about it. And meteors. Now, in the supplemental material, uh, this son, uh, this future tra- son. This transition between two takes, not so Beautiful. successful. No. It's, it's, no. No. He made it. It was, it was a high Hey, that step. kid has Bell's palsy. You leave him alone. <laughs> that's, that's so mean. Yeah, um, but no. The, the in the appendices they do have a son, and that I forget his name. It's something I don't remember. Elvish, either. but um, <laughs> they named yeah. the kid Elvis. Is this <laughs> also is this also Peter Jackson's kid? That's Un- not his. No, no that's not is, his kid. Oh, kid that's of, what you think. Not that's curly what, enough hair. <laughs> okay, maybe it's his. Kid. I, I am, by the way, I I am interested. You 
I think it was you that brought up uh, you get to watch his kids grow up in their yeah. cameos here. Yeah, true. I'm I'm interested in seeing what they look like in their inevitable Hobbit cameos. Yeah, yeah. I'm yes. interested to yeah. see what they look like ten they're, years later. They're they're like uh, the Hobbits. El- the Hobbits elders. don't have braces. They don't get to have cameos <laughs> this time. Right. They'll paint them out. Well, that's, <laughs> why, that's why I like seeing Amanda Lucas now, or you know, now versus back in in her episode one cameo and everything because she's. If you haven't followed Amanda Lucas, she's actually a pretty badass fighter, believe it or not. Mm-hmm. So. And she's getting kind of sick of having to answer that question every single time. <laughs> yeah, sure. I read an interview with her, and you're, it's like, whoa, okay. No, she, she, the, her last fight in Japan, she actually came out with like the Japanese version of the 501st and came out to Imperial March. Like It was kind of nut bar. And, and she wasn't happy about that? No, she was, actually. She was fine. She did it that time. The <laughs> oh. previous time, the promoter did it and didn't tell her. Oh, uh, anyway, okay. So. But then she's like, fuck it. So. That's, well, it's really funny. It's like, you know, you, you always people growing up in the shadows of their famous uh, fathers or mothers. Like you have uh, Tom Hanks has two kids, one of mm-hmm. which is Colin, yeah. who has put together a very respectable career, Resume, kind of looking yeah. like his dad and doing very similar things. And then his brother, who is like <laughs> a badass musician and put just put out a really, he put out a beefcake photo of him. Like, this is for the ladies. And like, oh, wow, <laughs> you fell far from the tree, sir. <laughs> I love I love sort of the automate like you were saying earlier the automate yeah. look of oh um, even more so yeah. now yeah it's just uh, all autumnal yeah. Win- winter is coming yes yeah. <laughs> winter is coming and uh, that's you, good I should write that down that sounds cool I should put that <laughs> you, you get the sense that Elrond's like the only dude left in the city and he's just yeah, like, he's like uh, yeah shut last, everything last down out of Rivendell turn out the <laughs> turn lights, the lights yeah. yeah what are you gonna do today oh I thought I'd dust that other building over there <laughs> yeah there's just leaves inside yeah, now exactly. come on people well they don't exactly have windows it's you know yeah. They live outdoors. They're, they're like monkey selves. There's a restaurant in Topanga Canyon called Inn of the Seventh Ray. And if you've never been there, it serves all fresh, clean, organic, a lot of vegan options. But the restaurant is largely outside in the forest of Topanga Canyon. It is like eating in Lord of the Rings. I'm not even joking. <laughs> it's they And wow. it's great for like Valentine's Day and stuff like that. But they have it's just literally like tree lights. And you're in these chairs that are carved from the Mother Earth itself. And it's uh, it, yeah, it's just it's it's uh, if, if you go there, you're like, wow, I'm eating at the Council of Elrond. That sounds amazing slash insufferable. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'll say this: the food depends is, on who you're eating with. The food is really good. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, okay. The food is really good, and then and redeems it quite a bit. <laughs> but it's, it's like eating at the Disneyland Bayou restaurant. It's, <laughs> exactly. it's great unless that's the day they chlorinated the water. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Can so. someone explain to me what's going on here? Because I have never really understood like. Because they, it sounds like, yes, I've chosen a mortal life, but they also made it sound like she had cancer. Like, right. And that it was two parallel concepts. To them, it is. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's the, it's to true. them, it well, is. she's going to die, so she, that's, she has the living disease. It's, yeah, the, the, we were the, talking about this earlier. It's like, I always, I always kind of took the vibe that, that just to try and make her more involved in the story without having her show up and, and swing a blade, which they planned to do and then backed off of. Is that it's, I always said that they were kind of sort of you know she's using the force in elvish her elvish way to like sort of keep you know send send like you know good vibes or whatever the fuck uh-huh. else do to to Aragorn to keep him going and protect him and and you know give him some some of her her mojo and that's but the effort of that is killing her uh-huh. she's actually, ah, okay. as he as he as, I guess the phrase that put me there was he said he says you know my, she's spending her life to do something uh-huh. like literally she's expending her life force to. To, to make this possible, it's it's just so that, that's, that's what yeah. I read into yeah. it. You know, I don't know what the book says. The book obviously is very different about how it treats all that. But I just thought the idea is like, well, she has to go away from here because the whole world is dying is another way of looking at it. If she stays around here, this 
you know, she won't she won't survive any more than than the rest of the world. Yeah. Right. Except the rest of the elves stick around for another good ten years after the ring gets destroyed. In, yeah. in some book, yeah. apparently. But uh, no, in here too, because uh, because Sam's got kids and him and Rosie. I mean, like they they've well, been over. This Sam's time. a hobbit. No, no, but but by the time we see them in the in the uh, uh, at the Grey Havens before they finally leave with Frodo. Mm-hmm. Um, Sam already. I just figured that was the last of the elves. Like, yeah. don't, they, don't they say it's the last yeah, boat? Yeah, it is the last boat, boat of the elves. Yeah. Yeah. So you know they've got like ten years to go, but that's a blink of an yeah, eye to an elf. Yeah, so. sure. I think this is my favorite sort of fake Lord of the Rings uh, location. This city is this nuts. City. Yeah, this Minas Tirith is, is, is yeah, and that was one of the big set pieces. It was like one of the big question marks prior to leading up to the release of these films. Like, okay, if they can get Minas Tirith right, I'd like to <laughs> yeah. see them try. Oh, look, wow. yeah. well, they did it. Yeah, yeah, it's an amazing miniature and it's an amazing set. It's just like it's just know. the design of it too is just so. Great. It is yeah. fantastic. And again, what I you know, it's, and as I've done all day, um, what I've appreciated what Game of Thrones does in its design is that so many things have been influenced by Lord of the Rings since then oh, yeah. in the fantasy setting, Warcraft especially. You look at the Lich King. I mean, come on, yeah, like it's just ridiculous. Uh, but but it's a uh, but what Game of Thrones has managed to do is keep a look that is, you know, in a way cut from the same cloth, but very much its own thing. Like nothing, like Minister, like nothing in that world looks like Minister. Right. Well, yeah. Well, well what, that also because it's, they can't afford it. Yeah. Well, well, well also just in, but just in the books and, and the way things are described, it's it's because he did a a lot of fantasy uh, writers nowadays um, who don't rise to that level yeah. are looking from the outside in. They're the sure. ones who are who are going, oh, well, you build a fantasy thing, you know, there's a city on the hill and yada yada, and so. It ends up feeling derivative, yeah. whereas someone like George R. R. Martin is go- is doing the same thing Tolkien did, going, "All right, let's think back to the first people who came to this real history lo- place. Yeah, 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 yeah. They came to this place. They started building a city. This happened. This happened. This happened, and it grew and grew and grew. And now it is this. Yeah. Um. So he does it from the yeah. inside out instead of the outside. He's not in, like, oh, the, the Lannisters built Castor Rock. No, the yeah. the descendant of that of the Lannisters stole Castor Rock from this other yeah, dude. Exactly. You know. The Brathians stole Stormreach from another guy. Although they know. they uh, they do point out in in terms of Minas Tirith, because um, there's this when when the Battle of Pelennor Fields finally comes, you know they've got the siege towers and they're rolling them right up to the walls, and it's like it seems really foolish that they wouldn't have built a moat around <laughs> Minas Tirith, <laughs> but. Like and they were like we talked to we, you know we talked to Alan Lee we talked to Jen Howe they've read the books backwards and forwards we talked to everyone there is no mention of a moat yet around Minas Tirith it's not there so they can just roll that shit right up but hey right. you know if you're creating a whole world you're gonna miss something yeah right. so if, if you if you or if you if you added it the people go there's no moat around Minas Tirith yeah, in the exactly. books this movie sucks. So it's like then, I, then you deserve no happiness. I think it. I think it. Well, I, this and this is going to be my my eagle argument as well. It's like you know we, the retcon on the eagles is blah blah blah. The real reason is Tolkien didn't think about it. Right. It's like oh that's right they got fucking eagles. Why don't they just and, fly to Mordor? And actually he didn't there, think about it. There were previous there were previous um, uh, attempts to make this movie um, before the the Bakshi one. There was. Uh, uh, you can you can read about them online. I yeah. tried to find. There was that of the weird script. one to keep the rights, where they literally made like little cartoons and charge five cents to go see it. Yeah. because they had to make a film and distribute it. So that was <laughs> it's a weird thing. But weird there was loophole. there was a, a like something Zimmerman. There was a comp- but there was a a version of it while Tolkien was still alive. Yeah. Several people tried to make it, and there was a version where they just. They took the eagles everywhere, yeah. and Tolkien, Tolkien was himself was up pissed. in arms yeah, about he said that. No, he was like, the, they're, they're he said act- the eagles are not the Middle Earth taxi service. Yeah, right. exactly. 
So and we'll we'll get we'll get to the Eagles in a sec. Uh, yeah. uh, <laughs> we're gonna keep pushing. We're that gonna off keep pushing the Eagles. I because I hey I'm ready I'm ready to throw yeah. down about the Eagles any goddamn time. <laughs> yeah. No no we'll wait. But we'll, we'll wait, wait till there's Eagles. We'll wait till there's Eagles to make it exciting. And then right as we're about to go out to the credits, you're like, and think about the Eagles. Can we just talk about the Eagles? No, we'll get to that. We can't get this. No. I love I love how like Pippin can't even get one thing right of <laughs> yeah, not doing right. anything. Yeah, he can't, he can't I, even shut his mouth. Yeah, I told you nothing. not to do one thing, and what's the first thing? You, oh, good Jesus Christ! All right, you well, you're coming play, into battle with me. That's in, how that is. But you said we weren't going to talk about. it, and Then he started, so I didn't know. I just I, 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 I panicked. I'm a all right, all right. Next thing, whatever you do, do not sing to him. Yeah, <laughs> just can you do that for me, please? Don't pledge to be one of his guards, and don't sing to him. Right. Okay, whatever you think is the best thing to do. <laughs> Wait, w- okay. okay, whatever is the worst thing to do, wait. do that. No, do that. wait. And I, don't I, do the best thing that w- would be. Is there any, fine. Is, <laughs> is there a daycare service where I can yeah. drop you off at? <laughs> yeah. Here, turn around really quick, stab. <laughs> actually, actually, in the books, he basically does drop him off at, at Minas Tirith daycare for a little while. It's like, they got a little ball pit. <laughs> he's like, actually he's does. six years old. Just he, let him run he around. Lets him, yeah. he, he sends him to he hang with the kids he's a for a little up. while. By the way, the there's hairy two spots. Don't, don't talk about it. It's a weird chill, d- disease. Yeah. Don't worry about it. Yeah, he sends him to hang with the kids for a little while. It actually happens, and then the kids are like, "Oh, my dad's captain of the guards. Let's go. Let's go see him." And then they go see the and that. So this whole character uh, called Baragond is not in the movie, um, and movie he sucks. was yeah. Sir, not appearing in this film. I yeah. love Baragond. So he's he is a cool character. Oh, he is cool. Yeah. We talked uh, we talked about two movies ago at some point about. Um, Acting styles and uh, someone someone referenced John Noble at that point. I remember yeah, when yeah. he showed up in the previous uh, scene. But yeah, um, the whole idea of like you know he's playing it, uh, he's, he's coming at it Shakespearean like uh, like many of the, uh, the the actors do in this thing. Um, John Noble especially is like, I'd never seen him before, and I, I'm not a regular watcher of Fringe, by which I mean I don't watch Fringe. Uh, but the you know, especially seeing him here on Blu-ray is fantastic because it's it's almost like it's like did they tie fishing line yeah, to his, his face and then like paint out the strings and they have puppeteers going yeah. just to make his face oscillate the way it does because he has this facial twitch he's like yeah, how, he, how does he do that? He does these amazing like quivers with his face all the time yeah that's like the, the madness in his it's head like he's, he's doing calisthenics with his nose it's insane it's worth saying though that was the line in which you heard the words the return of the king yes um, the in a row king. Yeah, we we. Boy, I'm just so tired of all of these stars. Let's yeah. <laughs> we we did fail to point out there've been there've been a number of times throughout that a line has been references to chapters right. from the book uh, that especially happen in a Fellowship. Sh- a the, shortcut to mushrooms. Shortcut to mushrooms. Riddles uh, in the dark. Okay. Long expected. Party. Hold on. Party. Beautiful city. Absolutely love it. Horrible design flaw. Yeah, Look at that thing. This, Come on. Put a fence up. Let's just take a walk out to Flaming Flaming King Flingoff Point. Yeah. <laughs> it's the equivalent of Makeout Point. <laughs> By the way. Now that we've Think now that we've children. seen that shot and you know it's coming, that's how far Denethor runs when he's <laughs> yeah. on fire. He's committed. He runs like a mile and a half. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he runs a mile and a half. And by the way, <laughs> and there is there is a fountain. And there's closer. and there's a fountain next to the tree that he has to run around. He has to run around the fountain. The entire time he's going. The entire this is gonna be so cool. This is gonna be so cool. It's like yeah, I know so I'm dying. I just want one last it's, awesome thing. It's fucking, yeah. it's They're so, gonna remember me it's forever. So much closer to my memory. Goddamn. Yeah. Oh, and, the, and, the, and, the, and the guards standing by the tree are like fucking drama queen. <laughs> I hate running the 800. <laughs> Oh god! And then he falls off. Oh, I'm still not going to be dead for another six minutes. Yeah. Ah! <laughs> oh, <God. laughs> 
this sucks. So anyway, I think the scene is extended. Oh, look at this uh, wall. <laughs> just a little bit. <laughs> It's it's like yeah, wouldn't they have put a stop to to Mountain Doom sooner? Look, if that was their horizon, that's their the king's vantage. Yeah, point. no wonder they go fucking crazy. Like, in this Jesus, city. Like, and yeah. this looks an awful so, lot uh, like it looked a few like last year when there was the fires up in Tahunga. Yeah, because yeah. I would have got my balcony and my backyard was like that too. Second mountain range that's on fire. Yeah. I I still have that video saved as in my favorites list. Yeah. of you doing the video standing in my backyard with the hills on fire. Well, I'm trying. Arc and by the way, here's I'm just doing some effects tests. I remember being on IM with you that day, and you're like, yeah, I may have to flee i don't yeah, know it's getting, a little, it's getting a little smoky up in here yeah. bring some dogs over got some amazing pictures though he's just carrying a cast iron pot on his back <laughs> yeah, yeah. like i got grumpy when i had to carry ammo packs in the it's army his yeah. fighting oh tool it is his fighting no, no, tool. no the skillet is the, iron, the the pot is not his tool the skillet is what he's i defer to with. the guy who cooked us all our food today there you <laughs> yeah go. he's also got a bowl <laughs> probably a bowl and a skillet but he looks yeah, a little more really only here. packing cooking utensils at this point <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, they, this trilogy really serves as the like invention of digital intermediate as yeah, as yeah. a tool because I mean look at this fucking shot yeah like, look at the look they're at all the... over the place like this is not capturable on films yeah they, look at the skin tones on them and stuff like that yeah. absolutely um, they talked about this God. this thing even being this, made yeah. of polystyrene they had to bring in like cranes. And, like, one of the cranes, they had to bring in, like, two cranes. They had to bring in the one crane to lift the thing and the other crane to, like, keep the first crane on the ground because th- this thing was so heavy that it wound up, like, lifting, lifting the... Frank Oz? I love yeah. the, I love the, I love this again. This is the idea of the, the cultures and the, and the ancientness of the cultures. It's like, there's a statue, there used to be a whole thing here, and there's a statue, but then the orcs came and they defaced it, and now their stuff is all wrecked. It's like, that's... Again, that's the, the details of that. And it, com- it comes from the books largely, but the fact that they followed through on it in the actual making yeah. of. It's like, yeah, we're going to build this giant statue, but then they, the orcs took it, and they said, eh, fuck your statue. We're going to put an orc head on it. And Sam's eternal optimism. Oh, yeah. look, the beheading. He's yeah. got a crown again. It's just the sun coming out. Come on, Whoa. Captain Happiness. Yeah. <laughs> Could you just shut the fuck, fuck up, up for one <laughs> goddamn like minute? One, one hour. Like, how can I put this? We're going to die. Yeah. All right. Can you just like grasp that for I me? I will give you money if you stop whistling the Andy <laughs> Griffith theme song for fuck's sakes. Come on, Opie. Let's go to our doom. <laughs> <laughs> that actually, I I was on. Uh, I I went on like a tour because I went to Hawaii over the holidays, and I went on like a tour. And there was this really, it was really late getting back on the bus, and the tour guide just kept like singing songs to try and keep our energy up. Yep. And I literally was like this close to being like, I will give you $100 if you just shut the fuck up. <laughs> that's not, we that's were all so tired, and I was like, I'm going to kill somebody. That's, and and that's, that's, the wonderful, that's the wonderful thing about the people. Is that <laughs> is the spirit of Aloha. Yeah. It is not a job thing. That's right. just them. Truly. <laughs> <laughs> The, a truly aggressive spirit of Aloha, yes, I gotta say. <laughs> we will be Aloha all up in your face. You took our land, we give you happiness, whether you yeah. want it or not. Oh, man. So, that, for example, is an in camera thing. They're still doing those tricks. He's yeah. just, Gandalf's just up on an Apple box, <laughs> just talking to, talking to you know, him at a regular angle. And, and just the, the choice of camera angles is often very, very smart. Like, Gimli feels short because the camera is always above his eye line, yeah. well, even is, when it's close on it. He is the tallest member of the Fellowship. In real life, he is. In, yeah. in real life, John Reese davies Well, exactly, but, but you get in your mind that he's short because they always shoot oh, him yeah. from above, right. so yeah. it feels yeah, like, like Billy, you just kneel at the thing. There we go. Good. Yep. Let's roll. Yep. This is, this is all, I mean, they're in camera, and then it's a miniature back there. If, if you look at it. the angles that a lot of uh, what Peter Jackson chooses in Heavenly Creatures, there's a direct line in, sort of, sort of, in, in just the way he 
the way he moves the camera, also the way he oh, yeah. um, just he always has something on just a slight high angle, kind of always just looking down just a bit. And that's uh, except for there with Gandalf to show the perspective. But you see that in Heavenly Creatures a lot in these sort of weird close ups, these sort of off angle close ups, especially in Heavenly Creatures. You get that with Melanie Linsky a lot. Um, and it's just it. It, it's this beautiful composition, but it's just slightly unnerving the way he moves the camera. Mm-hmm. I've just, it's, it, you know, if it's not expository like this, sh- this shot introducing the, uh, um, the Oliphants and, you know, all the Easterlings. It's a director cameo. Yeah, there, there he is. is. Yeah. Yeah. We'll actually, we'll actually see several more of those in the extended uh, yeah. edition. Yeah. That yeah he gets full on killed in this yeah. one. Yeah. yeah. Eddie, to your point, that's the exact opposite of like the Australian, um, camera work style of having really low wide angles. I know what you're talking about, like George Miller and all those yeah. guys. Yeah. No, you're absolutely Not right. Not even George Miller. There's a really great documentary. That's uh, the name of which is escaping me. Um, Not quite Hollywood. Not quite Hollywood. Not quite Hollywood. Oh, I yeah. love that one. That's Not quite really Hollywood, great. where they talk a lot about the Australian aesthetic and the, yeah. the kind of evolution but, of their film industry. But specifically the Australian, you know, low-budget pulp horror. The Australian aesthetic. exploitation right. yeah, yeah, film exactly. industry. Exactly. Which, which for is, the most part of the film industry was the Australian right. film exactly. industry. That's, that's where we got Mad Max until, and other movies. Until uh, guys were like, oh, if Gopalil can give the world the whole part of Australian history that we've kind of been missing. Right. And, then, and, and you know, Peter Jackson, as, as we've discussed, is also from an exploitation film yeah, background. Absolutely. Right. There's, so there's... Yeah, in, very in, much. In, I, I we, haven't watched all three of these films in a row ever <laughs> but i've noticed a really like strong evolution of like i don't know yeah, if you across the few years that they were making this where in the first film there's a lot of um australian and new zealand if, exploitation stuff like in the squid monster fight where yeah. there's a lot of low angle really wide if you watch his if you watch his earlier stuff, stuff his earlier stuff bad taste and brain dead and all those those are definitely Super, lot of wide angle stuff that where you really feel that I think is in uh, the balanced tomb fight. Yeah. The way he it's wide angles and it's handheld and it's getting yeah. up in people's faces and pulling back out and stuff like that. Is that, that is has that been much... restricted across the three films? Like, did he scale that back a little bit and kind of I assume it, more of like an ambiguous I don't, like I don't regal style? Really I, I would say I think he tried to hit those horror notes. But like right hard. here, yeah, we're, we're getting a, the same. Yeah, very, that's that's the shot. Very yeah. arch camera. I think he tries to. I try. To, I think he tries to hit those horror genre conventional shots hard. Especially in Fellowship, where we were discussing, not a whole lot happens. So mm-hmm. when when the opportunity for uh, for um, the, um, uh, no, I'm sorry, the uh, um, in the two mine's more and mine's more, he he really has to push that hard in order to really amp up what is essentially up until that point walking. And uh, yeah. here we've got a lot of stuff going on, but this thing is, I mean, there's this such wasn't a, in right, two towers right here. Like actually, have... it's it's funny that we started talking about it right now because we have wide angles getting in people's faces, going up their noses and rolling around and stuff but it, like that. It feels that, like so. they took a movie off like yeah. in the middle from yeah, doing I, that yeah, I don't, kind of style. I don't remember any of those kinds of moments in two towers. You're right. I don't remember too many opportunities for that. I, I would attribute that to just more of just the scenes that happen to be in these movies right. and that what, call what is it. right to do with them. Because right. if I'm not mistaken, they shot all this together. Right. Yeah. If they, uh, yeah, more that's probably or less true. in continuity, but not fully in continuity at all. Yeah. I mean, if, they'd, if they had gone with book chronology and they'd kept the Shelob sequence in two towers, that has a number of those kinds of shots in it, certainly. So... This is just um, to jump into the scene real quick. Uh, yeah. the, the miniature there is uh, another. That's uh, Minas Morgul, as we Minas, were discussing. Minas Morgul is, is and Minas Morgul is a former Numenorean city. Yes. Yeah. That the the Nazgul have taken over. Yeah. It was the and, sister city to Minas Tirith. And the and the and again the the art department you know went this went crazy with the with the figuring out like the whole history of it because that too is another city where it used to be a beautiful white stone city like like Minas Tirith. Yeah. But it's now the orcs have put 
their nasty, nasty, nasty <laughs> steel and you know iron plating on top. Right. So like all the spires have got iron plating on top of it, and rusticles are running down the sides of the building, yeah. and so that's why it gives it. It has that. It has that streaked appearance to it. So there's the, the again the the sense of this amazing history that they've built just visually into the model that it was a beautiful stone city, but the but the orc said, ah, oh, fuck that. We need big ugly metal spires on that bay, and they, and they just did all that, and then that left rust stains all over it and made this. You know, gave this building its its amazing character that it has. I love the bit. Um, we haven't really talked. Uh, we talked a little about the sound design, especially with the creatures in in the Balanced Tomb sequence. Mm-hmm. Um, but I mean, the the sound design has been great through all of these. But the one that that I that always strikes me is right before the the signal flare goes off for Minas Morgul, how everything goes silent for a second, and you still see everything roiling yeah. around, but all the sound gets sucked into it, and then it gets spewed back out. I just I just love the way that. Like the that seismic works. charge and attack of the clones. Yeah, that's yeah. one of my favorite yeah. things in uh, sound wise in the Star Wars prequels. Yeah, too. And how you do it? It's like how do you make it louder, make it quiet before you turn it loose? Yeah, I, I just want to say the um, the orcs here or Cryer, uh, they, they don't have the proper body posture for the, phalanx. These are orcs. This, yeah. this is the dirty diaper uh, yeah. scene, yeah. As, as Peter Jackson refers to yeah. it. As, as again, he, they changed. Early on, and again, Peter, you know, at, a t- at one point they had eight units directing this movie. I mean, it wasn't Jesus. Peter Jackson was not, you know, and some key scenes were not yeah. directed uh, by Peter Jackson. The, the opening, for example, was directed by Fran Walsh. Yeah. yeah. So, um, and uh, and so he, there was a, so early yeah, on. She's, so she's the one who directed that murder scene. <laughs> exactly. Watch it, Peter Jackson. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, and, right. She, and she can shriek like a Nazgul. So yeah. you know, you you well, he married. He, well, he didn't marry her, but he had kids with her. So, <laughs> but um, but they. The uh, what the hell is he? Uh, the I'm derailed. Uh, orcs okay. and orcs, orcs. And that uh, early on they sort of had the yeah the orcs are like this, and then when they sort of started shooting scenes like that, Peter Jackson referred to that as the dirty diaper walk, where they <laughs> were doing it. this sort of like Planet of the Apes like no yeah totally Grayson does that very well, and he said and and he hated that once he saw it, so they 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 said don't do that anymore. So you see that the orcs very wildly. You yeah. kind of tell, okay, that, that orc scene was probably shot early because it's doing that more like Planet of the Apes, like, oh, I'm a gorilla, it's apparently, yeah. kind of thing. So, so when they come out marching, like, then that's, it's probably an earlier scene. I love this shot of Gollum right here, where you just get the look like he's like, oh, that's it. You've I'm, already lost. I'm doing you, and you've already lost. And I, I love the little, the little detail of you feel Sam letting go, like the extra yeah. little push. You feel just the, the weight shift in Gollum like that. And I think that's, that scene was done with Circus actually there. So they probably just got all of that kind of for free by, by copying what he did. But it's just such great stuff. And, and you know even more so, as we were talking about on Two Towers, just he so feels like he's right there. What I love is that now that Gandalf's being super nice, like, all right, another opportunity for a Shire folk to prove his worth. <laughs> Do something that could get you killed. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> do it for me though don't do fail do me a favor run up there yeah that no, is up, um, up there a, a scene ago was the first acknowledgement of Frodo's wound that we've had since the a first bit, movie yeah. they completely uh, ignored that through even the extended edition of the two towers no in the two towers I, I'm no, when pretty the, when sure. they reference the witch king he talks about how the, the yeah. guy still hurts oh, when, right. or, or when I, I think when I think when the uh, the the, na- the flying Nazgul first appear the Felbies mm-hmm. and it li- gives out its shriek he cl- he freaks out and clutches at it in the in the right. dead marshes okay and then then to a point that I can't speak about to say that um the, uh, <laughs> well then since I missed uh, the last shut up. one and uh, so yeah uh, go ahead. no in that last scene with Gollum like I think his paleness would have a lot more of the subsurface stuff that you were speaking probably. about in the last film you'd probably where f- you would see a little bit more like I don't know veins and yeah. stuff even if subconsciously yeah they probably do um like the the difference between the 
the uh, Angley's Hulk and the Incredible sure. Hulk. There's a there's you a feel pale more consistency here that would be replaced by sort of a pale. You feel more of the veininess and you the feel thinness like a pale of the veininess skin. that yeah. we're used to seeing. I agree. Like, with people. Well, they, they do agree. talk about right. again. One of the things that's really interesting in the documentary is 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 they talk about how the 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 dummy of uh, Boromir that they built to put over the put in the boat because that that's not Sean Bean lying there in the boat. That's that's a a dummy that the the makeup department made. He has a name. <laughs> No, his name is Demi. Um, and, and they had it on, said it was sort of sitting out in the lobby or something like that. And, they, and one of the CG guys had the CG department was walking by and going, okay, that's a rubber dummy, but the skin looks like real skin. What's the deal? And, uh, and they went to the, the guy who, uh, who did it and said, uh, how do you do that? And I remember this because my friends in, in makeup effects at the time were, had, they'd just gotten into this technique of airbrushing where they airbrushed paint jobs onto things in layers, right. where they simulated the sense of translucent skin. By having these washes and these so they would paint muscles and paint veins. Well, they paint wouldn't skin. paint muscles and veins, but they would paint the sense of seeing things under the layer. Because when you're dealing with a piece of latex, latex has the same problem as as early CG. It doesn't. It has no translucency to it. But you're trying to make it look like skin, and and it's not. It's not translucent at all. So they learned the really good art, makeup effects artists learned to like paint paint a faux seeing into ness of the skin, where it's like it. You know, we will make like tracery of little veins in there but then we'll half obliterate it but then we'll paint another color on top of that we'll paint another and we'll put some sheen on top of that and uh and they said well wait a minute you can do that on a surface that is not three-dimensional it's only two-dimensional it's a surface and you're making it look like it has depth to it get over here into our computer graphics department this instant and explain and teach our guys that that technique yeah and even that guy even learned to paint in on on a computer and he actually did texture mapping for them. That's really cool. Yeah. I, I really, I particularly appreciate that because I came at all of the effects stuff from years of Photoshop before I even got After Effects. And this, like, even now when I do CG shit, I always go, listen, there's a lot of ways you can make or break a shot or a CG object or anything. But my go-to arsenal is it needs to be textured exactly right. Figure out a way to texture it exactly right. It doesn't matter if the pixels look right by the time the shot goes out. And I always approach it by a texturing thing. And it's so cool that they're like, okay, well, that guy knows the skill to do that. So get him in the texture department so he can do that shit and teach them how to do it. I really love that. That's fun. I didn't hear that before. But you're also of the school. Um, I remember. The Dave school, Chris. The Dave well, school. No, I mean, it's like you, you and I and a lot of people, even in this room, that were on the TFN forums and whatnot, we came from, an, from a place where we were working as, with as few tools as possible to duplicate, <laughs> yeah. to yeah, try yeah. and emulate something where they were using thousands, thousands of dollars. So and it always went so By the well. way, no, I think... A little, a little less, dude. But, but what I'm saying... Little, just go ahead, but you're just way too close to the mic. Oh, so too loud? Yeah. I, I can never... Back off, man. We keep yeah. changing the volume on this mic. Um, I, I have a weird sneaking suspicion, and Ryan and Dorkman are in the room right now, so this will be weird, but uh -oh. and aside from the fact that lightsaber fights are really cool, I think that's a big part of why they became the thing. Where it's of all of the effect you can do in Star Wars, <laughs> a lightsaber you can do in After Effects Five. Right. Yeah. But yeah. but my point is that we've we've had to take on bigger problems and or b bigger effects problems, and we've had to come from it with simpler solutions. And whereas like people would be like, well, we're going to need to use this program and this program, and this program. You're like, well, let me just open up Photoshop and see if I can do it. And when you figure out a way to do it that way, sometimes you can really revolutionize the entire process. Occasionally, yeah. you're successful. Occasionally, yeah. yeah. I'm not saying every single time, but every once in a while you hit on something. It's like, oh, okay. Well, that's very much – again, and, and uh, as we talked about before, that's kind of why a lot of this is successful because they came at it and were like, well, we have this thing that we could do it with. And, and obviously, they wrote a lot of their own software. They wrote Massive, as we talked about, and, and – uh, 
uh, used a lot of high-end stuff. But at the same time, they were like, I, we don't know how to do this, so we're going to try it this way and see if that works. And more often than not, it, it does work, and it works astonishingly well, especially if it's like, wait, that's not how you're supposed to do <laughs> that. I kept waiting for the guard to be like, Emma did his lit. Rohan calls for aid. Let's go to Rohan, everyone. <laughs> yes, uh, Let's go over to Rohan. Everyone to Rohan right now. And Gondor was quickly overrun. This, this yeah. se- the, sequence is, the sequence is amazing. Where I it's love like, Man, these guys' jobs suck. I, I'm yeah, I just sorry. started thinking about the whole logistics of it. It's like, okay, so we just carried 5,000 logs up to yeah. the top of this mountain. Um, I guess we better get more logs now. By the way, yeah. I'm pretty sure that fire is fake. Uh, yes, yeah, it yeah. is. Yes. What? Not terribly but the rest, but the rest of the scene is not. Yeah, yeah. yeah exactly. That's actually two dudes on a fucking mountaintop with a helicopter. But because gotta, New Zealand just has those. I, yeah. I don't see the fire, but I see the dude waving. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. If you, if you, uh, and, and again, it's one of those, I understand why it's like this, but like that, that beacon and then the next beacon it's like that one goes up too quickly yeah. for them to really have seen the, yeah. the thing and be like, oh, f- shit. No, uh, that, that guy's just like here with the, with, the, with the torch going, do it. Yeah. Do yeah. it. Oh, these two. Yes. These yeah. two are the ones that are like that one and then that one yeah. instantly. And it's like, mm. but but again, you're trying to keep the pace up. Right. There's driving music going on right here. Yeah. yeah. Howard like, Shore, yeah let's watch this. For Howard Shore seconds. is doing his utmost to, to keep this moving. Shore has a Yeah. Shore has it covered here. Shoring it up. Yeah, and, and then of course, go here, here we here go in, here in Gondor. It's like only like just apparently no one else is looking. Right, the, the whole system works fine until it gets to Gondor. Uh, to Rohan, Rohan. Yeah. to Rohan, it's like only oh boy, good thing I saw a that. A couple days no one later, someone looking. noticed. Yeah. Oh, I think the mountain's on fire. Yeah, no, that's weird. So call a fire truck. <laughs> They're having a cookout. But for every like short that changing be, that, that w- anybody notices, like in the visual effects, it's probably like ten or twelve like. Extreme innovations for the oh, yeah, craft yeah. that decides, like, holy shit, we can do this. This yeah, way. at the, it. you know, we can we can nitpick all we want right now, but at the time with what they had to work with, you know, come on. Oh, no kidding. I'm I'm really really pleased that this got made when it did because you can also see how much this is practical and how much of this is models and you know real stuff shot through cameras, which I'm sad to see is just completely yeah. evaporating. Yeah, film this with days, cameras yeah. of some kind. It's crazy. Yeah, no, not not cool. to not to invoke uh, uh, Meatbeard's name, but. I, I I I am sort of like I am sort of curious because he I remember reading that calling it or that's what was, I've always called him. Beard. No, I call him Meat Beard because okay. he, he has the the hair beard, but the larger, more I significant see. one is okay. ma- is is made of steak. Um, okay. But tasty, delicious steak. Right. But I, I I mean I always wonder because he he said I remember reading an interview a year or two after Fellowship came out. He was talking about just genre in general, and he said and he referenced specifically the Matrix and Lord of the Rings, and he said. The reason why I love those movies because of whatever bullshit he was saying, but I kept thinking like, does he really love it? Because in him, there's so in in this movie, there's so much practical. There's so much of the world that is just real and and there and tangible, and, and you can touch it. And that's what for me largely works is that this this world feels real because, damn, those burlap sacks on that leather saddle, like that's real. You can tell what that is. Yeah. And and that's got a weight and a heft well, to it. The fact that they built this little town on the side of a hill. Well, yeah, that you know, we talked is... about the Golden Hall earlier. Like that, that yeah. just the amount of detail we had, and 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 just the fact that it it's you know it's the real quote magic of cinema of just using sleight of hand and and things to you know facades and things that that are real to give a texture. Would he really love it? Because in in, in Meatbeard's world, like everything would just be oh just you know green screen it and there's very shockingly little of his movies are built right. so it's like I, I i i know why i love these movies and that's a big part of it i remember i remember when gangs of new york came out right. and he was invited on the set and he walked around and he was like 
he literally was kind of like, yeah, it's really cool, but why did you build it? Like, it was basically his thing. He's like, why did you build this? You yeah. could have just you done this. You don't have to anymore. Um, and, and that was basically Scorsese's reaction, just... <sighs> God damn it, George. Oh, oh George. Yeah, yeah. but, uh, yeah, what what is really successful about this, and one of the reasons it really works effects-wise, I think, um, is certainly because because it's not leaning on the effects to right. make the movie. The effects, are, the effects are there to, you know, it's like, well, we have to have a creature here, so we'll do that with computers. It's not, well, we have to have a wall here, so we'll do that with computers. You know, it's like, right. how about we build the wall and computer the creature? We'll, we'll do that. They're innovating the same way that any other department right. in the film is innovating. Right, yeah. exactly. Yeah, it's like it, it, the 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 thing in in visual effects now, like the weirdness of of how much of directors like want to push it and stuff. It's like there was nothing like that where with, with with practical effects where it was like, hey, how about we make a movie completely with animatronics, but but we want people to think they're real people. We want we you know there, it's not a, a like a puppet movie. It's not like uh, you know the Dark Crystal or something. We want people to take it seriously just as a movie, but with just animatronic people. Like who? That's insane. Right. Yeah. No one would ever have tried that. Somewhere or yeah. <laughs> how about real people? How about real people? Yeah. Instead of instead of having to have twenty oh, I, people for every. I don't person. know. Do they do that anymore? Yeah. I don't know. Shifting gears a bit, I haven't had a chance to talk about the fight choreo. Oh yes, oh, yes. And we, yeah. and we were hoping you would. I, yeah. and, I, and, I, and indeed, I am. This to me, it's it's not the steps that they're giving everybody is not the most sophisticated moves, and neither should it be. What it, what it does succeed, um, where a lot of other directors fail, is he knows it just just as in screenwriting, we have the theory of get in late, leave early. Focusing on a bit of, of fight choreography is much the same way. We don't need to see the setup. We don't need to see all of the resolution. A lot of times, if you notice how the camera moves in here, like like there, for instance, it's someone moving as the attack is coming into frame, and then the exchange happens, maybe a kill shot or some sort of decisive blow, and then the camera's already on its way out. And that dynamic frame works to help sell, where if you were locked off completely, um, that wouldn't sell as well. But because of not just not just moving, uh, not just turning, uh, not just tr- uh, turning the camera, but also trucking in and out, you know, bringing the the camera through these fight scenes, right. it it helps sell what in otherwise would be an insellable fight. Yeah, I, it's just like um, you make a, a great point with relating it to screenwriting and fight choreography is much about telling a story yeah. in the same way the best fight choreography is anyway. Absolutely. Um, and we we've referenced a couple times on here and in other uh, commentaries the idea of the off-screen movie where it's like before this scene these people were people who did things and after this scene they will continue to be people who do do things unless they die in this right. scene um but but so what you're talking about they're passing through it's like that fight is just happening yeah. and we're happening th- right. we're, we just happen to see a certain part of it exactly um and and then you know we're we're blowing past it so it feels just like we've talked about with with you know the ruins and stuff just laying around, it feels like this world that's taking place around the camera as opposed oh, to Wilhelm. for the sake of the camera. Yeah, there was a so, uh, seeing fragments of individual fights makes for the overall story of what that battle yes, is. Yes, because but, you and get that, the sense, and that that's where it right. Uh, a, a bad example of that is how Uwe Boll uh, does his fight choreography, and as and believe me, Uwe Boll is the bad example of everything. But, uh, <laughs> Can I uh, except I, kickboxing? I, just, I do just want to point out in this no, uh, actually scene, bad of that too. I'll, this I'll, I'll to this was that. this well, was supposed to be uh, when Gandalf first arrived at Minas Tirith, but they moved it to here for like story reasons. Yeah. But 
because they moved it here, it's like, why the fuck did he take Pippin out with him? <laughs> yeah. That's a very good question. What is he doing? Because he's trying to, you know, yeah. get Pippin. <laughs> he's the, the bait. Whole... Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Pippin. Go for the small, tasty one. Pippin, <laughs> Pippin is interning, yeah, exactly. and he needs real world his work experience. Pippin he needs is hours. The, he's the Hobbit equivalent of Fuzzy Dice. He needs hours. Of mirror. <laughs> but but uh, anyway. but most of the fight choreography here, it, it it's really just three counts and then it's out. Yeah. Uh, it's boom boom. Kill. It's, it's boom, really, boom, it's, kill. It's, and, it's, and that's all you really need for this. It's, it's more textural than it yeah. is. Exactly. But it's, what's interesting about it is, is, is it's just they, 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 they tell just enough to go, that guy's dead, that guy's dead, that guy's dead. And it's like you, you can sort of tell the story of how the battle's going by which guys you show dying. It's like, oh, it all seems to be good guys who are watching right. die. <laughs> so right. Like, I saw three guys go, ow, ow, ow. And, and, and directorially, you've just said, they're losing. Right. <laughs> you know, you've told the whole story just like that. Uh, they do... They, there is a little bit of repeat of motion. You see the same uh, uh, pommel jab, I call it, where they block with they, they block a shot with a sword and then punch with the pommel mm-hmm. of the sword. You see that a couple times too many, uh, and you can tell that they gave sort of everybody just very basic bits. But over Every, a period of time, everyone had could, had ten, and they yeah. needed to start at a different spot. Exactly, to make it it, feel it, like that's it, that, that's a good that's a good way of putting it. Did, yeah. There's a really kind of just a, a call off right here where Faramir's like, "Yeah, I saw Frodo and Sam," and like, "When? Not two days ago." This has only been two days. Yeah. Yeah. This feels like this is like weeks ago. The, yeah, the events at the end of Two Towers and and here are just I think like seventy two hours. Yeah, it's like basically that, yeah. it basically picks up right where it left off. So holy crap! Yeah. This, as opposed this, to the first movie, which covers months of time. Yeah, yeah. yeah. This uh, well, well, technically years. If well, it, Two Towers yeah. like it's like a, I think overall the journey is like thirteen months or something like the that. journey is yeah. about yeah. It's like he gets. As on the, on the trip back in the books, we don't see this part obviously. But on the trip back, like he reaches, he gets back to Weathertop on like almost a year to the day yes. when he got when he got when he got so. Weathertop. Yeah. So yeah, the, the entire thing takes place over the course of about a year. But yeah. here at the end, this is like a week. I think. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It, it accelerates a little bit toward the end. There. <laughs> yeah. The, this stuff is just absolutely heartbreaking, and uh, um, Faramir does a great job, as does our man John Noble here. Um, and John Noble, you know, it's he's. Just on the needle is just to the left of mustache twirly. Oh yeah, um, <laughs> but there, there goes the twitch. There goes the off yeah, camera. Yeah, but it's <laughs> he brings it. Like they've, they've got like electrodes in right. his skin. <laughs> they're just they're just jabbing him with needles. Uh, no, it, it, he, he brings just enough pathos to it to where you don't. You, he's a dick, but you you know he's not he's not a monster. You know he's he's just shy of monster. Mm-hmm. He's an asshole and he's horrified. Yeah. yeah. You can tell that there's something wrong with him. <laughs> he's not. He's not. Sup- he's not a bad guy in the way that Saruman and Sauron are. There's just something very Zoinks. wrong with him. Yeah. Is there a thematic thing there to saying that like people in power end up getting kind of fucked up? No, well, Tolkien. Tolkien thought people in power was great as long as they weren't fucked up. Yeah. <laughs> um. Yeah. He just. Uh, maybe. Maybe it's that he. You know. He's the steward. He's not the king. So yeah. maybe he. That's the thing. He feels he's he a pretender. Yeah. He's exactly. Not the rightful heir. Um, but the I pursuit mean, of power is fucked up. Yeah, I, as we oh. as we as we talked about before, to be to, hi there, sorry, <laughs> glamour shot. To to be fair to How Denethor, you, you know, if, if you went out a on horrible comp, if yeah. you it's uh it's not so much that power is bad; it's more of the ambition is bad. Yeah, the like ambition the, for the, the power. Hobbits, the desire the for power. The hobbits are the perfect ones to take the ring to to Mordor because they are ambitionless. Right, and every, anybody who shit. has ambition can't be allowed near the ring. It's yeah. it's very it's a Macbeth thing. It's it's I suddenly hate this quality. It's also it's <laughs> I, it's actually also that's that's a theme in a lot of Eastern religion is the is the the desire for something. You know the desire for power is 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 worse than having power. Um, and yet, suffering, 
you can't sell yeah, yeah, the, 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 the four noble truths. Yeah, but, absolute um, power corrupts absolutely. Blah blah blah. blah. Spider Man. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Spider Man is not part of the eightfold path. <laughs> no, he's not. No, he's like he's like maybe not Spider-Man. yours. Right. Yeah. He's part you of take mine. Take that back. I would rub Spider-Man's belly anytime. <laughs> I just, I just love Frightener City. If you see Spider-Man uh, on the road, you must kill him. Yeah. <laughs> this is bye, bye, Chris Hannell. Yeah, I gotta head back to Orange County. I gotta say, there are certain moments I'm not a huge fan of. I'm not a huge fan of 3D, and they're not. I, I don't know if it's super necessary, but there are moments in this. Look, you know, here looking yeah. down the side of the mountain, or uh, the moment at the beginning of Two Towers when we Gandalf falls and we follow him down. Mm-hmm. Those are moments that I'm like, I'd like to see that shot in 3D. Right, right. I would really like to see that shot in 3D. I think that would be quite breathtaking. I want to see that giant ring shot in the snow from Fellowship. Yeah. I want to see that in 3D. <laughs> that thing would be huge. And IMAX 3D would be the size of my house. The uh, Coming up here soon on uh, the, the scene where, where uh, Gollum actually you know, frames Sam for, for doing something with the uh, Limbus, I guess, eating it all. Um, Fat Hobbit. Yeah, there's a there's a uh, balance of it, it's like a, a one scene split into two because there's a, a scene and I can't remember which book it's in, but um, of Gollum uh, and another moment that I'm like, you know, you can't put this in a movie. I know why it's not there, but it's too bad because it's a really good scene. Um, it's a scene that gets into Gollum's head, and it's it's on the one hand, it's the it's the battle he has between uh, uh, you know himself. It's the Gollum self and the Smeagol self arguing. Um, but he he convinces himself in the same way that he does in the two tower scene that, you know, but Frodo is or Master is good and he treats us kindly yeah. and he's you know and there's a there's a moment where he he just like reaches out to like touch Frodo. He just put like puts his hand on his shoulder. Because mm-hmm. it's like he, he's had no affectionate contact yeah. in so long and he's just like He's trying out being not a human, but you know what I mean. He's trying out being human again. Right. Um, and unfortunately, that's the moment where, where Sam Sam, Sam wakes up and yeah. he says, "What are you doing? Why, why are you sneaking around?" And blah blah blah. And it's like it's it's just this really painful moment where it's like Gollum almost turned himself back, and it it got fucked up by Sam. But Sam didn't like. How could right. Sam know? How it, could Sam possibly it's, know? It's tragic because it's the it's the sad bad ending, but it's nobody's fault. Yeah, exactly. It's because like, you know, because it's, it looked not, for all the world like he was going after the ring, you right. know, like, you kind of. But thing, it's not so. in fact what he was actually yeah. doing. Yeah. So yeah, it's not. It's it's a real it's a true tragedy as, as tragedies are actually defined as it's you know it all ends up fucked up and everybody dies at the end, but it's nobody's yeah. really, it's not because of the black hat and the white hat. It's because everybody's a human being. Exactly. Quote, and quote, everyone quote. just kind of misunderstands. Yeah. It's like a one giant threes company episode. <laughs> <laughs> it was all a big misunderstanding. Head chop off. <laughs> <laughs> so Faramir here has slightly taken the Baragond role and being, you know, a mentor to, uh, to Pippin. So that's kind of nice. And this is an extended edition scene that we don't even get this. So it, it helps explain why Pippin is so concerned about Denethor trying to kill Faramir yeah. Uh, yeah. later on. I mean, aside but from the fact that yeah, that's just that fucked up, messed up anyway. Stop but, it. Yeah. But it's like, oh, I actually kind of like that dude. Yeah, yeah. He's all right. I like him. We should probably do something. Because I have just appreciated that Faramir, uh, that Denethor is crazy. <laughs> <laughs> I just so your dad's nuts, huh? Yeah. <laughs> What's that yeah, like? You know. That's got to be messed up. 
Yeah, he tries to burn me while I'm sleeping. <laughs> yeah, every like night. all the time. Every night when I was a kid. He'd pour them in I wake up, there'd be oil and wood. God damn it, Dad. There's that great uh, Kids in the Hall sketch where Dave Foley like tries to sneak into his son's room and strangle him. <laughs> oh, yeah. and then, like, what are you doing? Son, and then he's like an alcoholic, and, and it, it cuts forward to Brown. He's like, Daddy drank. And then uh, it's like, son, you gave me a present. I don't deserve it. What is it? Tap shoes. <laughs> <laughs> so... Here we go. And then it's and then this moment where he's like he's like happy and chipper and everything's fine. Yeah. It's like that's again like we talked about with Gollum. It's like something is wrong here if he's happy. It's good to be the steward. Yeah. The kiss of the ring is ah. Oh, that's God, where it's like, oh, weird. okay, now it gets weird. Now, it's now weird. you're a dickhole. It was yeah. all it was okay and then it got weird. Yeah. You're not the king. Stop it. <laughs> hey, what's but he that's eating totally there? a thing a pope the pope does. Yeah. And that that's weird. <laughs> well, the pope thinks he's the I king agree. too. Yeah. But he's just a, a steward as well. I've, I've made no, I made no secrets. My wife is Catholic, and uh, we, you know, we we had a ceremony on the beach, but technically it wasn't officially a Catholic ceremony recognized by the church because mm. it wasn't on sacred ground. Right. At the same time, the Pope was giving uh, an appearance at Madison Square Garden, <laughs> and it's like, well, how does that work? And the answer literally is, well, wherever the Pope steps is consecrated ground. Ah. It's like, hmm, so fuck you, Pope. Like, yeah. I mean, and, and you my, just invited the Pope. Isn't yeah, that seriously. convenient? Yeah, for you. my wife got pissed when she found that out like she's <laughs> like yeah i'm catholic but damn it that's stupid <laughs> that's but that's crazy yeah it's funny how people have have that weird <laughs> I, 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 know, I know i know i <laughs> like, know like i said the funniest the funniest <laughs> evening does not ever, escape me believe me the funniest I evening i've ever spent was listening to an astrologer talk about how numerology is bullshit <laughs> that was, <laughs> i just sat there going don't go on this is fascinating i mean <laughs> i can see it in the future but he, auras come on he was a professional he was a professional psychic and astrologer and he was like, oh, numerology, I still can't believe people believe that shit. I'm like, oh, do go on. <laughs> Which he, he went on. Oh, he went on. He went on and, and made a very good case for why numerology is... Really? I, would, I, would, oh, yeah. I would like to subscribe to your newsletter. Yeah. I was just like, just oh, I just know. Just keep talking. This is... So, oh, no. keep talking. This is fantastic. I'm going to be telling this story 20 years later. And so I am. Yeah. <laughs> Such a crush. And here we are. Such a crushing line of dialogue. Just oh. that will depend on the matter of your return. It's yeah. like, yeah. oh, Jesus, those, dad. Those two Heartbreak. lines are like, damn. damn. Yeah. It's cold-blooded. <laughs> okay. Yeah. It's, yeah. Well, then I'm just going to go kill myself to teach you a lesson. Yeah. <laughs> I... I it made sense in my head. Wait, hold on. Yeah. It's not. It's not empowering when Lena Headley says, "Go on your shield or come back on it." That, that's kind of cool, like mm-hmm. you know. Right. But yeah, that's tough. You know, this is like, nah. <laughs> it's you know, come back with a missing an arm. Maybe I'll respect you. Yeah, I love Gollum's little fake sleep here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And and just instantly <laughs> up. <laughs> that's straight up Looney Tunes. That's uh-huh. straight up like it Bugs very, Bunny. It really like, is. Bing. It's like a little bing sound. And it's funny because it's like, you think, you really think Sam fell asleep that quick? So again, this shot in 3D, totally would watch it. Who, who, what, even a hobbitic, even a, who sleeps there? Yeah. (laughs) Who freaking sleeps there? I'm not sleeping there. Isn't the whole point of the sky cells in the Vale of Aaron and Game of Thrones, (laughs) the fact that they have to sleep next to the ship? Yeah, exactly. And the floor is tilted. Yeah. It makes you insane. This is so bad. Like, whose ideas? Yeah. And I do like that even now Golem like, I'm is like I'm scared to sleep on the top bunk. And I don't even <laughs> yeah. I don't even roll in my sleep. Right. I've never fallen off a top bunk, but right. I'm always like, yeah. I I don't even yeah. did, did you sleep on the top yeah. on the on the cruise you took? Did you sleep on the top bunk? Uh it was just it, it was oh. they were on were the ground. So, yeah, I didn't have to worry about that. But that by the way, that was a that was a crane shot from the top 
down as Gollum got the, you know, got the Lembus out and then uh, down below. So that was one long shot with Gollum in it and all the backgroundy stuff. There, there's a uh, Andy Serkis's face. Very moment. much Andy yeah. Serkis expression there. So again, I think this is the. These are the shots here on this ledge that are that were like shot in a little squash court or something. They just they just built yeah. a, a you know these rock this rock face and stuff like that and put blue screens on the side and just shot on the squash court. Just, I don't think we've addressed this yet. How much of how much of I'm sorry I, I, t- I stole Eddie's mic and I actually bashed his face with the mic in the process. Um, how much of the process of doing Smeagol was mocap, and how much of it was keyframe animation based on reference? Uh, what are we looking at? It varied. It varied a lot. Because it, when it, you say like that's Andy Circus, I'm assuming they had reference, but did they have mocap? The uh, simplest answer is both. Yeah. 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 It, there was a there was a huge. I mean, they would get him on the on the set, but early on the. Um, Early on, the, the gimp suit, as they called it, it covered his face. It just gave openings for his eyes and mouth. And they were like, well, that was really fucking stupid because that's exactly what we, we want to get. And they, uh, Richard Taylor even says in the sound effects, he's like, we made a terrible mistake <laughs> putting that suit on him. Um, and so a lot of that had to be, uh, you know, keyframed out. Keyframed out. But but later on, they get him in, in mocap and they do facial capture and stuff like that. And, and in later shoots and pickups, which I think this may have even been, they would have him just on the set. And just do it. They'd see his face, they'd do it, and they'd paint him out, and then they'd so just, you know, this, rotomate him. Do basically. these movies, so. particularly this movie, have a place in the argument with regards to circus and mocap Oscars and all that? <laughs> I don't want to talk is about it. it. Is this, this, this movie was when the, when the topic really first came up in yeah. a credible way. Because uh, early in the chat, AP Christ, who is now, I think, on his 18th beer, AP Christ, <laughs> if you're still awake, find a nice place to lie down, man. Yeah. You're good. Yeah, you, close we, to a toilet. We appreciate, right. we appreciate your membership in the fellowship. You're <laughs> off the hook. Yeah. Um, your but he was saying is this, this is the ultimate argument for a mocap Oscar. And I'm like, well, how much of this – I don't even know how much of this is mocap. Most of this, most of this probably you, you would have to say is just essentially uh, animated to the reference. And as the movies, as the movies went on and as the, the post-production effort went on, um, it skewed more and more towards – matching what he did as much as yeah. possible Accor- according to um, Peter Jackson's account and as- according to simply what you see on the screen and how clearly it's like that's Andy Serkis yeah. right there you can, also see, debate, yeah. you can also see the, the if you watch the special features especially between the, the two towers across all three um, <laughs> what I like to call the, the deterioration of Randall Cook um, Randall Cook is the animation supervisor I don't, th- I don't know if he was still around for the third one even but in the first one he's like chipper and he's talking about yeah mocap and then there's the second one where he's turned into like Mr. Sour animator man like so many of them do like, <laughs> he's turned well, into Gollum himself exactly where he's like well movies. you know motion capture is just a tool you can't really cut the animator out of the process and he seems so much more down and depressed and beaten and, and it's, like, it's like I feel you bro it's like, that could have been me I auditioned for that job so <laughs> I understand. I might have been, but I'd be the guy like, "Oh, motion capture is fucking great." What are you talking about? It only um, and all the animators would have hated me. But uh, but the, it just you could feel this. There's a there's a point it's in the in all the making ofs where where everyone's kind of like talking around the fact that there was you know as always as ever there was a whole mocap that's not real animation. Fuck that shit. We're animators. We don't need that. No, it's like no. It's it's only it's better when you do what circus did. One way or another, and they were like, well, "I guess it is." It just shows, to, these it shows the gradient of the like of the process, like and how arbitrary it is to declare whether or not something is worthy of some 
also arbitrary reward. Right. Yeah. Like exactly. it's, we yeah. talked about that at length. In, in yeah. a sense, that, yeah. and, and my argument is, you know, as always, is like it doesn't. It shouldn't be a, an Oscar. It shouldn't be an Oscar category. It's stupid to have the question just on that level. It's just like right. who was the best actor who ate a burrito in the snow last year? <laughs> right. Uh, Me. It's, it's an appeal towards the simplicity of like yeah. and whenever Gary an audience Oldman thinks it's like a binary yeah, yeah, it's decision. <laughs> and and it, obviously, <laughs> clearly, it should be Gary Oldman yeah. every year. I've actually for his burrito in the up. snow series, Hold which up, is up. unmatched. I've actually. Seen Gary Oldman eat a burrito. I'm not there joking. I'm not there joking. He's you know fucking amazing about. at it. I don't even know why we have this conversation. Straight up, not a joke. I saw him at Fuddruckers more times than I cared to, yeah. to, to see him at. And the Fuddruckers and Sherman Oaks. Yeah, he's pretty cool. He's pretty cool. He's pretty cool eating that giant salad bowl that they give you at Fuddruckers. Oh, wow, all right. But um, see, there's, there's this whole visual effects oh. society, and they have five thousand different awards that they give for exactly that kind of gradation of category, like right. the best animated cartoon, the best animated commercial, the best animated commercial using cheese whiz. You know, it's like that's that's that the Oscars has like eighteen more categories than they should have anyway. Who gives a fuck about sound mixing? And they're all going to and and the VS awards are all going to Stan Lee. That's right. So why not? <laughs> so so yeah, it's like it's to say it's a mocap Oscar. It's like well, that's a shading of visual effects that's fine for visual effects nerds who care about that shit, but it's not for the Oscars and should never be for the Oscars. Well, but it's the qu- okay. I don't want to talk about it. I don't, yeah, let's move on. No, I never got to contribute to the original, but I, the, the Oscars are so. I love watching the Oscars. I enjoy seeing it. It's have a we fun already, thing. I, we to missed do. the PJ's kids cameo. Yeah, in yeah, yeah, they had their cameo. And we, we had the, We just had this great moment that I love of. You know, Faramir is going off to basically try to win his father's love and give his life for it. And Gandalf sees, like, he has a complete understanding of what is going on, and he's trying his damnedest to to fill that role and go, no, your daddy loves you. Just please, for the love of God, don't do this. He he does. You know, I love you. I'll be (laughs) your daddy. I'll be your daddy. Tell him you love him. Pip, tell him you love him. Just, just do it. Just, just say it. Do it. Just say it. Here, sit him out. I'll, I'll we don't know you. what he's into. Something's going to work. Come on. Right. Do a dance. Do a dance. <laughs> <laughs> put, on, put on that nurse's outfit. But no, and obviously uh, this part here with uh, Pippin singing over Denethor's dinner. I mean, I, it's my favorite scene in the movie. Uh, and this is this is the bit that oh man, I I, I, I straight up cried. In the I didn't I'll, even I'll remember that it. scene, but just the the shot of them coming over the hill yeah. through the heat haze and Minas Tirith <laughs> yeah. in the background. Yeah. First of all, amazing effects. I'm Beautiful. sure the heat haze was was you know. Uh, and effect on top of uh, composite and stuff, but still, what a great shot! It's a beautiful shot, and oh. and then it's there's that weird sort of sense of of doom, and also that just that weird little bit of black comedy where the orcs are all like, "Is it my birthday? What, yeah. the, <laughs> what the hell is this now? Are you shitting me? This is okay. Well, all right." Did okay, get, I'll get my bow. I'll get my bow. No, it's did fine. any of you guys uh, this watch is what you want? <laughs> did any of you guys watch the one of the behind those ninety thousand behind the scenes thingies? And they're broken into three parts on YouTube. So there's fucking two hundred and seventy thousand YouTube documentaries on Lord of the Rings. Did any of you happen to watch the bit where they're talking about when he sang the song and and the origin of the song? Yeah, uh, yeah. Well, I've, I I mean I know the story. The uh, well, the way it goes is they had decided at some point actually there was a karaoke night kind of yeah. thing. Like the cast and crew, like it was Fran and PJ and a few of the actors went out just to get. Oh my God, Lord of the Rings! We're on day four hundred. We've got nine hundred to go, and they went out and just got shit faced into karaoke. And and the actor who plays Pippin went up to sing, you know, some fucking Inagata de Vida or something. And everyone's like, "That motherfucker can sing!" Oh my God, is there like a moment that we could get him to sing in the? And they, they, they flip through the books. They're like, "Holy shit!" At one point, John Noble's going to have to ask him to sing. What are the odds? 
So they get to we the point. totally cast him to do that, right, everybody? <laughs> right, exactly. So they get to the point where they're like, uh, whatever the actor's name is, I'm going to call him Bob because no one's told me yet. Billy? Billy, Billy that's Boyd. right, Billy Boyd. So they, they, they say, Billy, uh, in three days we're going to shoot that scene. Uh, actually, no, it's the end of the day. In two days we're going to shoot that scene where you're in fucking Walter's castle and you're going to have to deal with that shit. <laughs> and uh, we want you to sing a song. And he went, uh, Kay? What am I singing? And they said, uh, we have some lyrics. Yeah. And he literally wrote the melody himself. Howard Shore did not write the melody. Howard Shore wrote accompaniment. Howard Shore worked it, worked it in, yeah. Howard certainly. Shore wrote accompaniment to swell under the melody. They gave him a pitch pipe and said, if you're singing in F sharp minor, here's F sharp, go. And he sang that fucking song that he wrote the melody for and the timing for and the, and the, and the, the meter for himself. And the result is like this weird haunting scene. But it's so cool to know that Billy Boyd, that guy, literally spent the last day and two days before this scene in his hotel room going, I, I <laughs> guess I'm going to sing a song. <laughs> I wonder, I what wonder, am I doing here I wonder now? if he bitched about it, and then Viggo Mortensen was like, I did this whole movie on 24 hours notice. <laughs> Fuck you. You can write a song. You can write days. a damn song. And it's, and it's re- really nice because I don't think that song is actually from that part of the books, but it is like a, a Hobbit song because goddamn Hobbit like, singing songs to, all the we time. We need to jam a song uh, in there somewhere. Yeah, And... Uh, so, so the lyrics are from the books, just a, a different part. It's so like it's, a poemy thing. Yeah, and it it's very much, it's a nice thing because it's sort of like, well, hobbits have a tendency to write their own songs just for their own entertainment, and and a number of the songs in the book are just the hobbits feel like singing a song, and so they just make one up off the top of their head. So it is a nice little character thing where it's like that is exactly what a hobbit would do. He and would just make up a song on the spot. And like for that. all of that background shit, you just go right back to the moment where you're watching footage, and it's a long, it's not quite a winner. There's a couple cuts, but it's all derivative of one take of Billy Boyd singing this entire song, and it's just gorgeous. It's perfect. It's like, I can't believe we lucked into this scene because, yeah. my God, that's amazing. That guy, he's beautiful. Yeah, and I think it ended up on the soundtrack. And it, and it because so the, there's there's yeah. your story about his song. So, so Billy Boyd now has a gold record, yeah. <laughs> and, which strangely enough, and uh, so on. It becomes and it becomes a, uh, a you know a really powerful moment, which just shows again that the um, the power of Peter Jackson being willing to be a collaborator as opposed to like, nope, we wrote the script. This is the way it's going to be, and I don't, you know. He's like, well, that could be cool, and we'll do. And then he hears this song, and he's like, wow, that's amazing. And we're gonna, ha- we'll have him writing out. And then Denethor's eating like a freak. And then we won't show. <laughs> yeah. And then we won't show them getting actually killed because they It'll apparently be eating, but it'll be like the beginning of Dexter. Yeah. Yeah. They apparently, they apparently <laughs> shot. You know, Which hasn't happened yet, but it'll be cool. But they shot a bunch of stuff where they showed, you know, people. They showed the the uh, Athelian Rangers dying, you know, getting hit by the arrows and stuff. And right. they were like, no, Too much. don't need it. Yeah. No. Yeah. We'll just show the uh, the arrows fly, and you get it. This is a total weapon nerd thing of me, but uh, the the bows of the orcs are far too short to pierce <laughs> yeah. plate armor at that distance. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. <laughs> <laughs> orcs don't know that. And with that, I have to leave. Sadly. You do? Yeah. Go make some food. Oh, man. I Go make some food. Get, get back in the kitchen. Where's Matt no, he's true. Actually, that's that's that. I I will say that I'm not a weapons person at all either. It, that that always bugs me too. When it's like clearly yeah. that you know when someone pulls a bow back just long, just far enough just to get the, the arrow out of frame. Ting. <laughs> it's like, oh yeah, that was a deadly thrust, my friend. <laughs> not only not frightening as hell. Did that, that go through the oak tree completely. That was amazing. <laughs> not only that, but the orc arrows specifically are these thick wooded branch, and like the yeah. the arrowheads are these these really they would do rustic throwing iron. The arrows They're out iron. Hey. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's like that shit. Yeah, come on, it would bounce. Bounce right off steel plate, but whatever. 
So, and that's the high point of my commentary. So there you go. Bye bye. Uh, Yay. Yay! Thanks Bye-bye. for coming. Eddie Doty, ladies and gentlemen. You gonna roll out? I gotta roll out, man. Yeah. Eddie's yeah. out. No, he was serious. Yeah. He's leaving. He's actually leaving. Yeah. So that means. Oh no! Crisis disaster. Nothing to see here. Move along. Sorry, everyone. And the world fell apart. Yeah. Uh, I just wanted to know I was here. That's all. Hey, Eddie stayed until the breaking of the world. (laughs) 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 The fellowship is now broken. Yeah. (laughs) We're going to tap in Jeffrey Harrell from the forum now. Jeffrey Harrell. He hasn't been on yet. New meat. Fresh meat. You read the books. I am neither interesting nor funny. (laughs) Well said. You'll fit right in. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Well, we're going to keep this going all night long. You can be the Liv Tyler of the group. We're still, we're still hey, on disc hey, one hey, of hey, Return hey, of the King, right? Uh, we're working our way towards... We're close to the, close to the Yeah, middle. we're close to the break. <laughs> that, was a, <laughs> that was a very euphemistic way of saying yes. Yes, yes. we are. I, I, we're I working on not... Yeah, we're working hours. on doing not that <laughs> anytime now. This, yes. is, this is my prime opportunity to say that you guys are all nuts. Liv, yeah. Ty- Liv, Liv sir, what? call me. Oh. Uh, no, I think she's... Pr- I was totally like on the... Liv Tyler is pretty trained. No, it's, it's, Liv Tyler is pretty, but when she has to like move her face and make sounds come out, it's no, <laughs> she's outstanding. Because I don't think she does does that much on her own. So, yeah, I like. I mean, I like Cake a lot. I'm not going to put it in a movie <laughs> as a lead character. I'll put it in a movie, unless, but unless it's supposed to be a cake, <laughs> it's supposed case, to be a cake. Yeah, in exactly. which case, well, then fine. You put Cake in there. <laughs> exactly. I would watch that. Movie. <laughs> yeah, we all know about you and Cake. <laughs> I just pictured an entire movie of Liv Tyler eating cake. <laughs> <laughs> that I'm, in 3D. Let's do 3D, that. Yeah. And put it got out to there. be on the internet somewhere. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Probably was made in Japan, but still. <laughs> to sell, like, bowling balls or something. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Strangely enough, not thing. to sell cake. Oh, I love this bit. He wakes up like that, and the dude's like, um, so, uh, so anyway. is this a bad time? <laughs> so you just had that under your pillow, huh? Yeah. Uh, I'm just going to go. I'm glad I didn't so, come up and shake you. That's yeah. good. And he even says, he's like, King Theoden awaits you, my lord, as he's leaving. Like, yeah. I'm just going to get he's out of I'm just I'm some dude. I got nothing to say. Slowly back out of I the room. I got nothing to say about it. So this is, uh, um, I not knowing the books, not knowing what I'm supposed to, you know, hate already and everything. I'm like, oh, Arwen. But of course, it's not Arwen, is it? No, mm-hmm. it's not. I think, I, and I th- but I think you are supposed to you're expect supposed to think, that. It's, you're supposed to think it's Arwen. Yeah. So I... I I did as ordered. I thought so. <laughs> well, we, we do have to be honest. There is a major storytelling problem here, which is that Gondor calls for aid and everybody runs off and goes camping for three weeks. Yeah, they they, they mention that in the uh, in the uh, the writing commentary. They're like, "See, Tolkien gave us this problem because Gondor calls for aid in a normal movie. You ride off to save Gondor, <laughs> mm-hmm. but we have to go to Dunharrow first. <laughs> Why?" And so they, I think they. They turned it into a thing where it's that's like their rallying point. So they're like, okay, this is on the way to Gondor. So everyone who's out riding out in Rohan, let's all meet at Dunharrow, and then as a unit, we'll go and and ride to Gondor. So I think that was their justification for it. And the, the writers did a hell of a job throwing some lines of dialogue in there and trying to make it as clear as possible. Yet this is our rallying point. We need more men. You yeah, know, we're not yeah. just we, we have to move here. out tomorrow, no matter what, even if we don't have enough, etc. But yeah. it still doesn't change the fact that at this point you want to see riding into battle and instead oh, yeah. 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 and in the theatrical we, version the you do they don't yeah. they don't camp out just they only do it just long enough to get this scene out of the way right. and then they just move right along yeah and in the i mean in the in the uh in the book it's even worse 
nervous because again, just like when when Gandalf's like, "Hey, you better get out of the Shire," he's like, "Yeah, well, I got like seven months though, right? I'm gonna take my time, and my lease is almost up. It's fine." Um, and and in this one, it's totally like, "Oh, Gondor called for aid. Well, first we'll ride over here, and then we'll ride back to town, and then we gotta go to the store because we're all out of apples, and we'll come back there." And like they go back and forth three or four times until until Aragorn's finally like, "All right, so." Anyway, pass of the dead, so I'll catch you later. And they're like, wait, what? Where's that coming from? So, um, but, but like Gondor, I think, does pretty much, or, or Rohan pretty much, after weeks and weeks, finally does just ride kind of straight to Gondor and, uh, while um, Aragorn takes the pass of the dead. He really should have just taken that path like two hours earlier and because that shit just sweeps through and just kills every living thing. It's like, that, that would have been useful before all those people died. Yeah. But we have to remember that, that we're talking about Tolkien here who's the writer who invented the concept of the eucatastrophe, which is the, it's, it's his fancy way of saying deus ex machina. It's, mm-hmm. the, it's the thing that happens out of nowhere at the climax of the story to suddenly give you a happy ending. It's, mm-hmm. it's, you know, if you're walking across a bridge, a plank can break and you fall through. Well, it's the opposite of that. He invented this concept that, oh, there are <laughs> ghosts now. Yeah. You're falling into a hole and a bridge builds itself. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> suddenly everything is fine, and we get to see that employed many, many times. Yeah, although, although uh, you know, and, and to, to, well... I mean, he had to because it's a damned if you do thing with the with the fans of the book and everything. Because he even says Peter Jackson has said, "I hate the Army of the Dead because it's a total, you know, it's the trump card, and and it it forces my hand, and I have we have to do all these contortions to explain why they just don't take it to Mordor and stuff like that. Um, I hate it. I didn't want to do it, but I know people would go crazy if I didn't, so I did it, and I tried to make it work as best as possible. Well, the thing is, it wouldn't even be that hard a cut if you were going to be brutal with it, with the, with yeah, the book. Right. It's just like, you know, just don't do it. Aragorn yeah. stays with the Rohirrim, and they go to Pelennor, and then they have an exciting battle and, and big, win it on their own merits. Fight, right. They don't get ghosts for well, no reason. And actually... It's that is a weird change because in the book the ghosts don't show up. The ghosts only help them over overtake the ships and rally more people and use the ships to bring more human non ghosts mm-hmm. to Pelennor to to win it with. So, so you, I, you could I, have worked around it either way. Yeah, either, now you've the got the screenwriting problem of well that's not really that helpful. Exactly. Why do we get that? <laughs> so exactly. Why do we even have that scene if that's all they're going to do? Is like yeah we'll flag a taxi for you because we're because we're ghosts. Yeah, I think the more. Uh, they they might have and and again this is really easy to say when I haven't been doing this for a year and three months with hardly any sleep and they're still <laughs> and they're like we got to shoot in an new, hour and a half and I got new I pages every morning yeah exactly it's like I have to have the pages and they're already setting up the coffee for the morning um, <laughs> and they've already built the costumes so yeah. we and they've already picked the, the actors there, so it's so. easy to say but but I feel like it. it might have been nice to add a couple lines of a couple lines of dialogue where they kind of explain the rules of the army of the dead because the whole thing about well, the, the, those lines of dialogue are in there. Well, but but a little more clearly but, because uh, because well, more, I a didn't little say more they were clear lines of dialogue. <laughs> it's, well, like, it's like a line there. here and then a line ten minutes right. later and a line ten minutes after that. Well, Maybe a little it, more concentrated as one scene. It would have been like okay, we're gonna go get the help from the ghost guys, right. but A, B, and C. And you know right. that's and, it. And well, the what, problem what, is, I would have. What's confusing for you? I would have. Well, I would have also altered the the way that it's put, which would have been a slight departure from the book. Because the whole thing was they made an oath to Gondor to help Gondor fight its enemies. They, but when it came time for the last alliance, the battle that we saw at the beginning of Fellowship, they were like, uh, no, actually, no. Um, and they didn't, and so they were cursed by Isildur to to roam the earth as as spirits until they fulfilled their oath. And so. Aragorn calls him. He says, "Hey, come fulfill your oath. 
come to, you know, help Gondor against its enemies, and, and we can do that. But it's like, well, if Mordor's still out there, if Sauron's still out there, well, that's then the, thing, is the they, enemy is still out there. They got all ghost lawyer on yeah. him, and they were like, okay, we did our part. Right. Now we're done, right? right? I think, and, and, well, I, and think, I that's that's why I'm not bothered by it. Because, first of all, they the idea of, and now we're going to go right to the Black Gate and, and, you know, totally throw ourselves into the meat grinder, wasn't even a plan yet. They right. hadn't decided to do it. So it was like, oh, actually... You know what? Just oh, it would have been really nice if we hadn't let those guys go. But the, that's yeah. like days later that they go. No, we have to go now. We have to go to Mordor and do a diversionary yeah. thing I'm, and kill ourselves. They do have. They do have Gimli say we should probably keep them around. Yeah, exactly. But at the same time, it's like you know, Aragorn's like, well, a deal is a deal. Yeah. You know, this this was what you were gonna do, and and they're going like, now you're gonna you're gonna you're gonna you're gonna Welsh on this, aren't yeah. you? Now, aren't which you? to be fair aren't is you? inevitable. And he's like, no, I can't. I, well, you're and, you're free. And it's a, and it, well, maybe you could play. I don't know. A lot of people had a problem with that. So to alle- and maybe they just couldn't have foreseen that people would have a problem with that. To alleviate that, you can just, like I say, add a couple lines of dialogue where he's like, "Look, first of all, the whole reason they're ghosts is because they broke an oath that they made. I totally made an oath to let them go. <laughs> yeah. So you see how that works. <laughs> you see how that works. Um, you know. And and second of all, you know, the whole as we were talking about thematically, and he didn't. You know, you wouldn't have Aragorn say this explicitly, but it's like the whole problem with Sauron is that he wants to get and control people to maintain his power. If I start doing that to try to overthrow Sauron, what are we accomplishing? Yeah. You know? And so that's why he would uh, be yeah, able yeah, to let them go. And you kind of, you'd, I'm sure people would still be like, uh, but you're being stupid. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you're being stupid about True, this. True, and you're but, being dishonorable. So yeah. there you go. But we, just there, this we, one we time, it would be okay. But just right. one, exactly. <laughs> yeah. You would get people in the audience being like, but this... Yeah. Okay, next See, time it will be bad. where the trouble you, starts. Exactly. If, if you're a good exactly. guy, That's it's the, okay to do bad yeah. things yeah, exactly. in service the of a good goal. The, yeah, it's it's okay. only They're terrorism when the dudes. other guys do it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And suddenly we're back to a theme again. We're and freedom that's where, well, that's, and, that's, and Theoden's all about that, too. It's like, oh, yeah, we're fucking going to die. Oh, yeah. No, oh, that's definite. It's like, we're going to ride in there and we're going to slaughter us like you can't believe tomorrow yeah. morning. Oh, it's going to suck hard. Oh, <laughs> it's going gonna, it's gonna to be awesome, too, by the way. It's gonna—it's like because we're doomed anyway, so we might as well go out just going, fuck you. We, that's how we're going to do this. We so. Exactly. We might as well go out so they'll write a song about us instead of <laughs> yeah. being like, yeah, they were. That's right. There we go. Well, well, they went down. They went down actually harder than I thought. Those guys. They, they were. They went down fucking awesome. We got to sing a song. It took about us almost them. an hour to slaughter all of them. Yeah. It was quite something, really. And and, and that and that also goes back to the fact uh, it's it's nice because the Rohirrim uh, are also, as we talked about, based on. Uh, the Norse culture, which is totally about <laughs> yeah. that. They, in, they invented the berserker. Exactly. <laughs> it's like, if you die in your sleep in bed, pussy. Yeah. <laughs> that is the lamest thing that you could possibly ever you do. You live to old age and, like, farm. Oh, man. Yeah. Well, we are talking about a guy whose war cry is death. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> guy, I mean, I'm sure you're a cool king, and I, I, I like your domestic policies, but you don't give good speech. Yeah. I mean, this is not how you Actually, motivate. he does give a good speech. So that, that speech, the, 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 the Rides the, Rowan. Yeah, Rides yeah. Rowan. Yeah. Yeah. And he just charges him up. Um, that was another thing where they talked about just, just being there and, and just making the movie. It's kind of like, God damn. Wow. He's really got him charged up. Yeah. I, I, I hope he didn't decide to like, you know, take the capital of New Zealand now. Yeah. I'm an, like, let's do this! <laughs> yeah. And part of it was uh, uh, Bernard Hill and... and uh, yeah, he, he came up with a lot of that. Yeah. Including the including the, the touching swords. Yeah. That was something that he thought of, which is like awesome. And, really we, we, well, and we didn't talk about it in, in uh, uh, Two Towers, but in Helm's Deep, in the scene where everyone's armoring up, they shot a scene where he goes in and gives like a pep talk to his troops. And they cut it because they were like, 
he was so good and so inspiring. Suddenly, their situation didn't seem as desperate, and there's, it totally, there's no more jeopardy. It totally undercut the suspense yeah. in the movie because oh, you got were, this. Yeah, because the the way he the way he inspired them, he was like, you suddenly felt like they totally could do this. Oh, yeah, <laughs> it, they got like, this. They're, yeah. they're fine. So it's like we had to get rid of it because it was too effective. So we're coming up on the extended. This is the extended bits. The, the, all of the Paths of the Dead stuff and the stuff yeah. having to do with the ghosts that works for me the least. And I'm like, I, you know, they're doing it because, hey, it's, it's a movie and it's fun. And people thought Gimli was funny. Let's put in yeah. more funny Gimli. Let's make him really, really funny yeah. for a really long time. Yeah, and, and also, can also just uh, the only thing <laughs> the real value is, first of all, where uh, Jackson kind of shows his, his pulpy roots with the skulls. It's like, I want all the skulls. How <laughs> many skulls do you want for this scene? All, all the skulls. Yeah. And, uh, and then the other one has the single greatest, for me, Behind the scenes making of laugh line has has to do with the skulls, which is uh, which I, I've told the story I think before, but when it comes up, because there's a lengthy scene about if you haven't guessed skulls. <laughs> skulls. I've been waiting uh, ten hours to make this point, to and I just haven't been on mic when dun, dun, dun. when, it, when it, well, there was a moment to do it. But I'll, I'll take it now because we're coming. Thank God we're only a disc away from being done. A oh, disc yeah. and wow. only two hours there's, away. There's only one priest right. left to go. Yeah. But um, one I'm assuming movie. I'm assuming we're all on board with two things. Uh, we've all seen Lord of the Rings, and we've all seen at least some of the behind-the-scenes shit. Yeah. So here's the two things. Uh, and they resist in this weird opposition to each other that I wish to espouse about. One, Viggo Mortensen away. in the movie is not only great, but like, motherfucker's a handsome dude. Look at that guy. Hell yeah. And then when you watch the behind-the-scenes, he's he's so like desperately shy yeah, and weird. weird that you're looking at him like, He's not even attractive. What's going on here? And then you get back to the movie and you're like, damn. And then you get back to the thing and it's just like, what is this? He's and a I, creepy guy who's going to stand outside my he, hotel room just right, no, staring like, at Literally, all his interviews, <laughs> all of his interviews would be like, and, and what's crazy is all of his interviews are, yeah, it was weird because we were doing this thing and his teeth are in your face and you're like, that weird looking guy, stop it. And he has this weird underbite and then you put a beard on him it's like, whoa! And then back to the... You have a chin now. This and the other and I'm just sort of talking. And then you hear all these stories from everyone else that's hanging out with Vigo for the 20 years that they filmed this and they're like, that guy's fucking nuts. Like he opens up like a mofo. Like if we go to a bar, stay away. Like he's crazy. <laughs> he's got this whole other second Vigo going on. And then you actually watch the movie and you're like, oh, I see that shit. And then you go back to Viggo Mortensen in an interview and it's just, and it's, it's this weirdo. I just wanted to note that it's so weird to watch him not be fucking Aragorn. Cause it's like, what a creepy weird guy. Doesn't his kid have like a weird hippie name? Like not a blue no, sky, something like that. Yeah. yeah. Totally. Woodstock. Yeah. Watch, it's like, watch child, I look it up, and it's like, friggin' Jake Mortensen. The child of well, Viggo Mortensen and Exene Shervenko with yeah. a weird name? Get out. No way. <laughs> that could not happen. Well, the, you guys, uh, three or four days ago, uh, I think Trey told the story about Vigo deciding to buy the horse that he... Oh, yeah, yeah. He rode. Well, the other half yeah, of that tell, story... Yeah, the rest of that one. Yeah, the other half of that story, which I, I, I'm sure everybody knows but didn't get told, the, uh, somebody should look this up and correct me, but I, I, the, uh, the uh, riding double for, for Liv Tyler became very attached to uh, Liv Tyler. Arwen's horse. <laughs> no, she bought horse. Liv Tyler and took her yeah. home. Although <laughs> <it> <laughs> that's, yeah. that's another part. Although between Liv Tyler and the horse, it is an honest, it's an honest, <laughs> yeah, mistake. honest mistake. Sorry, go oh. ahead. No, no, it's, it's, How many kids you got, Liv? <laughs> the... Uh... <laughs> <laughs> Tell us how you really he's, feel. He there. stamped his foot nay, for those nay, at home who may not have heard after. it. 
No, the, 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 the only story is that uh, this riding double, whose name I'm blanking out on, I think it starts with a J, Jamie or something like that, uh, wanted to buy the horse. Mm. And, you know, this is, this is a $50,000, $60,000 horse. Yeah, it's like this a not a small white, thing. white horse that she rides. Yeah, but she, you know, she's like, I want, can I buy the horse? And the owner of the horse said, no, actually, I've already sold it. We've already got another buyer. And production wrapped, you know, pr- uh, principal photography wrapped, which is like 140 days or whatever it was. And uh, it, Viggo Mortensen presented this horse, which he had bought. To this riding double as oh. a gift, he, wow. he he saw that they had this you know mm-hmm. horse and rider relationship, and he he tracked down the owner, bought the horse, kept it secret, <laughs> and then gave it to her as a gift. Wow! And it's, I don't know it's, what to do with him. I, know. I just don't. Okay, I don't like, know what to make of it. <laughs> just to cap that off, I just looked it up. His son is Henry Blake Mortensen. Well, so, oh, so I can so shut up. That is, what cool. a bizarre name. What am I even That's talking about? Dorkman did not know that. Now you know that. Yeah. Henry Blake. From Henry MASH, that's Blake. awesome. Now, coming up here somewhere in the Skull Avalanche, there's a particular shot, which is... Uh, are you thinking of the shot I think you're thinking it's, of? Uh, yeah, yeah. Hey, I, I walked in this level on Skyrim. Uh, are, are you thinking of the shot I'm thinking that you're thinking I'm of? pretty sure I am. Yeah. <laughs> it's Anyway, we'll find out shortly. Or, but, uh, or actually, now, this is the extended version of the machine, so we'll find out in about 45 wow, minutes. Wow, look yeah, how exactly. much noise there was in that shot. There's right a lot there. of noise yeah, yeah. in a lot of these shots. I get, I'm, in, I'm shocked in Blu-ray there, to see how, how much noise there is There were a couple sometimes. of shots where I was at, at like, uh, Helm's Deep when they were preparing for it and kind of walking around it and looking at the yeah. battlements and stuff where I was like, wow, that does not work as well as I and I'm, I'm last time lot, I saw it on DVD. On Blu-ray, I'm catching a lot of like, hmm, didn't really have good match noise tools in those yeah. days because some elements are like, and others others totally not. So. Yeah, there's some crazy blow-ins and some are like, and some and some and, and some go like, <laughs> you know, am I right? You know what I'm talking about? You know, you Come only on. get one. You know what I'm talking about back there. High five. <laughs> yeah, that's right. The cool people know what I'm talking I about. I do like the design of the ghosts. The it way it that feels. It reminds me so much of the haunted mansion ride. It but really I, does have a little bit of that. I liked really the design of the, the ghosts. It really I'm makes me think of the. About to socialize. I don't know if it's the way they're shot or the effect is done, but it makes me think of the Bashki version. Uh, just, just something in the, in. You the know what? I, I only saw Lord the Lord of the Rings. I I never saw the Return of the King follow up. So I they never made one. Well, not necessarily. Well, not necessarily the ghost. That's right. That's right. I'm not saying the ghost, but actually, the, the ethereal look kind of has that feel for some reason in my memory of that weird animation mix style that they did, which was yeah the the weird. rotoscoping weirdness. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For some reason, it just brings that to mind. Well, they do a morphing thing between actors in light makeup and I, I think it's puppets or something, so that they yeah, kind of or it's the guy, fade it's the guy with a with a skull face. Yeah, it's the guy. It's doing the, guy the dialogue with, again with yeah, the, the makeup on, and then they matched the, you know the digital skull underneath it. So, um, and they and they kind of dialed it back and forth. So when he was being more creepy, you saw more skull, and when he was being less so, you saw more face. So. And when they in the in the theatrical edition, and, and I you know I, I agree that this is this is like oh, okay, it's nice to see more stuff with the ghost and the skull avalanche and all that. that's cool. But it did work better because it ends with him just going, "What say you?" Cut, yeah. and then like you forget Viggo Mortensen's in the movie for thirty yeah. minutes until like oh you know, and he literally is he's he's not the Deus Ex Machina because they have set it up, but he is the cavalry that you didn't think was coming at that point. And it's like oh okay, well that's great. It would have been great if you'd been here an hour ago, but we won't quibble. That's all right. But um, but yeah, it does go. It goes on and on and on. There's this completely gratuitous skull avalanche, which is coming up. Yeah, it's like it's like the skull avalanche is is them being like, no, fuck you, get out. And then they're like, yeah, yeah, okay. <laughs> all right, all right. Did, did that scare you? No, no. Okay, it's, we'll do that, it. That was a lot of skulls. <laughs> you know how That's long we fun. were stacking skulls to. <laughs> We're gonna have that's a reset. That better have worked because that took a long time that's to do that. That's a reset that's gonna take days, man. Yeah. 
Because we're ghosts. So yeah, the what say <laughs> that what say you moment is where it cut, and we don't see him again until he gets off the boat at Pelennor Field. Which again is once again it's, it's the thing you had, this thing you get when you know your your book is written by a guy who isn't a writer. He's yeah. like, wait, what? The hero disappears for like <laughs> until when? <laughs> and he's just gone. Uh, what? Well, you can't do that. <laughs> you know, all of his writer friends would be going, you can't do that. Don't do that. And he's That's like, not shut good. up. I wrote The Hobbit. Get out. <laughs> That's for kids. I mean, this, if you want to write an adult book, you got to write like this. Okay, so here's the set. This is just a little skull. Bum, 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 bum. Um, that, was, that was the last shot made for the special features. Wow. And so the story is, and you can see this if you watch the special edition. It's hysterical. They, they, they made this movie. They released this movie theatrically. They won all the Oscars for this movie, including Best Picture. They, they won, you know, they, 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 the documentary covers like, and then they went to Hollywood and they won all the Oscars and they won Best Picture and Best Everything and they're like, thank you very much and Best Director and everything else and yeah. And then they went back and they started working on the special editions. <laughs> so, and the last things they did were after all these, mo- all these scenes with all these giant sets and everything, there's, there's this giant warehouse and Peter Jackson and like a small camera crew has got this little sand pit and he's got like five skulls and he's just like rolling the skull <laughs> to bip, bip, up. And he picks it up. Keep going, keep going. Dip, bump, bump. Yeah. And he picks it back up. Ding, ding, ding. And everyone's standing around like, God damn it, Peter. Come on, man. Come on, man. <laughs> and then he finally goes, and it bip, bip, bump. And he looks at it and he goes, Well, <laughs> considering we won Best Picture two months ago, I guess we can stop making this movie. <laughs> In the chat room, <laughs> in the chat room, Zarban wants to point out that that scene is important for a reason that we have not acknowledged, and we should talk about it. That's the first time in the trilogy that Aragorn truly accepts his birthright and uses it in his in his yeah. own defense. That's that's the sure. point of the, of the that's, scene. That's why that's happening, and yeah. it's, a, it's an important point to make. So thank you, Zarban, and what, for yelling and the, at me and the, the text. And the qu- I mean the the thing that the theatrical version uh, uh, leaves open to question is the the fact that we don't see the response. It's like. He has to have have truly accepted that yeah. in order to get them on his side. So it leaves open the question: it, like, it would did force he, you to to fill in that blank yeah. later, as opposed to just giving the whole thing. And to it's you. like, but until you see him again, you're like, so did he do it, or did he yeah. not truly believe in himself, and did they kill him? And or did the ghost go, well, screw you and your deal? Yeah. You know, it's like we don't, we don't, you know, we don't do that anymore. Yeah, and you, you're all... you're not you're not the one who can fulfill that deal. Yeah. For all the awesome of, of Mortensen's performance, I think there's some room for criticism there. Which, to me, when I watched these movies, maybe I'm the odd man out, the the whole Aragorn arc never resonated for me because, goddamn, the guy was so d- d- kingly from the first frame he's on the screen. He's got presence. He's got you know he's he's got gravitas. So seeing him grow into this role that he previously denied as the king of Gondor and Arnor, it, it just it didn't click for me because it's like, dude, you're already there. You've already won me. Yeah, had me at hello. It's funny that you say that because a lot of people, um, a lot of fans of the book, complained that he was made too weak and angsty yeah. at the so beginning. He was so scuzzy and gross. And, and, and you yeah. didn't – you they couldn't see him as the, the king, whereas in the – in the books, he's totally like, I'm the king and, and blah, 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 and I just need to take my throne, but I haven't because things. Well, yeah, but um, then he does that bizarre <laughs> thing where he camps outside Gondor for three weeks after Pelennor Field. Oh, yeah. I don't want to go in until, until the, they invite me. Yeah, I'm not going in until they ask me. It's so emo. <laughs> it's <laughs> just, it's such a drama queen thing to do. If they want me, they'll call me. Yeah, exactly. I'm not going to call them and seem desperate. I mean, that, that might boil down to an expectations thing because uh, unlike you, Mike, I had not read any of the books before mm. I saw the first movie and then I read them all and then saw the second and third. Right. So I went into Fellowship of the Ring cold 
I did. Well, I, well, having having tried very hard to read it many times mm. over my <laughs> life, but I, I always bailed out right around Tom Bombadil. I didn't <laughs> learn until I was in my 30s that you need to skip to the Council of Elrond the first time you read the book. Mm. Just forget everything up to that point yep. and just carry on from there. Skip ahead. Um, so I, I had no expectations. I, I didn't know the story. I didn't know the plot. I didn't know anything. And I see this guy who's clearly, you know, king. He's regal. He's got everything that you would expect a kingly figure to have. So he, to me, he didn't really have as much of an arc as I wanted. Mm. Well, uh, like I said, I I don't necessarily think he was too angsty. I think he was. Uh, I I certainly think he was more angsty than than it appears that that you did. I saw I saw in him sort of like well, <laughs> but um, at the same time, I'm I'm becoming aware that you know it, I I almost didn't really think about it because I'm like yeah, Aragorn. It's what's go but the hobbits. What's going on with them? Because the story is really about them and and all of the you know shit falling down and the big battles and stuff like that and the hobbits and Aragorn's doing his own thing which is weird because I mean this whole movie you know The Return of the King it's, it's about the him it's about, it's about making yeah. the way for yeah, him to do it yeah but they just and titled just it that way because of Star Wars and they needed yeah. to like copy yeah, Star right. Wars they totally ripped it off clearly I just I was never bothered by the fact. Yeah, clearly he wants he's he's the rightful king. He just doesn't want the job. That's yeah. the problem. He's not. I don't. I'm not doing it. Well, yeah. I, but I will do say you're that. so you are. The, but no, yeah. I'm not doing he it. He can't. Yeah, he can't help. You know, the blood of Numenor. He can't help being king. They're, everyone's like, you should be king, and he's like, no. Um, I I think in terms of the the disc break, I think that would have been a great disc break. Have by been, the way. Yeah, the when he says prepare, prepare for, for battle, battle and then you cut, that would have been the the place to do it, in my opinion. But you know, it's not a big deal. <laughs> it's no big deal. I don't care. It's no I don't even care. I, I, I it don't totally eats you up better than Michael. <laughs> it does. I'm like, it, the movie should stop there. That's a dramatic moment, and I should be popping in the other disc right now. But instead, it, we get another 35 minutes instead of we get an a, actual battle. A bunch of time, and then it just stops when they bring up the battering ram. I what? think the battering ram is supposed to be a bigger thing than I than I yeah. than it resonated. Ground. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, that was like, oh damn. Wait, yeah. what? What's that? <laughs> One of the yeah. details I've always loved about on, this yeah. is that they, they're not the, – the Gondorians, they don't have ammunition. They're chucking out they're buildings. They're throwing their own city, city. yeah. They're throwing it's, houses at these people. Yeah. Um, have an arch. It's, it's working, exactly. <laughs> Suddenly oh. architecture. I, I, I also love the bit, and I'm, I was so glad that they kept it in the movie. And, and I mean, why wouldn't they? But um, I also remember when I read the books, and it got to the point where they started catapulting the severed heads in, <laughs> and I was – like blown away because he doesn't do that that often Tolkien and so when that happened I was like Are, what <laughs> where is this moment. coming from <laughs> this like really dark thing all of a sudden I don't wow um, so that that moment always stood out to me as like dang Tolkien Tolkien can go dark if he wants to and then the Air Force comes. Yeah, and the designers the designers also talk about um you know, as they're drawing the fell beast, they're like, it doesn't make much sense to put it on there. And it, it, you know, probably makes people ask questions and stuff, but I couldn't help designing armor for the fell beast. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. they're just so cool. You want to draw them with friggin' armor yeah. on their heads. Well, it's, stuff. it's in case the eagles show up. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, right. Except the eagles never show up. That's a... It's, better to, it's better to have it and not wheels. need it than need it's it and right. not have and it. They, and they, they, uh, they also acknowledge this is one of those, um, aspects where it's like they tried to get something from the book into the movie, but it's like, how do you really get that across? Which is um, that the presence of the Nazgul and the Felby spreads fear among the troops. And not just because they're scary. Like, there's a supernatural aspect of just them being in the vicinity creates terror within um, the troops. They're like Dementors. Um, yeah, exactly. They're like Dementors. Um, and 
like they said, they're like, we never really managed to get that across because we couldn't really figure out how. Because there's no real cinematic way of yeah. doing that other than having yeah. somebody say it. There's, there's no it, cinematic it way of clarifying they're scared because they're going to eat your face and they're scared yeah. because they have a magic power that it does that. Scared, it just makes yeah. everyone yeah. look like a coward if you, if you film it. Because yeah. they come, yeah, and everyone just like runs. Like, yeah. Like, yeah. There, there would have been ways they could have done it, but they just didn't feel it was worth the time to do that. Probably. They're on screen, they're scary, that's good. Exactly. Yeah. I, mean, I mean, you probably could have you could have created a scene to help explain that, but it's like, whatever, man. <laughs> yeah. just, uh, I think uh, they're, they're scary enough. It works. Yeah. It's all right. Yeah, so here's where they, uh, as they're designing it, they're like, really? There's not a moat around me? <laughs> That's it. That's, all right. That seems like a design flaw, but fine. I picture them like flipping, you know, studiously through the pages. Really, yeah. there has to be a moat here. <laughs> I, I, Although, I was, really, you, you would have just had the same thing where they just roll up with something that just drops a bridge across the yeah, moat. Yeah, exactly. yeah. it's the same thing. The wall, I think, is actually seems more fortified. That's probably true. Well, the the ideal solution would be the wall and, and the moat. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, no, nobody's <laughs> suggesting getting rid of the wall. We're all on board <laughs> yeah. with the wall. Well, when you have a moat, I think it should just be a gently sloping hill. Listen, we've talked about it. We've bay. talked about it. We love the wall. <laughs> Absolutely the wall. on board no. with the wall. No. And we saw many great designs that yeah. we liked a lot. But we're going. We with just want to go in a different direction. <laughs> also, it's uh, you know we got some budget issues. Uh, we can't have that. You know, and the school pageant. So. Well, <laughs> if money's no issue, uh, money's an issue. Yeah, it's, I would say money is an issue for us. Go Gandalf. Yeah, I remember that being a moment where everyone's like, damn, Gandalf's yeah. just whooping Wham. ass right now. But again, but it now it's like, okay, why is he not using his force wizard powers? Why is he not making New York swords right. too hot to hold and fireworks and you everything? Can't, you can't do them all at once. He can, you know, he can do like one guy. He can summon one ability and... Yeah. He can't, like, make all, he can't make all the swords heat up. That's stupid. It's like yeah. Roger Rabbit. He can only do it if it's, it's funny. Only do it if it's wizard. <laughs> and that's a, finally we got a little arc for for Pippin where it's yeah. like, oh, you've just become like just, really useful. You just killed somebody. Welcome yeah. to being a hero. There We've come go. a long way since Good the Mines you. of Moria. Welcome to heroism. You just killed somebody you don't even know. <laughs> You're gonna carry that weight for and, the rest of your life. It's yeah. gonna be fantastic for you. That guy's little orc mother is uh, sitting at home waiting for him right now. Yeah, sad little thing. That's, a, that's a, little... a gag. That's a gag that Peter Jackson always said about the the cave troll. Yeah, that was the cave oh, troll. Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah. I there, I there's a there's somewhere. a orc Woody Harrelson that has to drive up to the York farm and knock on the York door and go. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Well, what news. about my other son? Actually, <laughs> <laughs> here comes Grand. Yeah. They said this is another one where it's like uh, the grunt wasn't particularly that well described. So oh like, my what, god! I you know, I never seen it in Blu-ray and fucking the mucus on. Gun yeah, he's, got, he's actually got mucus. Damn. On his Good god. But then uh, it's like, Gron, what the hell's Gron? Apparently it's some kind of ultra-battering ram, yeah. but it also has fire. It's, uh, and they call it the wolf's head. So. Yeah, so it's got a wolf head, I guess. So yeah. we'll make that. We're just going to go literal with this one. Well, yeah, we're going to go all the way with the wolf's head, and then like, well, what pushes it? And then like some kind of ant yeah, right. things? I guess, yeah. Actually, I remember they talked about it. It's just this great beasts mm -hmm. or something like that. Yeah. And they're like, okay, so okay. Uh, we'll get well, on that. We were going to design the Great Beast. And, and that's Grand, ladies and gentlemen. That's Grand, and that's the Talk end about a cliffhanger. of that is Work that 1. Was Return of the King. Disc 5 of Return of the King. It's we weird. are going to uh, be right back with Disc 2, so get your Disc 2s in and take a stretch break and for do whatever else you got to do for the big finish. We'll see you over there. We're going to be drunk and naked. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the final disc of the Lord of the Rings Extended Edition Trilogy. Woo!
We're almost there. To go. Only three hours to go and not drop the ball. So I uh, can't remember my own name anymore. Yeah. Get your uh, Return of the King disc two in. Uh, same drill as before. Just have it ready to go as soon as I say unpause. Here we go. Three, two, one, unpause. I sure hope the king returns soon. Because yeah. we're just vamping. Is the king on the boat? Yeah. Is he returning now? Pretty soon. So here comes the, uh, the PJ cameo. Yeah. He gets two in the extended edition. Yeah. yeah, I got it. And uh, yeah, so so this is this is the moment where it totally blows the suspense and surprise yeah. for Pelennor Fields because then we know that they took over the ships, which, again, to be fair, is the only thing that the ghosts actually did in the in the book. But there we go. Peter's milking his cameo there. Oh yeah. And they, they talked about how, like, he kept he kept falling to the set and stuff like that. And they're like, why? You didn't have a crash pad. You kept yeah. falling down. You don't even see it. You cut out before you do. And even if you hadn't, it's only from the waist up. What are you doing? Yeah, he was just showing off. Acting. That's what he was, he was doing. Acting. He, was acting. he was acting his little heart out. Not so easy, is it, Jackson? Yeah. A lot of these, uh, a lot of the Corsairs here are uh, producers and, and members of the crew as well. And I, ju- I just want to jump in here for a second and say, wow, those ghosts are green. <laughs> I mean, that's the, I think that is my biggest problem with that visual effect is that they're just they're green. Yeah. Why, does, why does the green bother you? I, it's it's not so much that green bothers me. It's just that's that's here he like is Andy Circus, uh, ladies and gentlemen, right there. Go ahead. Sorry. I was just it's green. It's, <laughs> it's really, really, it's, I think really haunted green. mansion was the best. analogy. It, exactly. Like it just it's, has that vibe. It feels it doesn't feel organic. It feels like they took a color picker and were like, they will be green like this. And, uh, you know, there's no really very zero two fifty five zero. Yeah, if it feels it feels like a very artificial green. I, I totally see what you're saying. And it, it's not affected by the environment they're in or anything. So you said it better than I did. Well, that's, that's because they're ghosts. Exactly. They don't give a shit. That's, That's right. They're, the they're going to be as green as they want to be. <laughs> <laughs> well, Slimer was green. Slimer was green. That's true. Thank you. He was way green. I'm sorry, guys, but I just I really prefer Star Wars blue to Lord of the Rings green. Yeah, ghosts are blue. It's pretty well established in the movies. It's canon. <laughs> <laughs> it's green. I love this set. So, yeah. so okay. The, we're at Shelob's lair here. Um... Everyone who sees this knows who Shelob is by now. Um, I was going to be like, for those who don't know, shut up. You're not listening <laughs> yeah. to this. Um, for those who don't know, too late. Yeah. Uh, Shelob's Lair, this whole sequence came at the in the book is at the end of Two Towers. So we had to get to disc two <laughs> of Return of the King until we got to this point, which just goes to show it's like if, we had, if they had put this at the end of Two Towers, there is so little yeah. for Frodo and Sam to do. In Return of the they King. They would just be climbing a mountain yeah. the entire movie until they get to the, finally get to the... Well, part of it, isn't part of it the fact that the, the books are separated, you know, Fellowship and or at least Two Towers in Return of the King. Like, Two Towers is two books and Return of the King is two books. All of and them like, are. Book one is, you know, book one is Aragorn and everybody yes. and book two is Frodo and yes, Sam. So yes. it's like, okay, as a, for a literary construction as setting up these books, that's fine, but... That's obviously not going to work for a movie. They thought about doing that, then they're like, no. Yeah, so well, they ha- had to do an intercut thing. But th- by the very act of intercutting what were two uh, separate uh, storylines in the first place, or two, you know, uh, sequential, I guess would be a better word, already you're going to have to do some shifting around right. anyway. So and they, might they, as well. They do, they do also make the point that 
chronologically speaking, since they're cutting it together, um, chronologically speaking, they don't get to Shelob until well after Helm's Deep. So it wouldn't make sense to try to make them happen simultaneously right. at, at, for the end of the thing because they don't they don't see you know the beacon of Kirathungal and everything until well after Helm's Deep is right. Right, and, and all of that's true. And I think that the changes they made were were absolutely right on. Mm-hmm. But it also creates a major major jeopardy problem because when you read the the book. Uh, when um, uh, the mouth of Sauron comes out and he throws out the vest uh-huh. and he's like, oh, you're, you're, your hobbits are dead. The reader doesn't know that that's not true. Right, right. But that's true. Here, of course, we've seen these guys get past that, that part of the story. We could see them get through Carathungal and they're on what the, the slopes of Mount Doom when right. that happens. So the, the jeopardy of that just evaporates. But I think they get but away with okay. it. But you, tra- okay. but you trade one, you know, one, yeah, you one device, one device for another. Is Aragorn going to fall for that or not? You know, because like, right. the great thing is, is, is then it turns into a different kind of a vibe because it's like, well, that's pretty conclusive evidence that Frodo's toast because there's his freaking vest. And if he doesn't have his mithril vest, well, I think you know uh, he's probably is dead. Yeah. But then Aragorn goes, "Well, no, fuck you anyway. We're still, we're yeah. still coming." Well, they almost we're regain a, a Hitchcockian sort of suspense thing out of it because it's one of those cases where the audience knows more than the characters. Right, yeah. right. So they get away with it. It's okay. Yeah, it, I think it works just fine. It would have been a much darker thing if Aragorn just, yeah, fuck it, let's go home. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Ooh, totally went for it. Totally yeah. fell for Ooh. it. Ooh, nice. I think the you should have tried qu- that a long time ago. I think the other question could be: Did Tolkien have an issue with spiders? Because between <laughs> this and the whole forest of giant spiders and the Hobbit, All right. there's a big, you know, spiders are giant, evil, nasty creatures kind of vibe. Well, yeah, but that's just true. Well, yeah, exactly. <laughs> that, that's not an issue. That's just being observant yeah. of the world around you. Oh, God. Now, and they, they pull this rabbit out of a hat in terms of like, oh, we've done some good effects, but uh, check this shit out. Yeah. Because I think Shelob is very successful. Shelob is very good, especially yes. if you don't like spiders, which I don't. <laughs> yes. I don't well, think Especially if they're that big. They're yeah. really yeah. super ugly. That's bigger than I want a spider to be. That's not that's... a visual effect. That's just Australia. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. yeah, no, yeah. Oh, the, those, yeah they, they went to Australia where they have these. It's spider. Crazy. Beer. <laughs> <laughs> good on you, mate. I would not have wanted to have been She Loves Casting Director, though. <laughs> That's right. Okay, next. Holy God. Okay. Yeah, you've got the job. That's fine. Can you and be a little bit more slithery? Disgusting Ooh. and slithery and... Just slimy and mucusy. Yeah. yeah. And Peter Jackson is arachnophobic he, as well. He's afraid so. of spiders, so yeah. Well, the great story from the behind Who's the not, scenes. If you're though. not arachnophobic, I think you have a, a mental disease, yeah. quite frankly, because <laughs> they are terrible. And <laughs> if you don't have a problem with that, then uh, th- that scares you me. You're going to tell the Weta story? <laughs> uh, no, I would, you can segue into that. But no, the story I was going to tell is uh, I th- one of the animators who was lead on Shelob, I think it was Christian Rivers, but don't quote me on that, uh, is painfully arachnophobic himself. But he it, it, it was Christian Rivers, yeah. He, so he went out into his back garden and he dug up a funnel web spider mm-hmm. yeah. and with his hands... <laughs> And he put it in a jar and brought it into the office. Well, he brought he brought it in. Uh, they tell the story because he he had never really seen it. He was pretty sure, but Peter Jackson had a very specific kind of spider in mind. He's like, I'm pretty sure that's the spider. And he took it in. And he's like, Is this is this a spider? Because I don't I got it. And I don't want to get another yes. one. And but it was fortunately. Yeah, but that's the one. Yeah, I'll, I'll be going now. I'm yeah. just kind of intrigued by the idea that you can differentiate between types of spiders. They're all just horrifying. Things. Yeah, they're all monsters. Are there yeah. different kinds of monster? No. <laughs> the uh, the other the bug story that I thought was funny was uh, from Two Towers was when they they built the whole Fangorn set, which was this giant interior set. But they had, the trees were all fake. But then they went out to you know every place they could get and just got hundreds of garbage bags full of leaves to just scatter around as set decoration. 
Um, so they, they said when they started to shoot, um, they had to turn on the lights, and they said the Fangorn set was be, actually very hot because they're you know in t- inside and they have these lights, and they turn on these lights, and all the living things that were in the leaves just started like running all over the place, and uh, including some some you know the whole idea of a weta, and we haven't even talked about a weta. It's just you know it's not it's not an acronym. The the name of the effects company, a weta, is a gigantic New Zealand cricket that's way bigger than a cricket needs to be. For uh, those of you who aren't in front of Google Image Search right now, it's the size of a boogie board. Yeah, yeah, it's it's quite large and uh, and they bite and uh, and so they, they someone one of the actors I think it was tells the story. They all told the story because they all remembered it where Peter Jackson was probably sitting over by the monitor and and suddenly they hear Peter and he starts going because <laughs> there was a wet crawling up his leg or something and he was like, "Ah, get that thing off me." So, meanwhile he's going, "You guys go lie down in the leaves." You know, go ahead, action, and, they, and then one one goes for him instead, and he loses his shit. So they thought that was pretty funny. Um, yeah, they they had uh, they had a good amount of that kind of trouble with the uh, with the miniatures. There was also a, a story that Richard Taylor told about the uh, the stairs of Casa Doom, because um, they shot that you know at, at a certain frame rate and stuff, and they just kind of set it and forget it and let it go and come back and check the dailies later. And uh, so they were watching, so they were watching the dailies. And this, and like a lizard got in and just kind of crawled up the stairs. So they're watching it, and it's this totally Harryhausen thing where this giant lizard comes crawling up the stairs. Holy God! And they're like, "That is the greatest thing ever!" It totally blew an entire day shooting. It was, but it was so worth it because it was awesome. So and they they uh, uh, I, we forgot to mention it at the time, but they spent a long time shooting those miniatures, the Casa Doom thing, like because I just remembered because I told that story. They shot that for a year. They shot the bridge yeah. of Casa Doom and the stairway for a year. To get all the plates, and and just throughout this whole thing, all, all the miniatures, minus Tirith and and all that stuff, it's like that's that's a lot of time because you basically there's a certain point where you're getting a take of a shot a day because it takes so long to set up and get yeah. lights and stuff like that and the multiple passes. The, the DP, the head of uh, who you see in a lot of the in the making of, and he was listed as uh, one of the guys. I think he, I think he. I know he was nominated, whether or not they won that year, if he was nominated for Return of the King, but uh, he became one of the four nominees for Visual Effects, Alex Funky, who I worked with on The Abyss, and is, oh. a, is a really cool guy. He shot uh, not all of our stuff, but a lot of our stuff on The Abyss. Really great guy, and an amazing camera operator, and, 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 and DP, and, and w- just, just knew, like, weird arcane stuff. There was a thing that happened with when we were shooting for The Abyss. I don't think I even told the story when we did The Abyss thing, where... You know, we shot in this, you know, we had several different water tanks. We're shooting our inserts, and we shot in a water tank that was actually the, the water tank they kept Daryl Hannah in in Splash. Um, <laughs> became the tank they kept me in on the Abyss, which was nice, um, to shoot insert shots. It was like a 6x6x6 like a six by six by six cube, and it was just a giant aquarium, and they filled it with water. But then when they filled it with water, it was plexiglass sides, so the, the sides bowed out. And as our creature would move up and down inside the tank, you would get this lensing effect. You know, and 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 uh, you know, so they go, oh well, wait, this is this is gonna screw things up because we've, you can sort of see this sort of lens thing happening on top of it because it's bowing and oh god, what we want, what do you do? And Funky came up with this crazy optical thing that you know, the kind of thing that DPs know about, where he got a piece of plexiglass and he put it in front of the camera at an angle, and that countered the refraction index of the hoo ha, huh. and it co- solved the problem. And I'm just like, and he did it in like. Like twenty minutes, I thought we were going to be down for a week, and he, and he was and I'm like, oh, should I get? Hold on, and I, you know, I'm waiting in the tank, and next thing you know, he's just got some thing with some C stands, and he sticks it in front of his camera, and all right, that got it, we're good to go. And I'm like, 
what the hell? I, to this day, I don't know what that was. <laughs> I love that, that, that we works. live in a world where people know how to do that yeah. sort of thing. But there was like, a, he's just the coolest guy. Nothing ever rattled him. He was always just, you know, really easy going. Once in a while, I saw him almost lose his shit once, which was like disturbing that he almost lost his shit. It was a really tense day, but he's just a great guy. So I was really, really happy to see that he was, you know, so so honored for his work in this because he, it really is quite spectacular. He's on the uh, the ca- the crew commentary track yeah. on this, and he... he Totally sounds that way, like the whole time, just totally chill. He's like, all right, so right here we got a miniature, and it transfers into a thing, and he's just totally, it's like he's just there kind of, you know, giving a lecture and very chill about it and and stuff like that. Um, Whereas there are other people who are like, oh, my God, we almost died shooting this. (laughs) He's like, yeah, it's pretty tough to get. And he's totally like, yeah, so did this, and you know, it's my job. Well, we from a distance have the luxury of being able to appreciate the scope of this thing. There, we got to remember there were hundreds of people that this was their job every day for oh, yeah. three, four, five years. This was just normal life for them. Am I supposed to feel sorry for them? Just so we can. There had check? to have been a point where they were like, "Oh God," and then you have to go. You're you're making Lord of the Rings. It's going to be all right. It's going to yeah. be cool. It's the greatest filmmaking achievement yet in yeah. human history. It's I have two questions for you guys. Oh, two, it's Anthony Alba who is here for the first time. Um, two quick questions. So. Did anyone else feel bothered by the choker shots that uh, paraded a lot through the first film and even through the rest of the films? Because by the what shots? Uh, the choker shots, the choker close-up shots, because they're so they're so tight. What basically. do you mean? They're on the top of the frame is basically oh, their eyebrow. Okay. The bottom is basically their chin, and I guess no one else noticed it. But when I first watched um, the first film in theaters, I was kind of taken aback by how close the camera was to their faces, and it was cutting really fast, mm. which is another thing that kind of bothered me throughout Lord of the Rings is how quickly some of the cuts were. It just felt kind of jarring hmm. and distracting. Actually, what, when you bring that up, <coughs> my, my reaction when I saw the film, the first film in the theater is not different from yours. I mean, I wasn't bothered by the close-ups, but the editing, just the rhythm was wrong. I've yeah. heard a lot of people right actually complain I'm, I'm about I'm the rhythm. I'm bothered by, I, when, I watch Lord of the, when I watch the first one, the, the Return the Fellowship, that's the one where I feel something, and the movies were cut by three different editors. That's something to bear in mind. Right. Each movie was edited by a different person. Um, as the lead editor, so so yeah, there's something about the fellowship that when I look at it with all three, fellowship feels the most j- choppy to me. It feels choppy. It feels rushed. But then, you know, what was it? Nine months later, the extended DVD came out. Yeah. I, I actually the, the editing affected me so so deeply that I didn't like the movie as much as I wished I had. Mm. But the extended DVD came out, and I'm, I saw it on sale or something. So I'm like, okay, whatever. I'll watch this. Completely different film. Yeah. Mm. Even well, if you don't even if they had not gone back and put in additional scenes just the way they aired the movie out like you guys talked about earlier they they allowed the edits to breathe completely changed the movie for me it's been such a long time since i've actually bothered to watch the theatrical versions that i can't honestly speak to that i, I, I think I you'd be remember. stunned by the contrast yeah. I, 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 I there's also a very big difference in watching it on video and watching it on a on a, on a big oh, yeah. screen i you know i when i saw armageddon in the theater it was like holy fuck what what <laughs> what's going on? It's like because it's like you know, there's eight frames every every eight frames there's a cut in Armageddon. That's Michael Bay's thing, and I just I couldn't even stand to watch Armageddon in the theater. I actually have come to really like for what it is. It's a crazy cheesy movie. We did a commentary on it, and you know I I thought it was it's crazy and fun. I'm perfectly okay with Armageddon on TV because it really is cut like a TV commercial. And uh, or a music video, and it's okay on TV because it just doesn't hurt your brain so badly. But in the movie theater, it just it made my brain hurt. <laughs> so so I felt. But actually, I your other the, point. The, the other point about movies are much easier to watch on a smaller screen yeah, too. Yeah, exactly. Your other point about 
the close-ups being so close up. Uh, we were talking earlier. I said that uh, Jackson almost always goes more extreme on everything he does than than most people are comfortable with. And I think you know, I, I was struck by that too when I was rewatching the movies. Like, wow, these are some close, damn close-ups, and a lot of people don't go in that tight. Um, I, as a director, I always find myself really shy on close-ups. I have to remember to like even do a close-up that even can be called a close-up. It's like I gotta go. Okay, I got a medium. That's good. You know, that's all I need. And it's like, no, I gotta get in there close. And when anything I've ever done where there's a real close close-up, I, you could you can tell you you can be you can be sure that I made myself get that shot because mm -hmm. it's not normal for me. I don't normally think of getting that shot. I'm but sure. But I once, once again, yeah, it depends on the medium. The whole thing is in the theater. You want to pull back just a little bit more. And yeah, on the TV, theater you want to get like, closer. That's a big head. Uh, yeah. But but they're certainly trying to. Uh, I don't know. I, I I didn't notice it in Fellowship as being jarring. I can think of moments where it got that close, but I'm like. You know, when, when Galadriel's kind of getting into everyone's head and that, that kind of thing. But it's like Galadriel's getting into everyone's head. Yeah, it's that, like that's, that's exactly. motivated. Well, yeah. the, the, scene, the scene I was talking of... about was when Gandalf and uh, Frodo were first talking in the – or is it, I don't know if it was, if it was Frodo or um, – Bilbo. Or Bilbo at the table. Well, they like both talk at the table. But so it, was, <laughs> were, it was cutting it – was, it was like a nice scene. It was just a pleasant conversation. Oh, okay. And it was cutting back and forth really fast on these extreme close-ups hmm. between the two of them. And that's what was throwing me okay. off. Okay. Well, well so I, I think I, uh, if it was on the two of them because I, I feel like if they – certainly Gandalf would have been closer just to have the sense that he's bigger in this house. To sell the scale. Yeah, to sell the scale. But if Bilbo was the same amount, then, then it may be that he just wanted to get all up in their grills. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. So here's the hero of the movie, finally. Yep, here he is. And he I is. think it's worth taking a moment to... to Which isn't... Is, that's his line, right? Isn't isn't his line, let him go, you filth? And it's like, nuh-uh, you're awesome. <laughs> Get away from her, you bitch. <laughs> yeah, exactly. This is, a, this is a major, major change from the book. You know, because in the book, uh, the, the whole framing Sam thing doesn't happen. They don't split up. Well, that's in true. In the movie, Frodo goes into Shelob's lair alone. Right. And that's a lot of we, – we talked about and, and Jake Lloyd laughed at the idea that there would be controversies, but <laughs> apparently he hasn't met the internet. Um, <laughs> yeah. I, and uh, which, you know what? Good for him. Uh, and, uh, <laughs> he'll he'll live frankly. just as long, if not longer. <laughs> exactly. Um, but, uh, yeah, the, one, of the, one of the big uproars about it and one of the changes is that Frodo, you know, uh, Frodo turns on Sam – and it, even more so, people were like, even if Frodo did that, Sam wouldn't do it. Sam would would Sam would turn into Gollum and be slinking behind them the whole time. You know, he which wouldn't, is kind he of what happened. Which, which is, is what he's done. Which is he's, he hasn't. You know, he, he says, "Screw this! I'm still gonna I'm still gonna yeah. help Frodo." Right. But uh, but I I I get why they changed it, and I think it was the right thing to do because, like you said, he's got to go into Shelob's lair alone. To, for there to be a, a real sense of danger. You know, he's uh, just the same as we talked about with Two Towers and Aragorn going over the cliff and stuff like that. It's like if you haven't, if you haven't beaten them all the way down, they have nowhere to rise to. Right. Nobody doubts that the protagonist is going to live to see the last frame of the movie. Yeah. But it's a question of how interesting is that journey. Yeah, exactly. And, and having him go in there alone. And, and then, you know, for free, once you make that change, you get Sam's gunslinger moment. You yeah, get, exactly. You get the moment right. when he just rides in and saves the day. And, and that's a great moment for and Sam. And this is a pretty intense fight. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. It really, really scene. is well Executed. I thought I was like she loves death rose is a real pe great piece of animation because it's like oh, yeah. <laughs> nervous system failing. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's the thing is that by that point you're starting to feel sympathetic for this eight foot yeah. spider monster, <laughs> yeah. which by all rights should be making your hind brain just scream out in terror. Well, they're well, very. But, but this, but actually, if you think about it in a way, it's an analog to Gollum, because that's what's been going on with Gollum, because we wind up with Gollum at the crack of doom. 
and the same, you know, basically the same dynamics going on. Well, yeah, that's a good it's, point. it's like we talked about with when uh, in fellowship when with the watcher in the water, like they were very. Um, or, or no, we talked about it with the troll, but the Watcher was kind of the same way because when, when it gets shot with the arrow, it's like, and you feel like this pain in it for a moment. Oh, poor thing. Yeah, there's, there's always, uh, they, and they talked about it in, in, you know, as, as part of their uh, uh, mentality for the animation. It's like Harryhausen, we're, we're doing a Harryhausen movie, and Harryhausen always had this sense of pathos in his creatures where it's like even if you destroy and defeat them, you don't feel good good about it afterwards because they die really pathetically and it makes you feel bad even though you totally had to or you weren't going to get out of it that It was alive. this horrible squirming thing that you still had to kill it. Yeah, exactly. You still had to really slowly push <laughs> yeah, the sword exactly. into the belly. And then you had to slice fillets regretfully from its <laughs> flanks <laughs> and marinate them in a uh, little soy sauce and a little lemon juice I find is nice. And then you'd grill <laughs> them with great regret. <laughs> Over a roaring fire. The saddest thing That sounds like we're going back to like translations from the Japanese there. You grill them with great regret. That's I like a Japanese phrase regret. somehow, I feel like. I am so sorry. I was, I was actually doing a whole, a whole avatar thing like, you know, where you have to, you know, oh. this, is, this is very sad. This, <laughs> you do not thank for this. Because the Japanese, they have a word for like when you, when you eat after you're full because it's so, they, they have a word that means like accidentally ate the whole thing. <laughs> Grill with great regret. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh. I'm sure they've got a word for that. And now I grill with great regret. <laughs> uh, so, so this was the climax, and and like you said, it makes sense when it's divided into two books. This is the end of of the the second book of the two towers. Is you think Frodo's dead? Oh shit! This well, is I gotta the cliffhanger. Take... Yeah, and 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 Sam. Uh, Sam takes the ring and he's like, "I'm going to go off." I have to finish it for Frodo, and he, he starts to go, and actually he gets a little ways down the road, and he puts the ring on because he hears orcs coming, and he hears the orcs talking about Frodo and how he's not dead, and he's like, what? And, he, and so he, he runs back, and he basically the, the book ends with him knocking himself out trying to get into the tower. Like he's running after them, and they slam the door in his face, and he goes headlong into it, and he knocks himself out, and that's the end of the book. I, and it's I, like, it, I can... A good cliffhanger for a book when the next one's not going to come out for like a year and a half or whatever. That's a great place to stop it, but not so great for a movie, and especially I, when you've just had Helm's Deep. I was actually going to save this for later when, when it would be more appropriate to what's on screen, but since you brought it up, the, the, hmm. I'm going to say this and I'm going to make some enemies. Okay. I think the books are better. The movies are better than the books. Uh, it depends on, on I, how I know, you measure I know. It, I there, suppose, there are yeah. many different metrics. I'm saying overall, in my opinion... I think the storytelling in the movies is better than the books, but... I've watched the movies more often than the books, so I can't disagree with you. Well, fair enough. <laughs> more often than I've watched the books. No, I've stared at the books for... Yeah. yeah. I, I, I have an exception to that, and it's, it's, it's actually one You paragraph. know what I goddamn mean. <laughs> <laughs> it's been 12 hours. It's, it's, it's one paragraph in The Return of the King, and I, I'd be lying if I said I could remember where, but it's when Sam has the ring. He's carrying the ring. Frodo's not with him, mm -hmm. which never happens in the movie. He never right. carries the ring for obvious reasons. Or, well, he, ha he has it right now. He this is the one time he does carry yeah. the ring. Is Am right I wrong? Uh, you, you, it's it never right a big now. thing about it. Oh, I stand corrected. I yeah, stand he just, but he, he took does it, never put it on. Yeah, that's, no, that's going to be the reveal. That's, that's what I'm thinking of. Sam took the ring when he thought Frodo was dead. Right. You're absolutely right. That's what I'm thinking of. But anyway, the point is, in the book, he's got the ring, and it's something that couldn't have been adapted to the screen no matter what, because it's all internal. Right. He comes over this rise or something in, uh, in, in Mordor, and he looks out over this plane, and he talks about, the, the, the third-person narrator talks about how Sam is already being tempted by the ring, and he sees this vision 
unfolding below him of himself as this like shining figure beating the plane of Gorgoth or whatever it is into submission and bringing forth a verdant garden. Mm-hmm. And the the thing about that is that it, it so perfectly encapsulates what it is this ring thing does, which I don't think the movies did as well as they would have in a perfect world, is just, conve- okay, fine, we get all of these very powerful characters telling us the ring is bad, I don't want to be in the same room with it, I'm scared of it, I can't take it, I can't touch it, but that one paragraph in the book does a better job of conveying exactly what the ring is about. But in that respect, that was a, that's what the movie should have done, is it should have brought that, and I, I agree. that Maybe, but I don't, I, I don't think that was I'm ever made imagining that, that in my head. And I can't really see that coming to screen. Okay. At least not exactly I, as described. It can be done. But, uh, yeah. I mean, yeah. And it, it, it turns into basically the battles and the wars and that kind of thing. But ultimately, that's what it was all about, was the temptation of the ring. Right. It was the temptation. It was the, the ring seduced and whispered little things in your ear and told you that you could be this great and powerful figure. And, and what's awesome about the end of that paragraph is that Sam thinks to himself, eh, who'd want a garden that big anyway? <laughs> you know, it's the, it, it's, it encapsulates not only the power <laughs> of the ring, but also the humility of the hobbits and why it is that only a hobbit could have done that. Right. Because he's like, that's ridiculous. Who needs that? Exactly. <laughs> Uh, this is a moment that was cut from the theatrical version, uh, the confrontation with the Witch King between Gandalf and the Witch King. Um, and I see why it's different than in the book. This does sort of happen. I mean, Gandalf's like, come on, let's do this. And then the Rohirrim show up, as I recall. Um, and, yeah, it's not – it just doesn't really work here. It's kind of neat to see them have a standoff, but it's it's also kind of weird after Gandalf has been set up as this uber uber powerful, you know, guy and he just whacked at the Balrog for like a week and a half and and you know, came back even more powerful than that. This uh, this other guy shows up and he's like, "Haha, bang." And then he breaks his staff and totally like bitch slaps him to the ground and then just leaves. He's like, yeah. "Bye. Yeah, just wanted you to know that I could do that." It is it's like, yeah. "Yo, the Rohirrim are that far away. You can still kill Gandalf. Go ahead and get yeah. that out of the way." It, it could have done a really good job of elevating the Jeopardy of the Witch King as a figure. Yeah. I mean, let's be fair here. Throughout the rest of the movie up till his, his exit, the Witch King is kind of a punk. Right. I mean, he's he, a girl beats him. I mean, come on. It's, <laughs> it's, it's, uh, you guys are going to get hate mail for that. Uh, he's, he's built up as this big, powerful figure. But like you said, he gets up in Gandalf's face and then runs away because he's scared of some horses. Right. It's not quite working. It's well, he, has to, he, he decides he wants to go after them instead, but I don't understand why that would be the exactly. case. Exactly. Yeah. Um, it's a, it's a, it's a weak point in the in the structure. It's yeah. Like, yeah. But it's like how many times that it's 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 a failing in a lot of movies of like, you know, I'm gonna kill you now, Mister. Okay, I, actually, I gotta go take this care of this other thing first. Yeah. But then you you stay there. Every I'll, James Bond don't movie escape ever made. or anything. Yeah, I'll be while back. I'm gone That's now. right. Don't you escape because I'm gonna come back and kill you. Yeah. So here we go. Here's the here's a, <laughs> a great speech by Mister Hill. He should have done this in Titanic, I think. Yeah. This ship can never sink. Everyone will laugh. Screw the lifeboats. And the I'm sink would have total. Uh, the ship would have totally been like, like, oh damn, oh, all right. Yeah. Um, let's... Oh yeah. No, I was totally bluffing. There. I can I'm make like... it to America. Yeah, yeah no. let's do this. I was waiting for the Carpathia. I'm down. Let's do this. <laughs> Titanic. It lives. <laughs> yes, Titanic lives. So yeah, but this uh, speech and then this this great this great little thing where he uh, there's there's some massive for you. This this great move where he. Uh, Supposedly Bernard Hill came up with it, where he said uh, about the touching with the swords. Everyone puts out their 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 pikes or whatever it is they are, and any any touch them all goes right down the line touching them. But they talk about how he he's left-handed, and 
Peter Jackson was like, well, you have to ride this way towards camera, so you have to hold it in your right hand. So that's why it's like kind of manky the way he's doing it. <laughs> uh, <laughs> totally didn't want to do it that way. Yeah, exactly. See, what I've done is I put a knit a nick in each one of your mm. pikes so that when you attack the enemy, it'll just snap clean. It's, yeah. uh, you'll die faster that way and get this over with. Death. <laughs> yes, exactly. Death. That, that, been, yeah, the, that's the, the speech then. Okay, death, yeah. Yeah, the amazing alternate version is he's running by just cutting the ends of their spears <laughs> off. <laughs> ooh, ooh, I didn't mean that. No, it's, it was supposed to be a motivational thing. Oh, not. sorry. I, death. Yeah, how about, yeah, yeah. Death is awesome, right? Death is good. Dying? That's Let's go do we're that. Let's go do that. Let's go do that. Anyone else want the end of their spear cut off? Because I could totally do that. This is a nutty scene. This is, um, you know, and it's it's obviously there's not this many horse people, but um, a lot of damn. But horse they people. had all the horse people. There were hundreds they, of them. They had a lot of them, and they had, and they they talked about the the difficulty of doing that because New Zealand's not that big a country, and uh, they they literally made a thing about it. it's like if you've got a horse, bring your trailer. We're going to camp out together, and 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 it, and a lot of the Rohirrim are women who have beards that they've glued on them because it's like, you know, they, they had time like, yeah, my husband can come. And, you know, like, I don't own a horse. I wanted to come out. But they were like, yeah, fine. Put on the armor. Put on a beard. You're good to go. That makes watching behind the scenes footage really confusing. For it me. does. They, uh, they get a lot of mileage out of joking about how Vigo had his eye on a, on a Rohirrim dude that was a chick, but we were never sure, et cetera, et cetera. But, but yes, these, I mean, obviously the, the falls are digital, which is, uh, but uh, there's, some, there's some wide shots here of a lot of people on horseback running really fast. It's scary. It's scary just to think. Oh, they really did that. Yeah, shit. and they and they talk about how those fields have like a rabbit plague. I mean, all of New Zealand apparently yeah. has this problem with rabbits, so they had to they comb the entire area for rabbit holes so that they wouldn't end up have you know breaking any horses' legs and having to put them down and stuff like that. So they went like inch by inch, yeah. just over this ent- huge, massive expanse, so they could get these horses at full bore. Just you know. Uh, 40 across or whatever. I have to say, it's rather pleasurable seeing orcs being afraid. <laughs> yeah. After all, after these three movies. And run down by horses. That's right. Yeah. They're like, oh Do my it. god, now I'm scared. There goes Amr. See? Yeah. That was the shot he was meant as an actor <laughs> to be second. in. That's yeah. Right. That was his career encapsulated in like 14 frames. It's mm. always, it's always the the bit where it's like, that one in his mouth. Look, you can see it yeah. in his oh, mouth. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I hope it's glycerin for his sake. It is. They, they talk about that, but yeah, it's like ew. I mean, p- 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 p. They, you got to be some serious crazy to go. Okay, burn me alive. Yep, let's do let's this. do this. Yeah, he's seriously crazy. Uh huh. I I like the shot coming up where it's like dolling around and pushing in right on the here right here. Where it's like Dang. and Gandalf. That's a Jacksonian shot. Yeah, Gandalf's like Aragorn taught me how to come through a door. Yeah. I used a horse. It's even more <laughs> awesome that way. Shadow effects. Get the door. <laughs> Good horse. <laughs> good that he good horse ask, God. Good horse God. He didn't horse ask God. to reduce the madness, only to stay yeah. in madness. How about how about you just we can do the we can do the madness later. Yeah. Well, let's discuss I'm it. I'm not saying lose the madness because yeah. that's good. I like the madness. The madness is good. It brings a good energy to the room. But, okay. but seriously, Denny, have yeah. you looked out your window? We got yeah. we yeah. got other right. things to pay attention to right now. Can we just hold this until tomorrow? You know, it, it's interesting. This character is is basically he's. You know, everyone. Well, he's kind of the paradigm of cowardice. He's convinced that they'll lose. He has. He has just. He has no willingness. I think you said before to lead. He can't even lead enough to do that. Yeah. To, so to believe. And, he's, and yeah. so he's willing to basically lead into death and and losing as opposed to fighting to the last. Yeah. 
And there's an interesting contrast there between Theoden and Denethor. Yeah. yeah. You know, Theoden is facing certain deaths, so he screams death at the top of his lungs and rides into battle with 3,000 men. Denethor sets himself on fire. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. And, fa- and, and even, the, even the contrast between Denethor and Faramir. Faramir is willing to die for f- f- stupid shit, frankly. <laughs> and, and, and Denethor is, is like, well, I will kill myself out of grief, not because I believe in anything. And here we go for the mile sprint. Here, here we goes. go. Here he goes. <laughs> on a much longer run than they planned for. <laughs> yeah. Run, right. run, run. Oh, See, that's yeah. look how much, look how much yeah. territory he covered. Pass the fountain, man. <laughs> Yahoo. Woohoo. Well, well, I'm well. surprised he had enough muscle left to get there. <laughs> exactly. It's like, I'm just, uh, can someone carry me to the thing and throw me off? Because I, I lost left. the use of my limbs. It's really important to go out dramatically. Yeah. Yes. This whole day hasn't gone like I you know, planned. I, I yeah, like, this didn't go well at all, frankly. I think he's still actually falling. I don't think he's still falling. That would be great. Like, ten minutes of battle, and then splat. And then he finally lands. Oh, yeah. whoa. We finally get a cut of this yeah. cor- the charred corpse. Someone threw out a perfectly good king there. Look yeah. at that. I'd Nothing's like, going to get to the bottom of the ash I'd anyway. like to see the extended, extended version where we see the whole run all the way down. Yeah. Yeah. Burning, burning, burning. And he's still burning, and he's still running. <laughs> where he stops halfway to catch his breath. He's just making it worse. <laughs> Now here's yeah. for a cigarette. Like, okay, well, <laughs> now, Ironically. We're, now we're toast. I remember this being a really, actually, great moment in the theaters because, of course, by now, you know, the last time you saw this stuff was in in Two Towers, and it, they didn't like, even oh, make that's right. They've got Mondo elephants. Yeah, exactly. So, so it's like they turn the tide of battle. We're winning. Awesome. And then, wait, what? It, like even as a as a as a viewer, it's like, oh, this are you like, serious are you right get now? A, get out of town. <laughs> yeah. What? Gigantic elephants with spikes and okay, that's that's like the Middle Earth equivalent of sharks with laser beams on their heads. Yeah. So it's like okay, really, really, all right. That's that's crazy. I'm sorry, that's crazy. Somebody had to think this stuff. That's up. The, yeah, that's yeah. the that's the uh, that, that's like the Joss Whedon line is is Joss Whedon's version of this. King Theoden's like. That's crazy, right? <laughs> to the guy behind him. That's I'm not just not. Yeah. That's crazy. You right. guys see that's, this too? Because I get into some yeah, bad right. mood. It's not just me. Yeah. I've seen a lot of shit, but that's messed up. I'm sorry. It just is. I mean, it's a good idea, yeah. but it's crazy. <laughs> yeah, that's right. The one that's the one that I hate the most is the one that's got the the barbed wire between the tusks. Yeah. Like, oh, that's just oh man. The cattle catcher. Cool. You guys are giving this way too much thought in Elephant Town. <laughs> you know what we could totally do. It's not enough that we're like got fifty archers on top of spiked elephants. It's like, well, what you want to like throw rocks down on them? What, what else? What else do you need? Man, these guys have been planning this you for know, a while. I, I just had a bad flashback to Phantom Menace for some reason. <laughs> it's okay, man. We'll get through this together. Yeah, is, there oh. kind of, is there any other? Is there any other kind of flashback to Phantom Menace? This is some gnarly stuff. And again, it's it's when I saw this with oh, the, and the step uh, they talked about. It's like, well, we're really mean to the oh. elephants. Like we start shooting arrows and stuff at them, so we had to have them step on like the horses, yeah. so that so you hated like, them. And you, well, yeah. I like horses marginally more than elephants. Yeah. So I oh. guess uh, oh. right on its fucking yeah. head. And yeah. Yeah. Now yeah. the elephant can go. Sorry, yeah. you were yeah. saying That's no. I, the uh, what what impressed me, and it's it's going to come up in, uh, in in several scenes uh, coming up when they start to bring him down, is. Uh, I was just so amazed, like, oh my god, what an animation nightmare to to all the all the collisions of the elephants. Oh yeah, um, and then you know, and then uh, then later, a couple of years later, this was all just preamble for the dinosaur stampede in King Kong, which yeah. is insane in terms of like just this big pile of dinosaurs all tumbling together. This is like the the test case for the dinosaur crash. That that hero shot there that you mm. just saw, like, there's a thing on one of one of the little behind the scenes bits that um, where they they had a version of this all the way up to almost release, and then Jackson was never quite happy with it, and then kind of said, mm, "Can we change that one?" And they're like, 
This has to go out (laughs) the day after tomorrow. They reanimated and re-rendered that shot in those less than 48 hours, as I understand it. What's crazy about this, and it's something that would not be... Because the magic of movies is so strong, you might, if you're not literally in the industry and you don't do this for a living, you might not even really pay attention to this, even though you know. Remember, those elephants don't exist. Are we all (laughs) clear on that? Now, here's the thing with those. That's crazy, right? (laughs) Yeah, that's crazy. That means that they they are meshes in 3D that are probably too complex to be set up as collision objects, which means they had to be hand animated to not intersect yes. when they bumped into each other because I, I like how you're like I know not everyone's in the industry so jargon 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 yeah. <laughs> like yeah <laughs> my point is but anyway yeah. my point is just to I, highlight excess work mike remember that those elephants it's not as simple as you animate them running into each other it's you animate them running towards each other, and then if they touch, their immediate, the, the way the software will work, their immediate thing will be to cross through each other. They're CG objects. Yeah, they Someone don't, they don't know that they need to not do that. Crunching together at every conceivable weird-ass angle with skin flopping around every time. Right. Well, I mean, That's you can, impossible. To That's, a certain level, you can tell the computer to do that, but you certainly have to, to, to manually adjust that. It's hard! Yeah, exactly. It's, hard. it's it, not easy. It's not something that you can... It's what we in the industry call hard as shit. Yeah. It's not something that you can... And I'm sorry, I should probably define what that means. <laughs> you and your jar can yeah, train. That's, that's, I know, I went over one's head with that. And that was... But, um, yeah, it's, it's not the kind of thing that you sanely do yeah. with 36 hours to go. And that's why when I saw King Kong and suddenly the dinosaur stampede and then it just started like turning into a dinosaur avalanche, I'm like, you insane motherfuckers. <laughs> Holy God! It's like it's like Peter Jackson's just like daring Weta to just lose their minds. Like, well, I mean, on okay, the, I had on an the, idea for a sequence. Oh God! Here we go. Oh Jesus! What now, Pete? What do you got? On the subject of not everybody being in the industry, I mean, take the animation out of it. There are shots in this movie that you couldn't render in forty-eight hours. Right. If you just lost the frames, you know, if somebody tripped over a power cord and you lost the frames, and you just needed to re-render the shot. That's a week. Yeah. I, I'm maybe exaggerating. I don't actually know the numbers on this film, but it's not unheard of for single shots, you know, 50 frames to take days just oh, yeah. to render. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Um, I, I mean, that's why you get a render farm. So it's like, well, that's going to take eight days. So if we put a bunch of computers on it, that'll take a day. <laughs> so awesome. Yeah, but no, and the not, best... but no one else gets to render that day. Yeah, but the everyone best, else. The best home. part about that um, that statistic, that rough statistic of stuff just taking days is that that hasn't changed in the better part of 20 or 30 years. Right. It's just that everything else has gotten so much better, including the computing power, that everything can just look better and yeah. better and Every, better. Everything, but it still just takes forever. Everything gets the more crazy com- bastard wants to double the amount of frames. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What is wrong with he you? Wants to, he wants to – no, he wants <laughs> – What? No, no, no. Actually, he wants to quadruple the amount yeah. of frames Left because he right wants to do ID. two cameras uh, running at 48 frames per second. Yeah. And I just have to say, this man for, needs to be stopped. Yeah. <laughs> I just want to say for all those people out there who keep hearing, oh yeah, 4K televisions, that's going to be the next best yeah. thing. No, no, oh, no, 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 yeah. no, no. As, as as someone who as everyone else in the room who works on this stuff, no. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. 
No. Yeah. By the way, I, no one wants to work on that. I, I, I do, uh, going back to the movie, I love the shot where Theoden sees the Witch King coming, and uh, you just, it's just the perfect performance where he's like, you fucking kidding me right now? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I just want giant elephants, and that's yeah. going to get eaten by some, some dude's lizard. That's, that's messed up. It's not, like, it's not like fear or anything. He's yeah. like, are you fucking kidding me? This is not the day I expected when I got out <laughs> yeah, of my, exactly. my cave this morning. Can Ooh, nothing there go, you right. go? Who wants some sushi? That's Hello. right. Hirashimase. He, and it makes it makes such great Don't noises as it's dying. I, I gotta say, just a <laughs> keep on going, yeah. keep on. She'll do it. Yeah. And it, and, <laughs> yeah. No, and and now this is really significant that even given Tolkien, you know, and, and in terms of where women were in society when he wrote this. Here she is. Well, it's one of the few, you know, it's well, the one time it happens. happens. It's, a, it's, it's an interesting twist on the whole no man born of woman Julius Caesar thing. Um, uh, Macbeth, sorry. I thought it was Macbeth, and I was wow. like, no, that must be wrong for some I'm reason. I'm so impressed that more than one person in the room like, that's Macbeth. Thank you. I, I, it's a highbrow show. Yeah. yeah. I, I, I second-guessed myself on that one. I should have gone with my – but anyway, thank you, everyone. From the, this from the was, chat room, hold on a second. Uh, Joseph Rule believes that Gollum took eight hours a frame to render, and then Treebeard was forty-eight. That sounds right. That a sounds frame. right. B- because they because he was Treebeard was very procedural with his tree beard, um, especially. <laughs> yeah. What, <laughs> what, what, sort of what it says on the tin. Well, the L systems and stuff like that. Yeah. I, as far as the Macbeth thing goes, I I totally buy this like loophole to the thing way more yeah. than I buy what's like even reading or watching Macbeth. You're like, wait. That's kind of bullshit, yeah. Shakespeare. Yeah. By the by, the uh, way, the cesarean section. Yeah. Yeah. he still came out of. It's a because wonder. it was a cesarean section that yeah. I was like, maybe it was Caesar, and that's where it, I don't know. Yeah, but yeah. Um, yeah. but yeah, it's this totally this bullshit. too is a little bit of a loophole. It's like so. Is that where cesarean so the yeah. universe in this case though, it's like so the universe runs on word games. Yeah, exactly. Like, no man can kill me. I'm a woman. It, uh, damn really shit. Not, that's not what we meant by hey, get the sword out of my head. What are you talking? Hey, oh god damn it. I think I think that's very much uh, you know mythology and folklore. You know, there's yeah. the whole the, the monkey's paw and stuff like that. Uh, yeah. It's like if you don't, I am phrase Rumble your sh- answer my riddle. Yeah, if you don't phrase your shit right, it's gonna blow up in one your thing face. That, one thing they yeah. do talk about again, the whole idea of Jackson always going one step beyond is his mace or that's a, whatever you call that. The, yeah, yeah, uh, his his maul morning or whatever star. His, thing, yeah. his his morning star is Peter kept going make it bigger, and so this this morning star, the the art department came back with a morning star that was comically huge. And and Peter Jackson said, "You're getting close. You're getting close. Yeah. But can it be just a little bigger than that?" They they, they brought him one that's like he's going to laugh out loud and go, oh, "That's that's great." But he was like, "A little bigger than that, and you're there." So he's he's got this thing that's like the size of a Volkswagen. <laughs> and of course, we talked right over the, the what was in at least in my theater when I saw this the biggest applause line in sure. in yeah. the film. I am very very big moment. Yeah, and, and she just delivers that like she's been waiting to do it for she's three been years. Two she's been waiting to do three films. That's right. Yeah. It's it's it is actually one of those moments that is a little. From from it's a little my perspective. It's a little drawn out because of the yell she does beforehand. Yeah. Uh, reading it in the book, and I, there's another moment, a very important moment coming up that I'll I'll kind of talk about the same thing. Reading it in the book, it was more like she was like, "I am no man," pow, and yeah. just like right in his face, and that. You know the the force of that would have been so much better than her reeling back and screaming. And yeah, so, in she, my opinion, yeah, I, I think, I think it's yeah, they milked it a little too hard. For yeah. the, to to get the moment. Yeah, 
But Aragorn's like, Aragorn, dude, just stand back. You've got a ghost army yeah. that's leveling the world back there. Yeah. So you just, you can chill. You can stand down, Aragorn. No, I've, like, been st- I've been on a oh. boat. I need to get yeah, some... I, just, I need to stretch my legs. I'm yeah. just so pent up. We've been on a boat for three days. Now, even with the ghost army doing it, we haven't, we haven't had... Here comes Legolas. I always call this Legolas' wild ride. Yes. Which, <laughs> <laughs> because it's just like, this is just what they said. Okay, we're just going to do the most insane sequence we can possibly think of. Yeah. And, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Wait, and you were complaining about him climbing on a horse. Well, they did. But, <laughs> yeah. No, and that's and well, that's the, the thing. The difference is this is a good shot that. because because he he did that. That's why this exists. And I I will say this doesn't super bother me, but there is a little weirdness where it's like there's a point where <sighs> the movies stop trying to cater to the fans of the book and they become aware that they're catering to fans of the movies. Right. And it becomes this weird like loop thing because they added this after. Legolas being badass had had worked so well in the previous movies, and they have felt like they had to amp it up. It's kind of like, mm, well, I don't know. But yeah, I, I don't disagree with that, but if yeah. if it's three minutes of that out of thirteen hours <laughs> of movie, yeah. uh, you know, I'm I'm gonna Everyone overlook it. it later on in but the it's sequence. Like, though, but it's a, it's again, it's like, wait, why why did we even get the ghost army? Fucking a, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Legolas has got discovered. Legolas has got it. Legolas can do a whole mama. Stand back, guys. Himself. I got this. But yeah, he mounts right. he mounts a horse again later in the sequence as kind of like a repentant callback to the right. really bad one from the other movie. Right. So there you go. So he that's, gets it right. Yeah. There no, you go. See, yeah. see, that's your like. All right. Check where that it's, shit. It's a very similar mount, but he does this wind up first, where he jumps around the other side of the horse and then pulls back around from around the front of the horse with his forearm and then gets back on, and it works a little bit better just because it has that kind of weight. I don't. I don't even. I don't even remember the that. The problem with the horse one is the physics just doesn't work. Yeah. I don't even remember the one you're talking about, which means I guess it was successful because it didn't stand out to me as being horribly out of place. I just Yeah, it's all in the wind-up because the, the one that everybody calls out as being terrible has no wind-up. He right. just kind of jumps around this horse. But yeah. in this other one that I don't think we've seen yet, he like he snaps against the horse's body on the wrong side and then I guess uses that to pull okay. himself around. By the way, the we'll see we have, uh, we've gone a long way today in <laughs> movies. Uh, and we haven't actually done much down in front. We have nothing to say, abstract conversation. But I want to have one, not because we're out of things to talk about, but because I'm curious. Didn't we go rambling about Star Trek for like 20 minutes? For <laughs> yeah, well, something like that. <laughs> <laughs> I don't remember. My what thing else. is, um, is it just me? Because I've seen the Lord of the Rings movies. Did Lord of the Rings ruin epic battles for you? How so? Well, a lot of the power of the just epic like battle, nothing else is that can be as good. Well, or that's what? part of it's. I'm coming at that exact thing from like four different places. Where one. This was really perfectly done. Just uh, cinematically, if it was a short film of this battle, you'd be like, God damn, Gareth Edwards. <laughs> wow. uh, yeah. um, but even all that aside, you, you get to the point where you're really invested in all these battle scenes and who's going to win and who's not and what's going to happen. You don't even care about the orcs. You just, you're glad that one died and that kind of shit, and it's that much of an emotional investment. And we get to this point where we're watching these 30-minute-long sequences of battles these absolutely epic battles. And then you look at like Clash of the Titans and you're like, I haven't yet. But and you're, and yeah. you're like, must we get out of there? Clash of the Titans. You're not Lord <laughs> of the Rings. You're a Clash of the Titans. Yeah. yeah. Has it gotten to the point for you guys as it has for me where it's like, nope, there's no more epic battles because Lord of the Rings already happened. Well, I, I don't know if it's well, no more epic battles, but I can't think of any epic battle in the decades since that that is on this level or that, you know, I think is as well done. There may, there may be an example I'm not thinking of, but I think seen. it's, but I think it also, you need the, re- the material that requires that. And this material is perfect for this. This is what this was all about. Yeah. yeah. I and mean, it, it, they've built, you know, they've, they've built 
you know, it, like as you said, you know, we actually care. There's, it's not like okay, and then you know, Michael Bay did 30 minutes of Transformers punching skyscrapers. I don't give a shit, but I, I am invested in this battle, and it's like why yeah. I'm really, I really am like, you know, want to know how it comes you out. In addition to it being beautifully staged, you have to be invested in the outcome. With, whereas something with Clash of the Titans, which again, caveat, I haven't personally seen, but having seen other things that like Sam Worthington has been in and, and <laughs> Will Terry has made a couple other things, yeah. and uh, I, it's, it's sort of like okay. I don't really care about you because you have no charisma, and I don't really care about the the stakes and the situation here and stuff like that. So it's like, it could be a very cool battle, but I am in no way invested in the way it comes out. If you die right now, I am gonna go get Ben and Jerry's afterwards either way and not feel too sad. Um, so that's the main thing. Just like Serge said, it's like you have to have the right material to support the epic battle, and then when the epic battle is part of telling the story as opposed to just, oh, look, isn't this awesome? Shiny things jingling in front of you. Uh, then it will work, but I don't... I, I, I will agree that I don't think there has been anything since Lord of the Rings that has done that. But this worked a long time, and we've, we've talked about this. This worked a long time up to the battles in Two Towers and in this film. A lot, a lot of build-up. In fact, Two Towers was mostly all build-up. Oh, yeah. But you need that. You need, that. you need to lay all the groundwork so you can do that that's and achieve that. That's, I, I want to throw in... Yeah, well, the Battle go. of Hogwarts tried. Battle of Hogwarts, I thought, okay, this might be almost as awesome or as awesome as Lord of the Rings. I was really disappointed. Yeah, the Battle, really of Hogwarts, the Battle of Hogwarts build-up was perfect. The yeah. actual battle was disappointing. But what this movie did so spectacularly well that, that the Potter movies got close to, but so many other examples like Clash of the Titans just failed to accomplish, Transformers especially. Not only do we have the character story, let's just take that as read for the moment. These movies created a world that is more beautiful and more wonderful than ours. And mm -hmm. the stakes of the battles that we're watching. I like our, world. <coughs> our world's okay. The, the, the stakes. Well, so we, we have antibiotics, I, I which is nice. <laughs> As we go to the houses of the healing. And, and indoor plumbing. No, the, the, Dentistry the, the is, stakes is of these battles, it's, it's the end of the world, but it's the end of a better world. It's mm -hmm. the end of a more idealized world than the one we have. So not only do you have the story of these characters and you're invested in the characters, subconsciously you know, okay, the characters are going to be fine. It's a, it's a you're story. You're invested in the world. You're invested in the well, world. Well, like the Shire, like we've been talking like about. The scouring you're, invested, right. you're invested in sparing the Shire and having this ideal world. Exactly. Being, we, we, being we've said safe. that so yeah. many times over the course of the day, it would have been a major letdown for the Hobbits to come home and find the Shire yeah. scouring. Yeah, but, but well, I, as and a movie audience. Yes. Here, I want right. to throw in a, a quick example. It's a callback. Kingdom of Heaven yeah. came out after this. I think it nope. did a pretty Kingdom good job of, Heaven of is doing close. some really good large-scale battles. I will say that's that's the closest now. That, you know, like I said, there might be one I'm not thinking of. Kingdom of Heaven, I, I was impressed by. I, I, I did a good job. Uh, I, I haven't seen it, so I can't speak to it, but Serge made another good point about the idea of build-up because a lot of the problems with Transformers, and again, I'm guessing Clash of the Titans, is they tend, you know, characters will get into scenes and they will just plot at each other. And then, and then suddenly it's like, oh no, a monster! And there's a big monster fight. There's not a sense where it's like, this entire movie has been building to the monster fight, and the outcome of the monster fight will decide the fate of this world. Clash of the Titans probably with the friggin' Kraken and not whatnot. Really, no. No? No. Right. Not really, no. Not as much as you might have hoped. Okay, so, but, but, but that's the problem. It's like, again, with the characters and just with the world, 
there's no understanding and no appreciation of this is why I care about how this turns out. Now, it can be said that the Harry Potter films, you know, spent X number of films, what are seven, eight? They spent the, all the films, All yeah. the films building up to the last big battle, yeah. and I haven't seen it yet, so oh. I, I, can't, I can't state my... Harry dies. My, <laughs> <laughs> big deal. Uh, my, my disappointment. Harry kills but, Dumbledore. But, but <laughs> once again... <laughs> all right, I'm leaving. <laughs> No, but but it's it's finding the right material again. Yeah, and you know, Transformers happens in the modern world, and also depends on how seriously you take it. And it, it, Transformers is certainly about more about. I don't know. It doesn't take itself as seriously. I mean, this is, no, this, certainly. this takes itself very seriously and treats its 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 uh, materials with a great deal of love and respect. I can't say the same thing for Transformers. Well, well it's th- not like there's a lot to respect in Transformers, let's yeah. be it's fair. It's a toy! I, I think it probably respects yeah. Transformers a lot more than it deserves, it to be honest. It respects the money. By the way, just another yeah. one of those you know, little Jacksonian... Uh-oh, too hot for Hobbiton. Yeah. Ooh, ooh. <laughs> <laughs> Chippendales. Yeah. The, uh, one of the little behind-the-scenes stories that amazes me, too, is uh, Peter also would... He wouldn't just like surprise the effects department, the visual effects people. He would also, you know... Rock the world of the art department as well, and that that mama kill was one was one of them. Oh, he goes, the um, I need a mama kill. What? <laughs> it doesn't. It's I dead. Need, it doesn't have to. It move. doesn't have to move or anything. I just need a dead one, a thing that's. And you and if you look at it, it's like it's 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 clearly the baby mama kill. It's not nearly the real scale, but it's it's it ain't no elephant either. It's massively huge. And the art department just like when do you need it? Uh. Tuesday? <laughs> it literally was some insane schedule that he put them on because he wanted to shoot, you know, and I really wanted to do a scene with the dead mom. And they got out there with, you know, Matt, all the styrofoam blocks in New Zealand and just started carving <laughs> and started painting and go, there's your mama kill, you crazy bastard. Go yeah. ahead and shoot your movie. That was how it worked on these movies. I mean, you could, you guys couldn't see it. Trey mimed it out, but, but you know, Jackson would ask for something and, and they'd say, when you need it, he'd look at his watch, not his calendar. <laughs> yeah. uh, lunch? Yeah. Uh, I, lunch, should, lunch. I should really have been shooting it today and I just forgot to tell you. Yeah. So. I think it's a weird touch, but Frodo is bound with dreadlocks. Like, those are hair. That's hair rope that he's kind of his it arms makes are tied sense. up. Did, well, it wasn't that a just kind of a thing? Not not with the orcs, obviously, because they don't they exist. They don't have a lot of agriculture. But, um, no, yeah, totally now. now Sam has a ring, right? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Right okay. now, Sam has the ring, but they don't. But but we don't know. And that. we don't know so, that because so, they've got Frodo even covering his right. neck, so yeah. we're not aware yet. Although, so. well, he just felt for it and realized. Oh, okay, that it was so, gone. Did, yeah. so what's up with the all-out fight? Why'd they go uh, uh, shit over Frodo? He, he, ask Tolkien because yeah, he kind of threw that in there that's, too. That's Tolkien's you catastrophe. Well, it that's, was that's his idea of storytelling that sometimes. <laughs> Bad things happen to good people, and sometimes good things happen to bad people, yeah. and that's just part of life. So yeah. I'm going to use that as a storytelling yeah. device. <laughs> sometimes, so, sometimes so good things happen to the good people by bad things out. happening to the bad people. Yeah. yeah. So, um, well, so it just so happens that uh, in, in, in the Lucky Sam, that the orcs decide yeah. to start killing Asterix. each other. So these right. things, these things are I can't remember what they're called. The guardians, the watchers, something. There's a whole like psychic force field thing that they do. That's an entire little segment in the book, which again. Is actually a, is, is that here or is that Minas Morgul? Oh, uh, that's right here. That's okay. right here. As as Sam tries to to enter and he's like invisible, so they like feel the ring or something. But, oh, that's right. Um, it's a it it is a cool sequence. It's a, a well written passage in the book. Again, totally see why it was cut out. Although apparently they did shoot it. So Jackson, they in, shot an invisible Sam crawling past I, an invisible yeah. force field. <laughs> yes, they didn't even have to take the lens cap I, off. I yeah. shot that too. Yeah, <laughs> um, I, just, I shot that. Just I now. do that every day. But. Um, 
uh, they, I guess the, you know him and Wraith World or whatever. But uh, Jackson was on the commentaries. He's constantly joking about the 25th of anniversary edition. They're gonna add all this stuff in and <laughs> yeah. go back and do reshoots. And and, and his like co-writers that. hit him harder and harder every yeah. time he yeah. makes that joke. Every time they're like, "Oh my God, stop!" Because you can you can hear in their voices that every time he makes that joke, they feel like he's getting less and less joking about it and more <laughs> and more serious. <laughs> sort of warmed the idea, <laughs> and they start to panic. Um, it was a it was over the mithril. Um, in the in yeah. the book, the, the, the fight the, started over in the and over well, in the movie too. Yeah, yeah. well, it was it, yeah. It, it's like you know you're dealing with the orcs, so it's like the fight starts over the mithril, and then you get that one guy who comes in. And it's like, what are we fighting about? Who fucking cares? We're fighting, and that's you know how the the well, scene continues. It's not like it's unearned. I mean, in in uh, the beginning of Two Towers, we did have orc cannibalism as a major right. plot point. I right. Mean, right, these are people who eat each other because they get peckish. Wait, these yeah. guys are reavers. Yeah. 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 Okay. Yeah. Oh, I get it now. I okay. like the I like the little detail um that we'll see kind of throughout the scene and they don't make point of it but it's just again a nice little detail that they they do cuz they do that so well in these movies is the the scabbing and scarring around Frodo's neck. Yeah. Right. Like the the ring has gotten heavier and heavier and scraped the chain has been scraping away the skin and really I think um so I I really well, like that little this touch. Is, this is, this is a ca- like, this is a case here where uh I think in the in the theatrical version is superior because because it's just shorter and sweeter is is Sam's whole entrance into the castle isn't in the theatrical edition. It literally is like, oh, Frodo's at the end of his rope and, and the orc's about to stab him and, and suddenly the glowing blade appears right. and you go, Fucking Sam Yeah. That's like the first hint you have that he's that he's even there. You know, that yeah, yeah. Right. it actually is it actually works better because it, you don't go, How did he get through a whole castle full of orcs? Because the explanation for how he got through a full castle of orcs is almost as dumb as just like right. he just got through a castle of orcs. Just deal with it. Okay, yeah. that was off well, camera. That, well, I, don't they come back down and it's like, wow, everyone was just kind of dead when I got here. <laughs> yeah, so yeah, yeah they both killed each other. But, they, but yeah. they showed the fight starting, and then the fight kind of heads down yeah. the stairs. So you kind of imply it, but <laughs> it's, it's a like very he bad fight. He, he literally <laughs> came from street level to yeah. the top of the World Trade Center, yeah. and all the orcs were already dead. I like uh, they they talk about this, but but power of editing right there is is. In the original way they shot it, Frodo was coming on. You know, Frodo was like, "Give me the ring, give me," you know, and and that Sam, the reaction shots are of Sam being like, "Jesus, I'm pretty sure I shouldn't do that." Actually, now that I'm here and looking at you freaking out, but the way they recut it and they they use different takes of Frodo, they may have even um, reshot some stuff. It became a thing where Sam, even though he's had it for like five minutes, is already like, "No, I don't, I don't want to give it back." It's it's mine, and finally does, and sure, it's, yeah. it's a really interesting way that they managed to kind of get that out of it. Two quick things. Actually, one quick thing, and then one open question that I want to talk about. First thing is, uh, everybody in this room, and in the chat room, 12 hours. <laughs> we <laughs> just Yahoo. hit 12 hours. No, I think we're at 11 and a half, because didn't we start at 10.30? We started at 10.30. Yeah, 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 but the stream started 12 hours ago, so okay. fuck it. Oh, okay. Okay. I was 12 so hours ago, I was racing back from Hollywood with rented boom mics. Yeah. So anyway. So that means if our production day is officially over. We're, we're now making overtime. We're at overtime. Right overtime. Yeah. So we're going to get paid time yeah. and a half for the next four hours. No, double time. No, this is double time now. Oh, yeah, exactly. After 10. After 8. 12. After 8, it would be time and a half. I see what you... I see what you tried to do Thank there. Thank you, everybody. And, and here's the second thing. Yeah. Um, it's possible because, as I just pointed out, 12 hours, I've been in and out. Have we talked about uh, – we've talked about casting for a few characters. Have we actually talked about Elijah Wood? No, actually. We haven't actually talked you. about the fact that what – you, What you even got to talk about is perfect. Not e- <laughs> oh, okay. Well, good. I was really going to say – Go ahead. Well, first, uh, first off, just to kind of prime the conversation, Elijah Wood and Sean Astin are both American boys. Yep. 
and they're both doing whatever fake version of fake British they're all doing to kind of align with each other. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're, I think they're selling the accents, and not to mention, how do you guys feel about their performances as characters? Elijah Wood and Sam, you know, fucking Sean Astin. Are, are, is this what you wanted out of a Sam Gamgee and an Elijah Wood, those of you that have read the book and everyone? Is this what you wanted out of this? Is this good? Yeah. Uh, granted, I didn't read the books until after I watched the theatricals, but, I mean, it's... It, and it's an old, you know, saying that you know, casting is fifty percent of making your movie, and or what your play or whatever. And it's absolutely true for this. And the casting is absolutely perfect, with a couple of yeah. slight blemishes, but <laughs> in all the big parts, in in all the major, it's perfect. Yeah, absolutely as perfect. as written in the books, Frodo is kind of. He is a bit more mature. He's a bit more adult. I mean, Isn't he's he like, in his forties. He's he's like fifty when he actually goes on the journey. But like what? in he, in he's fifty in human years, but in Hobbit years, that's like in his twenties. Basically, he's like twenty two, twenty three. Gandalf spends seventeen years going to the library. So. Yeah, exactly. Um, uh, yeah, he was like that's exactly it. He was thirty three when when Bilbo left, and so seventeen years later, he'd be fifty. Um, but that's still very young for a Hobbit. Um, he's he's barely. You know, he's barely come of age at that point. Um, so he, he is a bit more mature, but in the way that Tolkien kind of writes everyone the way Tolkien probably was, you know, he, he writes probably, if you knew Tolkien, it'd be like, all of these characters kind of sound like you, dude. But um, uh, I don't mind the fact that Frodo starts more childlike and innocent and and, and more like you kind of think of as as hobbits as being um because then that gives him somewhere to go and that and then that loss of innocence is much more painful over the course of the the story so um if anything i kind of i think this frodo is probably a little more successful than than book frodo just because he has an he has more of an arc that he goes through. a, a more visible one at yeah least. yeah i think oh, he's uh, great elijah yeah, wood wins great. my most most exceeded expectations. Was he nominated for an Oscar? I don't remember. I think he was good, that good. He should have been. But yeah. It's the Academy. I, I will differ <laughs> with one thing you said, Teague, and this is just my ear. I don't think either Sean Astin or Elijah Wood can sell the accent worth a damn. I think no. I think they would be drowning if <laughs> they if they were you know if they were trying to sell that accent, but they get away with it anyway. You know, it, it, it becomes one of those things that. That just doesn't matter. Well, that's ultimately. how it's like. Well, that's how hobbits talk, I guess. But that's like I, I that's like so. John Carter, you know, where all the Martians speak with a British accent. So what the hell? Well, that's yeah. different. I mean, everybody knows that Brits are Martians. Oh. Yeah. Oh. So, so, so yeah, Elijah. Yeah, Elijah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like Elijah a lot, and I like Elijah and uh, and Sean Astin as well. I mean, I had zero expectations of Sean Astin. I didn't have any mental picture of what Sam Gamgee should be like. But Sean Astin was like, he did like, his parents are famous actors and he did the Goonies and he's even actor anymore and I was like oh he's, yeah he yeah, does all right there he absolutely right? He does a good job it. absolutely nailed it throws it down yeah in the uh, in the theatrical cut it cuts straight from Gimli um saying you know what are we waiting small for small chance oh, of success blah yeah. blah what are we waiting for to here there's there is no Aragorn looking into the plantier scene and i think that's a, that was okay because we had we had the bit in um it was the yeah it was the beginning of this movie. We had the bit where he took the plantier from from uh, Pippin, and had his whole you know thing where he, he fell over. And I I took that as the moment that Sauron became aware that he was there. Yeah. So so I thought that moment was kind of covered, and that makes that scene kind of redundant. Although it is this it is the scene where he reveals himself to Sauron as having accepted 
his role and being like, I'm coming for you, fucker. It's, yeah, it's, it, right. I think it could go either way. It's, it, I don't yeah. think it's necessary. I yeah. agree with you yeah. there, but I also don't think it being there. It didn't kill anything. Enough. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's, it's the mean, weirdness it's of, from the past. You know. It's the weirdness of movie making where you can go, well, you got to have the scene where Aragorn says to Sauron, coming for you, motherfucker. <laughs> Actually, no, we just cut it right out. <laughs> really, you and, don't. Didn't, didn't miss it. Yeah. Like, really? You know, it's like, yeah, that's that's the process of editing that's always so weird. It's like, well, we got to have the scene because that's the whole key to the character. It's like, actually, uh, just look at it without that scene. Huh. Well, it's like that. <laughs> you know, that happens all the time in it's, editing. It's like that brain teaser riddle that you can find on the internet where it's a whole paragraph with all of the articles taken out or, con- or conjunctions or something. And if you just it's skim where it, all the letters, uh, like every. All the letters in every word is rearranged. Oh, yeah, so yeah. Except or for the first and last. Except first and last. Larger point being that you scan that and you see absolutely nothing wrong with it. It's the same way in editing. You don't have to have points A, B, C, and D. You can have points A and C, and the audience fills in B and D for themselves. Yeah. If, you know, if, if, right. you've, if you've done it correctly, and if you know, some, some things you can cut, and it's like, well, now it literally has fallen apart. Yeah, but but, knowing, but knowing how and where to cut is, is you know, that's why editing is, a, is an art. It's like, you know, we actually, what if we just, if I put a shot here of this, of that face, when he goes, Meh, I think that takes the place of that 10 minute scene that we shot. Yeah. You know, it's like, oh my God, you're right. And you just dropped eight pages of exposition. Exactly. They didn't notice guys that are half as tall as them? Uh, there, there are some smaller orcs, presumably. That's, that's another, that's another aspect where it's like, well, that's, that's what they did in the books. So, <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, they're, they're, they're probably about the same size as some goblins, so... <laughs> Or trolls. Like, Sorry, I'm doing that thing that I always tell everyone else not to do, which is talk off mic, but I'm trying Sorry, to yeah. prompt conversation. So if you're hearing a quiet guy talk, that's yeah. Teague, who's being an asshole. He, he pointed out that uh, you know they didn't notice that these orcs are so much smaller than everyone else. They're not thinking about it. They're yeah. just like, hey, you look like orcs. Get in Get line, fucking in line. Well, this, go. Yeah, they got the armor. Who else is going to yeah, wear that shit? Like, 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 oh, because, you know, we check... <laughs> We check carefully. It's like we check IDs. We check every orc to make sure they're not a halfling. They're not yeah. the goddamn Because PSA. that has happened exactly never before. <laughs> and <laughs> we are that on is, the lookout for that. Aren't you a little short for an orc? <laughs> yeah. Well, that's how, that's how the TSA operates. That's one exactly. guy tried a thing with a shoe one time. That's right. Everybody and, take their shoes and off. Failed, <laughs> and failed like a douchebag because that's the stupidest plan ever. We have to look for that for the next decade. Because well, there, there's plenty of room to quibble about all sorts of things. Yes, yeah, so then movies, they do have inspection. Like, oh, God damn it. Almost all of those nitpicks can be evaporated by just assuming that the orcs are dumb. Yeah, yeah. exactly. And I think I, I can go with that theory. Yeah. I, I think I can roll with that. I, I will dumb. say, sound design-wise, this guy is the one guy that kind of bothers me watching it because he makes he makes the, like... What, uh, uh, I guess, stock... What's, like, the... What's the sound equivalent of clip art? Like, he <laughs> I makes... Don't know. Are you talking about gateopen001.wave? Yeah, but he makes... <laughs> Exactly, because he makes he you know that that sound of like an angry bull charging like the 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 also sound. cat screech zero zero yeah. one dot wave he yeah. makes that exact bull sound and it's not like even altered or anything and you and and I'm guessing it was probably another one of those Peter Jackson things where he's like oh we need we're gonna put that scene back in Peter the we have to make the print and send it to to be mastered for the DVDs. In twelve hours, <laughs> just get the scene. And like, okay, well, okay. he makes a bull like sound. When you were watching, when everybody, I'm assuming everyone in the room, and also everyone listening to my voice live or in the future, heard the first time that monster in Avatar screamed, then you went exactly T-Rex. like a T-Rex. Yes, yes. you yes. didn't even try. You Same pitched thing. it down half a step. Yeah. What are you doing? Only Ooh. Avatar was worked on for nine years <laughs> for one movie. 
This was five years for three. Yeah, and and I'm sh- and again, this was an extended scene, so they were probably like, "Fuck it, who's fucking just know? go." Now um, the the other thing, and I'll, I'm gonna hand the, the problem is every time I talk, I have to take Jeff's mic out of the stand. But, and all by that the way, shit. not only did they not only did they not notice that these were smaller orcs, but one of them's carrying a bunch of pots and pans. <laughs> <laughs> Well, what's the education system really one look like from out of the Ed- ground to the front One of those orcs line. is Eddie Doty, and yeah. it's just okay now. <laughs> yeah. Orcs are dumb. You gotta wrap them up. Yeah, orcs are dumb. That's I all made a point. Uh, let's see. I'm going to check out my watch. Nine or so hours ago <laughs> about how uh, it staggers me, and I was talking to Jeff about this on IM at some point in the last couple of weeks, about how it it's it's almost like the way that something you've made and people don't all like it, and you hear their comments, and you're like, and it hurts your feelings. I have that same reaction to people who do not consider this up there with Kahuku's Pyramid and Apollo. It's like, this is the biggest filmmaking achievement of all time. <laughs> and if you don't realize that, fuck you. Fuck you. Just well, fuck so, your face. Yeah. It's just amazing. This is so, so ungodly much work. This is galactic work. There's this. There's this. I'm also uh, impressed on almost the same level with the Harry Potter series because it was a, it wasn't, it wasn't, you know. All, all the way through like this one was but but over the course of over a span of 10 years to make eight films with so much of the same cast and crew and stuff like that and and swapping out directors with with hardly a hiccup it's like that is a damn impressive achievement too but i think lord of the rings does edge it out slightly well, we, we, in a number let's, of ways let's let's yeah. just take a minute here and and do the accounting on this okay <laughs> because we have the most widely read genre book in human history. Yeah. We have, what was it? <laughs> You're forgetting the Bible. Yeah. Second, I, think this second out, most. I think this outsold the Bible recently. It, like, like what? since this came out, it finally like outsold the Bible. They're somewhere. one and two, and, and yeah. you know, a conversation is there to be had over whether you would count right. the Bible as genre fiction, but that's for another day. I think I've made my point. I, <laughs> think, I, I think I heard your point. But we start with that. We, we, we follow it up with 50 years of what effectively amounts to pre-production. Yeah. I mean, lessons learned. Then we have New Zealand, a country with, you know, no offense to the Kiwis in the audience, essentially no filmmaking industry to speak of. Right. We have a director with, you know, a bunch of exploitation movies under his belt and heavenly creatures. Yeah. We have... Who the fuck gave him this much money? <laughs> yeah. That's all I got to say. We have yeah, a just, failed... Wow. We New have line, a, a, not, yeah. a not big studio. Yeah. We have a failed production at Miramax that, that took, what, three years or something to, to settle out. We have a fired lead actor... In principle photography, yeah. we have, as Trey pointed out, not a massive, not, not one of the big three studios funding this operation. We have the, lar- I, somebody fact check me on this, I think it's the longest single princi- uninterrupted principle photography in per- human I'm, history. I'm pretty sure that's correct. It was like 439 days or something yeah, like, like that. like 15 was, months. Yeah. I don't remember. It's it's up there. Okay, yeah. it's up there is my point. We're going for a totality here. Yeah. And, okay, all of that. If they had finished that with three feature films that could actually be threaded through a projector, thumbs up, guys. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. way, way to go. On, no, no. On top of that, they made three movies that we can all, at the very least, agree are good. Yeah. I mean, it's like the bear and, in the and, circus. It's and, not that the bear dances well. It's that thing. the bear could dance at all. That <laughs> yeah, makes exactly. it so incredible. It's a bear and it's dancing. Yeah. Represent. The, and, it's dan- and it's dancing really well. I'm freaked out. Yeah, as opposed to we pointed it out. It's like, somehow... Somebody of a large studio and uh, a named director with uh, serious credits uh, managed to spend $250 million on a movie that apparently sucks ass that's out this weekend. Um, on one movie, mm. almost the budget of this entire movie, admittedly 10 years later. Right. But, you know, John Carter of Mars, how do you, 
How do you spend? I don't even understand how you spend two hundred fifty million dollars to make a movie. I don't, yeah. what, whatever movie hey, it is, Lone Ranger is going to cost two hundred fifteen yeah. million dollars, and they have to bring it down the budget. My whole, yep. Yeah, my I, thing I, is just at this point. My thing is if each of these movies cost hundred million dollars, that's all the money you ever need anyone. That's for a bargain. Any movie. Yeah, it's yeah. like no, here's my so th- much to just wave it in your face. Like, I was saying hundred million. That's Twenty what minutes they did. ago, I, I brought up the fact Apollo thirteen and Kuhuku's Pyramid at Giza and all that shit. But I'm, I, what I was getting at, and I, I, you know, gave away the mic. But my point was just. These are not even close. None of these, none of these three movies are even close to the most expensive film ever made. No. And what? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's, it's amazing. Like, it's these are go, just do like they, do they expensive, have, but not super expensive mainstream films. Go, do they have slave labor in, in New Zealand? Actually, I don't understand how they do that. Actually, to be fair, part of the reason they get away with it, and they, say it, and they say it in a roundabout way, they call it like Kiwi ingenuity and stuff like that. Yeah. They basically say, we're non-union, yeah. so anyone can move a damn light stand around here. That's how we got it done. Exactly. And I, I know some people who worked at uh, Weta, and they said, well, you know, it was we were inspired, and we felt, you know, we wanted to make this movie, and it was a goddamn sweatshop. Yeah. It's like we were just, you know, I was like, no, you, they just, you just work. You just work. And, and, and that was it. You work. Talking of Weta, I mean, just like the Apollo program, we have to give a shout-out to some spinoffs here. I mean, now we have massive software. That's a thing yeah. that didn't exist before. Weta Digital, a thing that didn't exist before. I mean, And it's now, now one of the major players. Yes, it's one of the main players. It is a top-shelf visual effects house and well-earned. I mean, it's, yeah. not like, it's not like they got grandfathered in just because they worked on this. No, those yeah. guys earned it. I, I, I love the mouth of Sauron. Yeah, I loved it in the books, and I love its execution. Totally g- a good cut. For the theatrical yeah. version, because it doesn't really accomplish anything, um, and it deals with the mithril vest, so you have to do all this setup and payoff and stuff like that. But um, I'm glad it's here it's, because it's, it's a great scene see. and it's a, a great and uh, it's creepy. And as what's oh, what's yeah. crazy is I never, of course, I never saw it until the the special editions. But the instant <laughs> he started to talk, I was like, "That's Bruce Goddamn Spence." Yeah, that's Bruce Spence. I'll what? be damned. Yeah, you can. That's the gyro captain. The, the, oh, the auto gyro. Are they doing a retiming thing? Like, did he have him read the lines back slowly? No, like but, but they, enlarged. they enlarged his the mouth. mouth. They enlarged his mouth. And I love the work uh-huh. that the makeup department did on the splits in his yeah. lip. So, like, when he expands it, they, they open up and stuff okay, like, that. That may like be, that. That may be digitally enhanced as well, but um, it I looks really good. I don't, good. I don't think it's digital. They, there's the thing in the making of, too, where they did the test where they said, just to make it, see if it, was, if it worked even where, where the mouth is sideways. Yeah. They just, like, just make try it sideways. And it's, it's really just... Okay, that's just kind of sickly disgusting and also hilarious at the same time. <laughs> so they just went, but they went with where it's it's enlarged. Yeah, just, just like Darkman. Yeah, <laughs> but wah, they wah. they talked about uh, you know the idea that from from and this is I I love the way they put it because it's very mythological and folkloric. It's like from just the evil he speaks, it's caused his lips to split. You know, it's it's it, it is a supernatural thing. Well, that, that's a theme that goes face. through the whole story. Both it's picked up in the books and in the movies. Is you know, Sar- uh, sorry, Saruman had his voice and, uh-huh. and the power of his the speech, power of his voice. Yeah, the power absolutely. of the black speech to corrupt. There's this idea that. That, and, and there's kind of a, a second step you can take with it if you want to be just a little bit kind of head up ass. The idea that speech can corrupt, but also that there are ideas that can corrupt. Uh-huh. And I think that that's something that Tolkien was Ooh, going after. Yeah. Nice. The, the, head, the head chop off and, and really the whole design of the Mouth of Sauron is, is amped up 
from the book because in the book he's just a dude. He's just a guy who comes out and he's like, "Hey, I can speak for Sauron," and they like threaten him and he's totally a pussy about it. He's like, "Hey, you can't. I'm a d- diplomat. You can't do that." He's like, "You just told us you killed our friends. How dare you and even pull that them. up and ate them?" And uh, but yeah, it's not as dramatic. They don't end up killing him. I love the way they designed him for this, where it's totally like he is just an avatar of Sauron. He's just a meat puppet, literally, yeah. that is used for Sauron to come out and speak. And and in the design, they were able to nail it so well that I mean, if if that were a real thing, that's what it would look like. <laughs> exactly, it's inevitable. That's exactly what that what that should look like. Yeah, it's like that's all he does. He doesn't need eyes or any of that shit. Mm-hmm. He's just, just a mouth. Yeah. To get back on the point of um, how the fuck, <laughs> just for all of it, um, children of the '90s won't recognize New Line as such so much. But New Line was like one of the first, like independent labels for feature cinema. Like, they were the guys that thought, hey, this Pink Flamingos thing, yeah, let's buy that and show it to people. Nightmare on Elm Street. Money. Nightmare on yeah. Elm Street put like, them Nightmare on the map. Nightmare on Elm Street, yeah. like, made that company. Like, that was, like, one of their first franchises. Like, the, they were... They were the label that was like, let's just do this yeah. completely batshit thing. They really were the schlock company that yeah. was kind of respectable eventually, but they were really like, they're the Nightmare on Elm Street people. Maybe, they're like barely above Corman. Maybe that's why they maybe that's why they had the faith in Jackson. It's like, well, yeah, we know that you can come from schlock and make something <laughs> yeah, pretty and good. Actually, so. yeah, we're, yeah. And they and to you know to be fair, we we haven't really addressed it, but because of all his work at Miramax and uh, or with Miramax developing this, he was able to show a whole thing. He's like, here's Helm's Deep, yeah. and here's all the production art we've done right. and here's so it, it's not like they were going in totally cold but still a lot of faith that, well, that you would have had to put but the into fact it. that he had developed it so long for Miramax and was likely what, what gave it you know because it failed there and everything was prepped they saw it had he knew what he was doing right so he said let's move forward right and Absolutely. we just have to stop and think about how close this could have come to being you know a Terry Gilliam story that we're going to get a documentary out <laughs> of years later man. called Lost in Mordor we're I mean, so close to getting Lord of the Rings made hey, oh it's hey, terrible he's, he's trying to still make that yeah he is oh, he is someday man Do- no I, I think actually he's real close once again, so. I I hope Ooh, he does. Uh, just from that documentary, I'm like, f- like I didn't, I wasn't really invested in Terry Gilliam before that, but now I'm like, Terry, now man, you just want to give him a hug. Yeah, exactly. I'm like, none of that was your fault. None of it. See, so what I find really interesting about you know, I find like basically most of the film is prolonged to all this stuff, where now they're basically stripped down, they've tossed everything yeah. away, and even now Sam has accepted that they're probably not going to return. Yeah. Whereas before, it's like, yeah, so everything's fine. The m- and the music here is amazing because it's this this quiet, like, just pipe flute kind of music. It's a, it's it's this weird contrast of, like, really uplifting Shire music, and it's like, that doesn't belong yeah. here at all. But yeah. it's like, the the whole idea is it's this... He. This is why he's the guy. Yeah. Even because even, this is where he's from, and even in the face of this, even in the face of total exhaustion, he's gonna keep trying. Sure. Sure. Often will suddenly go in a totally different direction yeah. than you would think. Uh, they, uh, again, my I love the March of the Ents, um, and it's partly because that's when he suddenly goes. It's not like martial yes, war music. That, exactly. It's like this mournful lament, mm-hmm. you know, and it's like, wow, okay. And I, it, I, it just it strikes this amazing tone. In the chat, Herds points out that this is the best cue, musical cue in the movie. And I, I, Frodo I crawling up the mountain? But I think, I don't think we've gone into any sort of meaningful, long, longer than five second conversation about Howard Shore. Yeah. Well, uh, well, we just okay. mentioned that well, he's damn good. We're not listening to the music. That it's he's, that he's hard, damn good. I, we've yeah. talked about that, but uh, has, have we addressed the. 
we've, we've talked a lot about Peter Jackson and Fran Walsh and all the actors and, and, and art department and all that shit, visual effects and Weta, but have we talked about the fact that Howard Shore did something here that has also literally and without hyperbole never been done before in terms of scoring, which is not that he scored a movie or three, but the amount of work and the processing he did for that. And then when they finished the extended editions, he came back in and he wrote new music <laughs> yeah. and he hired a orchestra to play new tracks just for the DVDs. Yeah. Now, aside from well, the fact that well, we're it's not like he paid for it out of his own pocket, well, but I know, yeah. I know, I know, I know, I know. But <laughs> and then well, he sure. made dinner for yeah. everyone. <laughs> My point isn't that nobody in history has ever done that before, or that that's exciting for a DVD thing. It's that we're glossing over it. just to get to the point where we're talking about for an extended edition release, somebody did that. We're glossing over. Howard Shore wrote every piece of music in the Lord of the Rings. Yeah, and. I it's not one of those melodies and, and uh, you've heard me in bits and pieces before elaborate on my theories on melodies and you'll hear it more in the Sad Max commentary if you ever listen to it but the reason that melodies work or don't work is beside the point and I'm not a huge fan of the individual melodies in the score suite of Lord of the Rings but every single one of them is hyper identifiable oh yeah he he errs towards simplicity for the purpose of I need 25 motifs so you remember each and every one of them. And when it plays, you have that same chill down your spine, and everything is working on that level. And the weird thing is you, th- you almost think of them all as, oh, that's the Lord of the Rings theme. It's like, no, it's just nope. from there. It's exactly well, – <laughs> remember how we all, we all talk about John Williams like he's God? And he wrote Hedwig's theme, and we all think of that as Harry Potter theme? Yeah. Nope. <laughs> but that's still – nope. John wrote nine other themes. Right. Howard wrote 40 other themes. Right. And – my All God. for this movie. For th- <laughs> and, and not to mention the, the wacky antics like getting an entire uh, rugby a stadium to do the chance for orcs at some point. Oh, yeah, for the for – the, uh, uh, when, when um – uh, Saruman's out there giving his the triumph whole, of the, the will the speech thing yeah. and all that. That's not, not sure. That was just the sound department. Yeah, well, sure. Yeah, but and not to mention the fact that he had to swell under whatever the fuck Billy Boyd sang right. one day and shit like that. Just everything about this is outstanding. And I just want to throw one to Howard Shore. Oh yeah, back to Dork Man. Sorry, I, I was just gonna say this. This scene here, I never caught that the idea you were supposed to get the impression that Sauron was maybe tempting him. And there's a slow motion, and he turns around. And you think maybe he'll turn against oh, I them. I never got and that. And he says for Frodo, like that's I th- that's what that scene is is doing because Sauron's whispering to him and stuff like that. And it's like that's I, I never really got that, but I'm pretty I never, sure I never that's, interpreted that's, that way. That was. Ever. I never now that you've that. said that, well, there, I, there was I think a that's moment, cool. Yeah. I think uh-huh. that moment was played for that. It's like you don't know what's going to happen. Yeah, you don't you don't quite know what he's going to do. But I, I never caught it. I, I'm pretty sure I didn't make that up. I think someone pointed that out, like one of the crew people, and I was like. What? Well, That's what's going on there? Now, now that you've you said that. You could argue it needs an extra beat or an extra face or just a motion from him. Yeah. Gives in to that temptation just a little bit before he rejects it. Yeah. I, I think I, it, I to it. do that at this point, would it would make no sense. Because right. we're, we, you, we know we're 20 minutes from the end of the movie. Right. It's like, okay, now we're going to try to milk suspense out of him. Ter- yeah. No. No. That, I mean, his, yeah, no, his arc has been decided at this point. Yeah. Just like, you know, just I'm like, wait, how did Gollum – oh, by the way, we didn't talk about and someone made a really good point. Um, it's like, okay, first of all, Gollum survived that fall into, you know, the, <laughs> an abyss and, and several people, uh, pointed out, they were like, the, the mines of Moria is actually a real problem for Gollum stalking them because they get into the mines and then the doorway that they get through is destroyed 
but somehow Gollum is tracking them in the mines of Moria. Well, and then okay. the bridge of Casa Doom is destroyed, but somehow he follows them I out just, again. I just end up with Gollum knows, you know, Gollum can climb. He's very spidery. He, yeah. can, he can get it all kinds of ways. There's, there's somewhere where a big shaft of sunlight comes in for one reason. You know, oh, that's true. That's and true. he's like yeah. 700 like, years old. He just knows his shit. He's like, you want, you want sneaking around. Yeah. So uh, that, was, that was always very interesting, even for me, because I knew he came back, but I'm like, wow, they threw him down a real deep pit. Yeah, he's, uh, a, he's a tough motherfucker. I'm Gollum. pretty surprised that he came if back. If he wasn't that. crazy, I'd totally want him on the team. Yeah. And yeah, exactly. And he and he got there before they did. He's like, well, I know he's where been they're waiting. going. Yeah. And they, and be great if on the other rock there was an eagle like, hey, guys. Hey. You, why didn't you call? <laughs> you you, you could have called. Well, I mean, remember, in order to kill him, they had to throw a volcano at him. That's yeah. right. That's what it finally took. He's yep. that tough, yeah. Yep. He's a tough little well, bastard. It's, it's not not even that. No, it's Ooh, not even that. Yeah. He th- th- he essentially lets himself be killed. Yeah, yeah. Because that's what happens. No one, no one can kill Gollum. That's the whole thing. Yeah. He's like a force in nature. He is. But then they run up the aggro crag and manage. To yeah. He's <laughs> <laughs> now is is this battle up the awesome rock? Is, is this battle better or not as good as the last battle we just? Saw? I I I actually prefer I prefer Helm's Deep. Overall, mm-hmm. as a battle of the, of the three major battles, Agreed. This, this, this this battle is kind of this a, a battle per movie, a basically. truncated battle, and the you know the the big uh, the planes of whatever is the big battle. and you don't really see what's going on in this yeah, battle. They're they torn don't... between the personal. They're they're yeah. erring on the side of the personal stories on this. Side yeah, of you yeah. don't really get a sense of the the, the ebb and flow, other than like they're screwed. They're they're fucked in this battle because clearly they're not going to survive this yeah. one. Um, I, I I think Helm's Deep is more just because the geography of Helm's Deep is so beautifully oh, defined. Is. Yeah. Um, that's the shot that I watched in theaters and went. The tracking doesn't work. Yeah, that's yeah. the one shot that ruined the entire trilogy for me. <laughs> <laughs> and the, okay, and the compositing gets a little dodgy in this yeah. scene. Yeah, so shake was wasn't a linear light. Um, yeah. yeah, stop right now. So so <laughs> okay. So here's the here's the the other bit that I feel like Jackson actually milks too much com- yes. personally oh. yes. compared to the way it is in the book because. Because in oh is that what you were pulling? Oh my up? God, yeah. Serge has it. Real quick before well, that, that happens, well, I just wow. want to say real quick, yeah. briefly. Get the book. Uh, if you want to be pedantic and say we started at ten thirty, now it's okay. twelve hours. All right. Okay, oh, okay, all right. Serge, read from your book. No, it's not it, because in the book, I mean, I took a class on Tolkien back way back in college, and this is the one thing that the mm. teacher emphasizes that here's a build up of all this, and really the thing with the ring here at the crack of doom is is resolved in like three or four paragraphs, and that's right. it. Done. That's it. It's, there's no big long thing, right? Well, I'll, I'll, yeah, you you want to read that afterwards, but it's like it's literally. And I thought it would have been much more impactful if they'd done it the way I I felt it was written in the book, where you know he gets right up to the edge, he gets right up to the crack of doom, he's holding it over, and Sam goes, "What are you waiting for?" And he goes. Now that I'm here, I don't want to. It's mine. And pow, it's just on his finger, and he disappears. And it's like, are you fucking kidding me? <laughs> Son of a bitch. Right then. And I, I think that would have been so much more powerful and so much more shocking to the audience if it's yeah. like, he's right there, and then he's just like, no, it's mine, and pops it on his finger and disappears. As opposed to, it literally takes him like 15 seconds of like, eh, am I going to do it? <laughs> right. Yeah. And, and by, the, by that point. Everybody else has had their moment with the ring. Yeah. See, there yeah. we go. Yeah. Well, I mean, well, so right I mean, here, but, but it's, that is Jackson style. Yeah, it's like that is Jackson right style. Right here, yeah, right here. It should like, be like just, break it off. The ring, the ring is mine. Bang, bang. If, gone, it was, if it was yeah. Soderbergh, it would have been on like whatever twenty seconds. Yeah, ago. exactly. Yeah. Right. yeah, but, but actually, but, I think that is uh, that's that's a better choice. I think because <laughs> Sam's like literally like, oh, he's just, he's just gonna watch him do it. Go push him, dude. Yeah. <laughs> Remember that worm tongue thing we did before? Yeah. Just go shove the dude in. He's yeah. lost. Or go knock it out of his hand. Yeah, something. Go grab it. But just the suddenness of it would have been so visible. It's gonna be a whole other thing. Again, in the logic of this. You know the film. Sam thinks that you know Frodo still has it within him, and that he'll right, actually right. he'll he'll do it. 
It's like, oh, poor Sam. Oh, Sam, oh, God damn it. I can't get a break today. Yeah. Does anyone else think the conceit of um, Sauron's eye being a very specific spotlight kind of uh, limits or kind of deters from the like sense of omniscient evil? A little bit, because he's like, now I'm looking over here. Now I'm looking over there. Now I'm going to look over there and totally see Frodo for like 20 seconds, but then he falls down and I don't see him at all. And so he must not be there. And I'm going to look over there. That's right. I can't see the video game where you just have to stay out of the light and you're safe. Okay, I'm sorry. That looks Yeah, it's like Grand Theft Auto where if you're like, if you just avoid the cops for long enough, they forget about you. The cone of vision is like a really... Now, here's the problem. That's, I get it. I get it, but it still looked weird with him like floating around. Yeah, yeah. Well, that was it. Around. Yeah, that's it. It's, it's, Gollum it's, essentially it's, his finger it's right, yeah. right on the disc of like, right on the cusp of like that could be very comical, and some people took it to be kind of yeah. comical. I, th- right. I thought it was kind of funny to be honest, and I, I see why Jackson did it because that's totally something I can see someone picturing. Like, so from the perspective of not wearing the ring, Gollum's just riding around on some yeah. on, on yeah. an invisible person. I see why he would want to do that. Well, I'm there's very... that, and you can't you can't depict the scene without showing that. But I think he did a fairly restrained job of minimizing right. the number of shots where that happens. Yes, you can. You could. I mean, you could do the scene from Frodo and Wraith World. You could go back to right. that, which exactly. we haven't seen since Fellowship, That's which we point. we could have seen it through but, there with him with Gollum on yeah. his back. Exactly. Like but that. um, but it's all right. They they talk about a, a small character thing where. Only when he gets the ring does Gollum stand upright. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, mm-hmm. he's always hunched over on all fours. This is the only time he stands upright. And I'm so glad. I'm sure people were very upset about it. I'm so glad they actually changed this. Because in the book, Gollum gets the ring, and he's so excited, he does a little dance, and he trips and falls in. Well, that, that's, that's how they destroy the ring. That's Tolkien's thing. That's yeah. the catastrophe. Yeah. It's, it's, it's like at the darkest hour. Yeah. Right. Something mystical it's, happens. It's, it's, and just, done. Yeah. it's just done. We like have a question it's, for Dorkman. That's that unimportant. Huh. Darkman, we have a question. Oh. Uh, how long was oh. the story from the Shire leaving to Ring Lava? Here we go. Oh, uh, like it, I, I think it was about a, a year, thirteen months. There 13 it months? is. He just he, I think he that, embraces I think it, in chat, so. oh, yeah. and he's just like, oh yes. crap, yeah. Ow, 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 and they and they they talk <laughs> about very specific, and and even here it's like. Are you kidding? Because it's, 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 it's just, just so sitting there. Now we have to go get it? What, yeah. what, 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 what hell? How are we going to deal with this now? Yeah. Um, I love this moment. I will yeah. say it's not in the book. It doesn't belong in the book. But I really love the yeah. idea that I, Frodo's ready to just let go. Yeah. It's a movie. Well, yeah, but it's, a, it's the movie moment. It's the moment that you have here. And, uh, well, it's, I, it's also a character moment for Frodo. Absolutely. It's, it it and, emphasizes and the well, way it's, all yeah. he's well, been through. And it's sort of a callback to the end of Fellowship when Frodo reaches down and, and helps Sam up as That's well. a good point. You know, it's a different dynamic. And it is, it is the, 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 with, with as much as with the, the movie and it, much of it's based on the book, you know, it's, it's coming from the book, is, you know, it, it, I don't know I don't know how this is going to end. Frodo could go into the lava. Yeah, they could. They could easily. This might, that might be what it almost like. It yeah. seems like he probably will go into the lava. That Sam's going to go. Eh. Well, the story's set up such that he's going to pull out. He's going he's he's to echo Gandalf. He's going to go. Boop. See ya. Get save yeah. yourself. And and they they talk about. Uh, you know the the ring has has you see the the letters come back for the first time since fellowship, um, and they they talked about kind of the way it's cut. It almost feels like only by Frodo making the decision. To, I was just going to say go that on. like yeah. that's I that was the impression getting that I've never gotten before. But watching it just now, like yeah, the way they're cutting it, it's like it's. The, the fact that Frodo has chosen life yeah. means that the ring gets the, destroyed. The fact that he – basically, that's the final triumph over the ring. It loses its power. Right. You know, I don't see it that way at all. I think it's – if, if, if anything, it's like I think it's just you know a coincidence of timing. Right. <laughs> but you could also – if I'm going to like put it in some kind of – well, here's what they were going for. It's like, it's like 
that's if anything, that's kind of Tolkien's message is you just got to hang on. Right. You just got to keep hanging on because if he'd like let go 10 seconds earlier, it would <laughs> yeah. be, oh, it's a shame you missed the whole death of Sauron and stuff. But uh, it's, you know, it's, like, it's, it's like that, that 10 seconds he didn't jump. He didn't he didn't fall. Just hang in there, kitty. Yeah. The in there, baby. No, no, <laughs> the, and Sauron's like, what? Hey, hey. The dis- God damn it. The destruction what the fuck? of the this destruction shot. of Baradur here is amazing. Yeah. All digital. Yeah. Um, done by basically like one guy. Christian Rivers. Oh, yeah. Over yeah. a weekend. Was he the guy from well, over like the Christmas break or whatever? Huh? Right. He is that guy. He's a witch. Is he the guy that did the buildings in Fight Club? Sounds like it. I don't know. No, that's different. That's Doc Bailey, wasn't it? There was a guy before, like, I don't know, Houdini, that just did that, and was the best at No, this yeah. is the guy at Weta who did this. Yeah. Okay. And, uh, Doc and Bailey. They, I think you're talking about Doc Bailey. In the in the, the behind-the-scenes material, they talk about how the design of that shot was informed by 9-11, how they, they wanted yeah. it to look like a building falling down. We had, and we had good reference for a change on what a building looked yeah. like. But at the same time... But they also had to be, like, not too similar, not though. too much. <laughs> we don't want any reminiscence there. Yeah. This is not the same thing. This is fantasy. Now, here's where, here's where it's like, okay, and then there's a guy like, okay, now... You've earned this, so let me just yeah. fix this for you. Let me here's just your, take here's your Deus Ex Machina. Yeah, and all the evil guys go in the pit, and all the good guys don't. Okay. Well, the, even Isn't that too that lucky. Even that too is earned if you if you go with the conceit that all of Mordor was being held together by the will by of the will Sauron. of Sauron. Yeah, exactly. Right. You know that he was that powerful, and, and in fact, I like that because it emphasizes only at the very end. The scale of that. I mean, yeah. gee, this was yeah. a god. Yeah, they need to. They need to cut to Steve John, Steve Zahn out of nowhere, going, "There's no way that should have worked." Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> just like that's what everyone's reacting to. Like, holy fucking shit, it worked. Are you yeah. kidding me? And the, the um, I, 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 I find it really affecting the way that they all realize that it means you know this. Yeah. The world is destroying itself around them, and it, and it means that their friend, who they haven't seen and they thought yeah. was dead, and it they, means he wasn't dead and he just succeeded. And, and he's yeah. dead for sure now. Yeah, and yeah. he's dead for sure now. That was exactly. him dying just there. And yeah. they haven't Let's seen the, the they haven't seen Frodo and Sam for a year. Yeah, or six months, whatever. or however long I mean, it's been. So they didn't know that they didn't even know they they were still alive. The first, the only cue that they've got is seeing Baradur destroy itself and Mount you know? Doom go yeah. completely bananas. Yeah, exactly. Well, in, in this version, they had... Huh? A.P. Christ is on beer late. Beer 19. Well, it took him oh. like three listen, hours to listen, get there. So. Listen, seriously. He's still probably legal to drive yeah. over, over that period of time. We're concerned and we love you. Yeah. Come home. Over 13 months, it works out. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's like what? It's a one alcoholic drink an hour, so... Thir- like so like you yeah. said 19, 19 over 12 hours? A beer and a quarter. Yeah. That's not too bad. Yeah. We are not <laughs> wow. 19 shots go to the hospital yeah Chloe's trying to kill some dude on the internet <laughs> you know what you need to drink Jack Daniels man this is you not a competition on your stones yeah. at all so here's so here's uh, Sam with, with his not gaze yeah. Here on the here on the the rock. He's First like, thing he thinks of, all oh, that chick. I totally should have. I should have nailed her. I should have <laughs> bent her over that table. I mean, the, really deep down inside, don't we all have someone like that in Didn't, our past? Did you want to uh, read the passage? Well, I was going to read the passage. I was just going to say, in this uh, oh, okay. particular edition, which I think is just the standard paperback yeah. version, there's uh, once the ring is destroyed, there's still a hundred pages to go. That's what I said. That's yeah. the one I read, and I was like, "Are you kidding me right <laughs> and, now?" And, and just to be clear, <laughs> that's not counting the appendices. Right? No, it's oh, not. No, 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 no. This is just to the end. Read the passage. Okay. Oh, jeez. Um, Read the <clears throat> passage. Um, precious, 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 Gollum cried. My precious, oh, my precious. And with that, even as his eyes were lifted up to gloat on his prize, he stepped too far, toppled, wavered for a moment on the brink, and then with a shriek he fell. Out of the depths came his last whale, precious, and he was gone. I like imagining <laughs> that wow. the shriek was, yeah, Damn it! <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> 
And then it's a <laughs> I regret nothing. <laughs> Lame. <laughs> okay. We got a, we got a couple more paragraphs to go, I think. <laughs> there was a roar and a great confusion of noise. Fires leaped up and licked the roof. The throbbing grew to a great tumult, and the mountain shook. Sam ran to Frodo and picked him up and carried him out the door. And there upon the dark threshold of the Samathnar, high above the plains of Mordor, such wonder and terror came on him that he stood still forgetting all else and gazed at one turned to stone. Amen! <laughs> <laughs> the end. Uh, but then, and then they destroyed him. Now yeah. that is turned. Uh, that just now, that was the first ending of the movie. Yeah. Doom, we have four Doom, or five more endings Doom, to this Doom movie. and oh. destruction and this and that and... Etc. And 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 hey, no, but, but the point. But the point was, is that yeah, it was that it, it you know here was this great huge thing, and it became that trivial of how it all ended. Yeah. yeah. George yeah. Lucas said uh, that's good, but the dialogue should be yippee. <laughs> yes, that's what I'm gonna do there. And 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 so, as you were reading, very nice. Okay, okay we're here. Do we want to talk about the Eagles now? I don't know. Let's, let's wait till the Eagles show up. Yeah. Right? <laughs> I thought we I thought we already talked about the Eagles. Didn't didn't we already? Talk, we, we, we went into the Eagles. Eagles a little bit, but we just reiterate the whole idea is like the Eagles are the Eagles are like okay they're, they're, the Eagles are douchebags quite frankly yeah. it's like oh you won the war it's like they, the Eagles are like Switzerland like oh mm-hmm. you're winning this we'll come in in the end we'll help you mop up a little bit you know okay there you can totally thank us later and then they're like all right we'll help you find your friends since you like made the world all wonderful and stuff but it's like the 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 refrain of. Well, they should just take the Eagles out there. It's like the Eagles are like the Eagles, you know, don't mix in. The Eagles are like, yeah. okay, and and but, all but of that's true, and all of that's supported by Tolkien. But the the point that's even more clearly supported by the actual movie we're watching is that Sauron had an air force, right. <laughs> yeah. and and in, we see that it goes by pretty quick. But during the holding action at the Black Gate, the Eagles get their asses kicked, mm-hmm. yeah, by the fell beasts. They're a diversion, but they don't win. They get torn to pieces. By by the way, um, right here. As we were talking about people not seeing each other, Frodo doesn't know that Gandalf's back. So he wakes up. He's like, oh, I'm dead. Clearly. <laughs> yeah, that's, wait, is wait, this, wait. this is heaven. So since, awesome. Since I never when are you not that. dead? And he's like, and, oh, you guys, you died too. That's awesome. <laughs> there, is, there, there is a YouTube video. I don't know what the hell to and, search and, for. And, and it is in slow motion yes, too. So yes, dead. Yes. You know that one? There's a YouTube video where they've just taken this scene and they've just dubbed everyone going, <laughs> and here comes Gimli. <laughs> wow. I'm it's, have to... it's a very funny video. At first you go, this is stupid. And then about eight minutes in, you just, you're losing your shit. It's, it has no right to be funny, but by yeah. the end, it's the funniest it's just, thing you've ever seen in your life. It's a cumulative thing because then you realize. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. Ooh. So there you go. It's just. It's just let, let the record show. Um, Twelve hours and thirty whatever. There we go. Minutes, we is is that where we sounds. lost our minds? Yeah. <laughs> so, but so, to make a point. Okay. Yeah. So a lot of. So a lot of people complain that there are too many endings, and uh, part of it. I think part of the issue is the way that that um, Jackson keeps dipping to black and holding there for yeah. a while. Yeah. Also yeah. white. There's a couple yeah. fades yeah. to white. A couple yeah. fades yeah. to white. That, so that's the issue. It's it's the fade because the fade psychologically tells you that time is passing. We're seeing one right now. Number three. Right. That's, that's probably why it goes to white because it's like I don't want people to keep thinking right. that I'm trying to fake but them out. He he says deliberately. He did it deliberately when they're when they're on Mount Doom before the Eagles pick them up. He holds it. Just long enough for you to go. Was was that the end? Holy he holds shit, it really? for an eternity. Yeah, and then and I then was comes counting, back up. and but, I may not have counted right, but he holds right. it for about six seconds yeah. of black. 
black. I mean, yeah, the weird part is like that one just then was like you're black. It goes black and then it comes back and you're like, oh, okay, cool. But like yeah. the, the 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 longer it goes, the longer the hold on black is right. every time. Right. The fifth or sixth time you do it, you're just like, all right, guy. Oh, right. Like if they just kept cutting through the epilogues, like this is yeah. a thing that happens, and then this, and then this, and exactly. then this, it wouldn't be that big a deal. I because I because I think that all of these quote unquote endings are necessary. It's like each one you could fade to black and stop, and it would be. It would be satisfying, powerful. but it would be emotionally powerful, especially that last one where it's just Frodo and Sam being like, yeah, we've been through some but shit, huh? Just... But, but you have to have these other – I mean, it's called The Return of the King. If you don't show him being crowned, what the fuck are you doing? It's just – with, but, with the, the, the constant like fade to black or fade to white, it just reeks of – like you can almost feel them in the, in the cutting room going, should we do all five, <laughs> four? Yeah. It's like if they, if they really – Made the decision at some point. They were prepared you know, to lop some vignettes off. Yeah, yeah, and it, but it's like it, it feels like it's like well, we got six hours before the cans, you know, before the print has to go to the lab for to make all the prints. Uh, yeah. If they really like made a decision at some point to go, okay, we really need all of these. Let's at least like do a dissolve between them, so we're not going <laughs> yeah. to black. We're crossfading from one to the other. Right. Well, like that anything else, they they, they agonized over every single it. thing, and then like, should this be in? Should this be out? Whole sections of every yeah. movie went in and out and in and out and by, in and out. By the way, I thought this was really funny. It's like, oh, he's been because they they took all the singing out of the movies except for this bit, you know, and it's very mythological, you know, he's singing an Elvis song and stuff like that. But I always felt like people there were like, oh, well, he's been king for five seconds and he lost his mind. That's great. <laughs> he's, already, like, he's, he's speaking in tongues already. Yeah. <laughs> okay, are we all, uh, all of us here, all four, five, six of us on the mic right now, are we all square with saying we just did the Lord of the Rings? Can we, can we go into the outros and talking about the, what it affected us and the downer? I mind? still think we got like right 20 after, minutes. Yeah. There's, there's a lot we left. got 100 We've more pages. What are you talking about? in the room that have been on mic today. If I, if I had to bring up one more point, it would be that these endings are blatantly literary endings and not cinematic endings. Yeah, sure. The they, they made them um, as cinematic as they could. I want to hear Paul describe the difference. The difference is your contention that these don't work stalling 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 um no it's not that they don't work it's that they're they're more from the there's i think there is a more skillful cinematic construction that could have led to all six or seven of these endings happening either concurrently or more elegantly than they're finish one and move on to the next and let's let's bear let's bear in mind that they cut an entire other movie that yeah they cut his original ending so uh, you know, Tolkien, as we said at the very beginning, uh, Tolkien was not a writer. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he, he's he's self-taught. He was like, I'm going to write some big ass crazy books. Right, but you can forgive a lot of that in yeah. literature. <laughs> That's that this exactly is right. a film, so, and it's, so they, it demands your attention in a much different the, way. They're but, doing but, the best but, they can with like trying to like, oh my god, whole, could, could he have at least set one of the endings in the same fucking place as yeah. the other ending? It's like Jesus, we got I, five different countries to go to. But you know, if you throw in with Lord of the Rings, and that's what you buy. you know, you've got to at least live up to at least some of them, and you know. But just so keep, much, out, keep out the fade out. So much of the rest of this movie is an extremely elegant and skillful construction of right. cinema from a literature, like from a literary thing, and then the ending just seems to endings run on in a way that nothing else in the trilogy. Does. Endings, are, endings, as anyone will tell you, are always tough, if not the toughest thing. Where do you end your film, right? And how yeah. do you do that? Can Can I just say I I think that the little eat face moment between the two of them <laughs> between Norman, I I I thought that was great because it's mm. it's so like. 
this this whole movie is so high minded and stuff like yes, that. And, oh, and the, then they're oh, like, so they are gonna bone, right? right? And they're, then that's like they're the totally most, gonna bone later. The most human thing. And and by the way, this moment here, the you bow to no one moment, the waistcoat lollipop always kills. chokes me up. Oh, it's, yeah. um, oh yeah, this oh, is an amazingly powerful okay? moment. I'm not watching right now. Yeah, look at it. <laughs> I'm gonna start. Looking. I'm gonna start. It is a great moment. We yes. as the Down in Front Fellowship have 45 minutes of wrap ups to do, and the movie <laughs> has about 45 minutes of wrap ups to do. I'm so gonna we'll, I'm gonna keep talking about stuff on myself screen here as uh, as least valuable player for the day. Lord of the Rings just staggers me, just as an accomplishment. I, I cannot believe that someone decided I'm going to try, let alone did, let alone succeeded. And, and all the quibbles. We talk about like any individual movie where that one shot, oh, did that ruin the movie? I hope someone lost their job over that one. But any individual shot in Lord of the Rings, fuck your face. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. They did this. And I'm not a huge fan of Lord of the Rings, and I've never read the books, and I never will because I, I watched it with subtitles on, so it's the same thing. I, I, I don't care. I'm just watching these movies and going, this is the definition of, and in no way a marketing term, epic. This is what epic looks like. It takes sure. you 12 hours, and it's giant armies, and it's weird mythology, and entire invented languages with their own idioms and backstories. This is exactly what, if you want to see a giant movie, here, I'll give you a box set. I'll see you <laughs> tomorrow. That's what epic looks like. And my God, Peter Jackson, I would have never believed if you had told me you could do it. <laughs> But I'm sorry for having not believed. Like, <laughs> you, you son of a bitch, you did it. And, and speaking of languages, we didn't even yeah. really talk about it that much. But you can learn to speak these languages. They are f they're fully formed yeah. operational languages <laughs> that, that you can learn to, to they're speak. They're not Arabesh, which is just a swap out <laughs> for English. Yeah, yeah, exactly. They're not just a cipher. It's a completely different <laughs> Why grammar. Why X-Wings? It makes no sense. <laughs> 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 Serge, talk about Lord of the Rings and, and yourself and, and, and what does this all mean to you and all that shit. We've got nine other people to get through, but I want to start wrapping them up. We've so. had an hour. I know. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> These things always turn out to be five minutes a person. Lord of the Rings, man. What do, you, what do you look at and see here? Well, second time through was better than the first time through for me. Even though I had read, I'd, I'd read the books and I saw the movies and I thought, yeah, you know, it could have been better. And for me, it, it, I, I don't think I felt like the the thrill that everyone else did. So on watching it, at least I've actually I've watched it now. This is like the third time through. It actually helps sitting through with you guys and, and listening to it and uh, seeing more into it. And so I pre have, appreciate uh, your it. Your point more. is, you make although as much as you appreciated it before, now you go. You have an appreciation for it even further. Just yeah, Jesus I mean, Christ, be, look at this damn being fucking able, series. Being able to see into it. Well, I mean, I gotta say, I mean, I, mean, I, re I totally respect your appreciation for the whole, for the for the feet, for the production feet is amazing. But I'm like, oh, that's great. I'm just looking at them as movies, not as production feats. Mm -hmm. As production feats, okay. I mean, they definitely stand on their own in some kind of way. And but as movies, I mean, I think they do what they do. I'm not a big, big Peter Jackson fan, but he certainly accomplished something that no one else had managed to do. And clearly, for The Hobbit. Um, clearly couldn't get anywhere else. But let me tell you, I'm really looking forward to The Hobbit. I've seen the previews, and I'm like, I want to see that shit. I can't even tell you why, but that makes me excited to really, really see it. So, you know. I, I got to say, hearing the song, uh, I, as much as we said they cut out the songs in this one, hearing the song in the Hobbit trailer, I was like, oh, I, I'm, in. I'm, in. I'm in. I'm in. That's yeah. it. Oh, no, I was in when they started doing the whole joke about naming all the, of, uh, yeah. all the guys, all the dwarves. It was like, okay, I'm there. Cool. We're just going to keep going around yeah, the room yeah. here. We're going to wind up at, at Dorkman and Shrey, who are the MVPs here. But Brian, what about you? Are you a Lord of the Rings person? I like them. <laughs> Fun. <laughs> Prior to today, had you ever been like a Lord of the Rings guy? 
No, I, as I said before, you know, I and I don't think I even got to the point where like I actually read the Silmarillion first. What the fuck is wrong with you? <laughs> and here and here's the story: we had to do summer reading in high school, but you could pick like different teachers would do their different ones. And one teacher had the novelizations of the first and last episodes of Next Generation. <laughs> And the third book was the Silmarillion, and I was like, I don't give a fuck what the Silmarillion is. That's the easiest goddamn thing in it's the world. It's a fake encyclopedia. <laughs> yeah, like so, Wikipedia. And, and I, then another, <laughs> and then another guy wrote an essay that was dinosaurs are great because they're big, and he got an A. So I really made, I really boned myself on that one. Anyway, anyway, so that's like fucking. How did it, how did that work? Anyway, so I started. Try, I tried to read Lord of the Rings, and much like you guys, you know, I was like, fucking, what is no. Uh, and then when I watched the the movies, and then I read the books before the extended editions. Anyway, um, you're staggered. Staggered, yeah. I mean, like the point that you make is is the correct one. It's like this is this is the cinematic equivalent of the Manhattan Project, of the Apollo program, of fucking the Easter head things. It's like, <laughs> why did you do this? Why? And it's like it's the it's the same comment we made about Watchmen. Like, Wa- Watchmen as a film is not perfect. It's there, there are things to quibble about it and there are things that are wrong with it, but it's like, out of all the various versions over 30 years of the Watchmen that we could have had, what we ended up with is great, is fantastic. And that same sentiment applies on even larger scale of Lord of the Rings. Like, yeah, there are totally things you can quibble and there are comps that don't work. Sure. But... My God. My yeah. God. Don't be that guy. Don't be yeah. that guy. <laughs> and that guy it's is like, all over the yeah, internet. It's, we went to the moon, but the, the flag was a little crinkled. There is an amazing, fuck you. There is an amazing fuck page off. on the internet that goes through all the movies scene by scene. Oh, God. And complains about starting with, I'll tell, just give you one, and I'll, then I'll yield again. But the first one is like, we see Frodo reading a book. Tolkien never specifically mentions books in the book. Oh, Jesus. It's like, and I read that, and I'm like, oh, I'm out. I'm not even. I'm not even want reading the rest just, of this goddamn website. We're just going through. Friggin' <coughs> Bilbo is writing one. How yeah. dare you? What are you even talking we're about? We're just going like, through everybody that was on mic today. Ryan Weber, uh, thank you for your contributions and all. Uh, how are you on Lord? Of the, are you a Lord of the Rings fan, or is it something that you actually care about and treasure? Yeah, uh, as, you have as a Lord movies. of the Rings giant poster in your house, don't you? It's true. Yeah, I have a very the, one of the like eight foot tall uh, T towers uh, things. Nice. Um, but, uh, yeah, it's the, very cool. The towers are actually much taller than eight feet. <laughs> yes. <laughs> They're not to scale, no. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, this is something that, like, as it came – I knew from from the first – when Fellowship came out, I was like, oh, holy shit, this is huge. This is, you know – like, these are going to be, like, monumental, historically relevant, like – This is a generational we'll, thing. We'll be looking back 100 years at these movies going, holy shit. Like they'll be as impressed as we are now. For it's the Wizard reasons. of Oz, yeah. You know, absolutely. And um, and and so I was really excited. I never, I I, I don't know why. I just never give a shit about books. Like the, comparing the <laughs> books to the movies, I'm like really into just. I want to see how you turn that into uh, moving pictures with sound, and that's what I am interested in. And um, and so I have no idea what's gonna have it happen in the Hobbit, which is really exciting because I get to sort of go through this again. And I'm deliberately trying to avoid spoilers and whatnot, but. Um, I hear Bilbo lives, uh, but uh, no. I mean, this is really amazing. It's abs- It is staggering on any technical level. That I, the harder I look at it, the more like unbelievable it is. It's tremendously inspiring and terrifying, and um, it's it's they're just really really cool. Now, for his first down in front appearance, Paul Santagata, who's Paul Lou on the forums, was talking, and I just want to get because people in the chat room were saying, "Man, that guy has a placid voice. That guy just calms <laughs> me down. I love that guy." How do you feel about Lord of the Rings? What, what do you bring to this? I mean, are you a Lord of the Rings fan? Did you care at all? 
first, I'm sorry I was shouting just mm-hmm. now, like for the last, I don't know, half hour. Mm-hmm. Second of all, um, yeah, they're fine. What? <laughs> <laughs> Meh. Okay. I don't know. If I if I ever watch these, I don't know if I'll ever watch these movies again. <laughs> if I if I ever revisit this material, it'll be while thinking about that thing that we talked about with this whole trilogy being sort of a accidental um, accidental allegory for the industrial revolution. Mm. But aside outside Very of that, interesting point, yeah. outside of that, I'm not really. I don't care. Wow. Oh, okay. <laughs> That took a weird turn. Seth Brower. Way to bring the room down, dude. Yeah, I know, right? Seth Brower. Uh, making his third or fourth appearance on Down in Front. Uh, it, it's are, random. How are you? Uh, and remember the three-inch mic rule for yeah. that mic. Yeah. Uh, and listen to the guys with headphones to tell you if you're too loud. But uh, you've been here all day. You're one of the fellowship, as far as I'm concerned. Uh, and you were, you were speaking earlier. How are you on Lord of the Rings? Do you care? Are you a Lord of the Rings guy? Oh, no. I, I went and saw these uh, midnight opening when they first came out, uh, which was always a blast. And Were they good, like Midnight, everyone's happy? Yeah, this was one of those... Like, before we had Revenge of the Sith, we realized there was no more hope for Midnight showings. <laughs> this was one of those, everyone's happy and there's trivia, and it was a big whole event, even the first one. And I gotta say, I had read the books as a little kid growing up, and actually I had them read to me, because, yeah, I was an easy reader, but not that good. But it had been a long time since I'd seen them, and it was like, wow, I vaguely remembered the story, and... Okay, I'm gonna have to sit down and reread these because if the story was that good, I gotta, I gotta remember what it is. So I mean, it definitely captured the feel that it's like I don't see how you could have done this any differently. Mm. There are always the quibbles, but it's like no, you, you nailed My it. My God, right? Yeah, I mean, you nailed it, and you just you, whatever you're gonna do, I'll at least look at it. Any anyone who says, yeah, I was involved in that. I'll look at what you've done <laughs> since then. It, it's a definite. It, it elevated. End. It elevates everybody's profile. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Cool. I, uh, I just want to point out. I'm uh, before we get to it, but uh, so so people can continue talking. But um, like we were talking about the color grading and, and stuff like that. A lot of movies now, as we discussed, just go apeshit with the color grading, whereas this one used it in the service of the story. So one of my favorite moments is watch Frodo when he actually gets on the boat and he looks at them and he smiles again for like, I think the only time we see him smile in this entire movie. He smiles again and they bring back the color to his face. He's very sickly in this in this scene and since he came back from, from Mordor he's been very sickly. And they warm, and and they, they him, warm up. him up and he's he's got, you know, rosy cheeks and stuff like that and it's like it's a really subtle but a really powerful thing that they did that I, I would like to see more movies do as opposed to just the cyan orange thing that they tend to do in Grady. As with Paul who has never been on a down front before Jeffrey Harrell our game day player came in for Return of the King and had some interesting and, and insightful thoughts and carried this along uh, and I want to throw to him Jeff what's, what, what's your thing with Lord of the Rings? Where are you at with this series and all of that? Are, are, are you a fan? Are you into it? Well, it, it's it's kind of a weird thing because I had older brothers and I grew up with um, I grew up with a copy of the books in the house. I I was a precocious kid. I was a pain in the ass. So I tried so many times to read the Fellowship of the Ring. Just I tried when I was seven. I tried when I was fourteen, and I just couldn't get into it. That carried on into my thirties when these movies became a thing. So I, to the extent that I had any knowledge of them at all. It was that I'm not into that, man. I don't like fantasy. I don't like elves. I don't like, you know, magic. And it, it's just not my thing. I, I was dating a girl at the time who wanted to go see the movie. So we went to the movie as a thing to do. And it, it, it changed my world a little <laughs> bit. And the, I told this story earlier. 
the the movie didn't quite click for me, but then I saw the the extended version of Fellowship, and I was like, okay, I, I I'm on board. I'm on board now, and I turn around and I read the books, and you know, I became this big thing. And I still don't like fantasy. <laughs> I still <laughs> I still hate elves. I I still don't like that. It's silly. It doesn't get over my silly bar. These movies, th- there are three things going on here. Okay, they're they're an adaptation of a book. Take that away for a minute. They're a filmmaker. They're they're an example of the craft. Take that away for a minute. If you imagine that these that these movies that these frames sprung forth from the head of Zeus fully formed with no backstory and no relationship to anything and you just sit down and watch them cold guys they're good they're not perfect we can quibble about them all we want there are comps that don't work there are story points that are iffy but guys they're good Mm -hmm. and in this day and age being able to sit down and watch 12 hours of film and come at the end of it and say that was good that's that's a thing Mm -hmm. okay that's that's a worthy thing to take a moment and raise a glass to Y- the accomplishment, uh, Teague said it best, it, it goes up there in one of the seven wonders of the artistic world. A- it's, it's, it's this huge thing. The, adap- the fact that the adaptation was as successful as it was, even for people who go apeshit over adaptations, that's a massive accomplishment. But take all that aside, they're good movies. And I think I, I want to live in a world where there are more good movies. So I like these. Trace Stokes, <laughs> Lord of the Rings, sir. Yeah, well, now that it's... O- oh, look. <laughs> I was I was totally yeah, yeah, yeah you got me Peter Jackson you son of a bitch although it's like it's like are, are we gonna watch the... he literally rides off into the sunset yeah, yeah. are we gonna watch the, the kids grow up well this is well this is and actually this is a good place to close the the point is like guess what it was a story of Sam the whole time yeah and uh, it's all about how you know Frodo Frodo the 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 Storytelling trade-off for the cleansing of the Shire being that there's a cost to, to going through it. Um, they have Frodo pay the, does, does Frodo go to the Gray Havens in, yes. the, in the book? So yeah. that is from yeah. the book. Yeah. So they just skip to that. But the idea of like Frodo, Frodo can't, you know, Frodo's too changed. He was too damaged. He was too changed. He can't go back to the Shire and enjoy it. But Sam is the one who was able to go through the experience and come back. Yeah, and Frodo, Frodo, uh, Frodo's being there. Sam feels like he has to take care of him, and Frodo's like, "I'm basically yeah. ruining your life by being here." You have to take care of someone else. So Sam is having the feminine journey in that respect in this little coda here. That's for sure. But yeah. Yeah, it is kind of like this is the you know life goes on. Terrible things happen, but life goes on, which is you know in the end yeah. is what the movie's trying to talk about. But um, as far as the the big picture, I'm, I'm with Jeffrey. Actually, I was like had no knowledge of the books. Um, you know, didn't particularly like. I, I was kind of just aware from it being in the zeitgeist of like, okay, I kind of get. There's a guy named Gandalf, and it's fairies and elves and stuff, and but um, and there's a ring of some kind. But but I really knew nothing about it, so I just came to the movie. But then, you know, the I didn't end. S- yeah, yeah. How about that? I didn't. Here we go. Ra- Raiders Theater. Yeah. Chloe has been passing out champagne. Here's the last bottle. Yay. We did it. Let's let Trey finish, and yeah. then Dorkman can ride us out here. And then Dorkman's going to take it home. And then but, there's uh, going to be three more people. Yes, that's <laughs> right. There will be three more people after that, yeah. But um, the so I went to the movies with no expectation, but then there was like, the, oh, my God, these movies are amazing. I'm like, well, okay, I'll give it a try. So I did see it in the theater, and I was like, huh. And I was struck by the fact of the material, but also, well, whatever the original material was, this movie they've made from it is pretty amazing. So it's like I don't I still don't know what the original material is, but the the movie is pretty awesome. And then they got better from as, I, as far as I'm concerned, they got better each time 
they went from there. So it's like, my God, this is really quite amazing. They, and then, and then, some people always go. I think the thing that cracks me up is people always say that uh, you know, well, they never recognize like you know these kind of fantasy movies at the Oscars. It's like they do all the fucking time if they're good. Yeah. <laughs> this movie won every award it was up for. It wasn't like twelve. It wasn't like it thirteen. Won, I think hold yeah. the no, no, record no, no. for the most. It won eleven, tying with Ben Hur and yeah. uh, Titanic. And the reason is this is Ben Hur. It's yeah. like this. This is on a par with Ben Hur. That was what I was struck. That was the overall idea that I had after I saw them. It's like if David Lean had had picked up The Hobbit and go. Actually, this would make a pretty cool movie or Lord of the Rings. You know, it's like they just took it completely seriously and did it so old school in the in the you know epic sense of what epic doesn't really mean what it used to mean in terms of oh that was an epic movie. This these are fucking epic movies that they used to like they used to make like Ben Hur. I mean, this is Ben Hur with elves and and so on. And uh, just that's that's the secret, I guess, is you got to play it that straight and go that crazy with it and that that broad and have, you know, that solid a story. And it works. So I, I you know, I, I, I revisit these films. I don't read the books every year like Christopher Lee, like a crazy person. That's just <laughs> nuts. But I do watch the movies at least within every, you know, 12 to 18 months because I, these movies just make me go, I'm just going to stay in this industry because it is possible. God damn it. It is possible you can work on a good thing. Trey and Mike are the two guys that have been on Mike all day long for the most part. Uh, uh, Trey, a little bit less than Mike, so I'm going to give Mike our MVP award for the day. Hooray. Yeah. This is Mike's fault. Well, I, you know, persevered. Mike, how do you feel about the I've been, I've been, and our accomplishment here today, just as a minor podcast? I've been, I've, I've been the Sam on the show. Yeah. I was, I'm the upbeat just little homo supporting. <laughs> That's just, just helping everyone else get up that mountain. The happiest little fag you would want <laughs> in your journey. Um, I, I I love these movies. I mean, like like you said, I was the one who kind of wanted to do it this way. Um, because I was like these like Trey was saying, these are epic movies. So fuck it, let's do an epic commentary and and you know d- try, try it, knock them all out. I will um, say for as much complaining as. I slash we did about the concept of doing this marathon commentary. It's like. Look, no, we just had a conversation about what the fuck it entailed to do these movies. It's like, no, I guess talking about them for twelve hours. Isn't yeah, that, that wasn't deal. that wasn't such All a right. big deal. I'm gonna stop complaining now. Um, I I love these movies as I as I kind of uh, referenced at one point. Even though no shit, I even well, but even but even though uh, I, I was saying as I as I referenced before, this movie was to me what. Star Wars was to a lot of people. I I wanted. I already had an idea that I wanted to work in film and stuff like that. But this was when I was. This was the movie that I watched and I went, I have to do that. Like that. That's why I wanted to work in the movie industry. I didn't. And I didn't even know it because these movies didn't exist. But movies like that are the reason to make movies to try and get something like that. And so I. I certainly. Um. I don't revisit the books that often. I read them when these movies first came out, and I read them again in preparation for this. So it was a 10-year span between uh, the two times that I read them, and I may read them again because I don't expect to die anytime soon, and so maybe 10 years from now I'll decide to read them again. But Ha-ha! Bam! Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but um, but uh, as Trey said, I will almost certainly watch the movies again uh, before them because they're just they're so good and they're, and they're so amazing and so inspiring, um, and uh, that's all I have to say about that. Okay, I want to do a thing before we go to the outro. Uh, there have been, to my count, and I'm gonna, I'm not gonna get this right, and I apologize. Thirteen people on mic today. Okay. 
Let's uh, let's just keep a constant. We've all had a long day. Constant applause going for myself, T. Christie, Brian William Fenifter, Michael Dorfman, Scott, <laughs> Trey the Amazing Stoke. Thank you. We also had Ryan Weber. We had uh, I already said Brian, right? I had Jeffrey Harrell. We had Seth Brower. We had Paul Santagata. We had Anthony Alba and his girl came out. Holden was here and Holden's girlfriend flew out to be here for this year today. We also had Chloe, we had Mickey, we had everybody here. Am I forgetting someone? Sarah Delpierre was here. And Chris, and, and Chris Hattel, Eddie, Eddie Doty. Wilson, Jake and Lloyd. Eddie for the food. And Eddie Doty made all the food all day long. That's for Eddie Doty. Chris we had Chris Hannell. We had everybody. Am I, am I forgetting a name? Chat room. Chat room. All 50-some-odd people in the chat room. Everybody, if you were here all day, I told you already, you're getting a special thing on the forum. You remember the fellowship. We did it. Yay. There are still 46 people in the chat room. Wow. Is telling me. Ladies and gentlemen, the day is done. Day and is we done. have done all three extended edition Lord of the Rings. Thank you very much for listening. Good night. Good night.